cannot get katana sword by stealing. It is a very special sword. You must earn it. I wasn't going to steal it. That's enough. That's all for today. Not yet. Why don't you quit, Roundeye? Not yet. How come you caught him but not me? I brought you here to help me train my son. Don't question me. If you expect me to be punching bad, you can forget about our deal. Someday, I'll fight in the Kumite and make my father proud. <laughs> All you sucker fools, we're Weird Science. This is Weird Out Loud. Come on in and join us. I'm the man who aspires to be this generation's Mojo Nixon, Eric Shea. Mojo Nixon. That's right. And I am aspiring to be Buster Poindexter. And oh, I'm Jim Werner. I'm Buster. Or I'll be Iggy Pop. Shabadoo Jones, was it? Shabadoo, yes, yeah, something like that. Shabadoo Jones. I don't <laughs> like when you make up your own nicknames and then call me Shabadoo Johnson. And this uh, is episode number 67. Boosh. 67th. Boosh. Boosh. All right. Hello and welcome to the official, unofficial podcast of Weird Science DC Comics for the week of April 16th, 2016, Eric. We Boosh. are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Batman Podcast Network. Proud. There might be another network coming down the line. Oh, yeah? There might be. Somebody's interested, Eric. They want to get, uh, they want in. They want us. Everybody so wants a sweet, piece sweet, of us. Weird out loud. They want a piece of us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and talk to me at Weird Science DC. Uh, that is it, right? At Weird Science DC. Yes. You can talk to me like uh, certain guys, like uh, Peter J. Tomasi, hey! and maybe Jimmy Palmiotti. Oh, and Dan DeDeal. I got some Dan DeDeal talk this week as well. Actually, nice. today. Yes. Dan DeDeal. Uh, Facebook, you can come and follow us. Look at us at facebook.com slash weirdsciencedccomics. Uh, and you can email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And we'll talk about that later in the mail. Didn't get any mail until late today. I was scared. <laughs> Everybody's cutting it close. I know that you uh, always like, oh, good. Uh, it always makes it seem to me when we don't get any mail, that means we have lost it. We're Honestly, I'm just waiting it. for the day that it happens. Yeah, I today I thought it would. I well, you knew sent me Brandon, earlier. I knew Brandon would come through, so I knew that that. But that to me, Brandon knows uh, he is a given, right? <laughs> but I used to think Manship was a given. I think Manship freaking bailed. All the laughter we got out of him last week, I was waiting for some other goddamn story. Bunch but of no, jokes making yeah, fun of my rollerblades. <laughs> twirling around with that beatbox. Uh, yes, you can follow us at Weird Science DC Comics blog blogspot.com as well as go there to look at our reviews and previews and articles and lists and all, all them good things. Stuff. And you can go to Podbean at Podbean, uh, Weird Science DC Comics Podbean.com. I'm going to mention the rent and rave line. Uh, this is the worst part of this intro. It's so convoluted. I, I understand. But we have a couple uh, things. We all, obviously, we have Brandon. Brandon, again, given on the Weird Science rent and rave line. I think he has finally mastered it. 
even though it looks like he might have recorded two things. Uh, but yeah, we also have two other people calling in and ranting about rebirth there. But I want to remind you to call the Weird Science Rant Rave Line at 641-715-3900 and enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign. And then remember, when you leave a message, then you also have to hit one, the pound sign. I don't know. Oh, that hit like stuff. seven fucking things. Uh, also, please rate and review us wherever you download the podcast. We did not get any rate and reviews this week. Again, it's two weeks. I'm, fucking, I'm telling you. The well is drying up. People, you know, you know what people do like, Eric? Baby metal. They love no, that baby do metal. Do they? They love it. You know, Pistol loves baby metal. He told me. He was I all just heard it. about it this week. Yeah, it was last week. We got done the podcast. Oh, was it last I week? It was, it was Sunday where uh, me and my son Logan were watching. Logan is the one who's a lot like me where he's scared of everything. And baby metal. I'm like, who's this baby metal? This is weird. I actually thought it would be like babies. Like at one point there was a group of uh, old people that had like a heavy metal group. Like these guys were like 80. Well, Christopher Lee put out a freaking heavy metal. Oh, yeah, yeah, but he's got money. I'm talking these guys were old. He's dead, Jim. Yeah, he is dead. He doesn't have any money now. But these, this baby metal is a Japanese group that's a combination of like a K-pop a fucking idol group with heavy metal, like goddamn Slipknot. Yeah. Like, and I thought, I, I'm mesmerized by him. I love him. I listen to him all week. <laughs> if I, I would like to put some on the podcast. Get on weird kicks. I'm telling you, I, I really was, like I was doing reviews listening to baby metal. <laughs> That's why all my reviews were you awful. Sent me, you sent me a freaking uh, I video you of like it. it. Because of the guys in the background. That's the thing. I love the band. Yeah. They were kicking I some ass. You would. And then the three girls in front are just doing Charlie Angels pose. Yeah, they are, but they. It, but uh, it changes. the thing they is, do a lot of karate moves. I didn't listen to the whole thing, obviously, because right. I thought it was nonsense. But it really just sounded like like an anime opening theme. It did. It, it would have been, I'm sure, at some point, some of their music will be in like a fighting game, stuff like that. Um, the one girl, the main girl, I looked, you know, because I'm a perv. Yes, I, I, she's like 20. Something really? like that. Yeah, I'm like, holy shit. I just want to – I look because I'm like, holy shit. These girls are too young. What well, there, the hell? There's, a, there's a weird thing where Asian girls will stay looking yeah, young. Yeah, they do until at, at one point. Hit, they'll hit that point. Yeah. All of a sudden, they just look like they're 70. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But, yeah, at one point – the reason why I look because actually, in all truth – I thought, God damn, these girls are out on the road at, like, uh, OzFest. They're traveling with Slayer. They, they, that's not what you need little girls doing. You know <laughs> what I mean? This is not the kind of crowd that I want by any little girl around. But, yeah, the, the two girls. They're protected by that ghoulish fucking bat. Like, yes, this band. holy crap. Yeah, they're good. And then I, I actually, during the week, I write down a lot of notes for the podcast. I tend to write things so that we can talk about it. And I wrote Friendly Podcast. Yeah, what's that mean? I don't know. I said to you, I wrote this. I don't know. Does that mean that I want us to be a friendly podcast? Stop cursing as much as we do? Or are we a friendly podcast? I know that I consider us a friendly podcast. Not an existential talk. That if anybody, like, talks to us, I'll talk back. You know, I'll talk to them about shit. But uh, I don't know what that meant. So I'm crossing that off, Eric. Friendly podcast. And also, I do want to tell you, I got an email. And the email was from somebody. There is some sort of podcast awards going on. Yeah, uh, the potties, the casties. I no know, idea. I don't know what it's called. I really, but we got an email that we were nominated, and we were nominated in the comedy category um, by two people. We got two nominations. So I'm like, what is this? So what, what's going on? Why are they telling us this? And I get them reading, oh, you know, you're, you've been nominated blah, 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 to be involved. We have to pay money. It's, yeah, and I, I forget. Right out. It, and it's like fifty bucks or something. Yeah. 
like we said. They'll give but, awards out for anything these days, but I'm not paying money for no it. No money. And they really, also want to sell us a have? bridge, too. Get, a bridge? What are they going to give us? Fucking uh, beads? We're going to sell the bridge? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to sell fucking that for fucking fire water, and then we'll get them back later. Our ancestors will open casinos, Eric. There you go. It all Oops. ends well. All ends well. But, yeah, those were my thing. And the only other thing I wrote this week before we get on with the main podcast is that I have the Marvel app, and I really, really like it. I think that it's great, and I wish that DC would do it. I know there was an article on one site this week that had uh, almost like a, why DC will never do the app, and it was all about, oh, their trades. They make all this money. Eh, that's bullshit. Some of the stuff on the app, like I'm looking at stuff from 62. Right. You know what I mean? They're, they're not going to make that much money on that. And, yes, the problem is they're saying this, and how many trades did you buy last month? None. None. But you might pay $7 for an app. I know me and you are cheap. We're not <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. If they did have an app, there are people who will never buy a trade. That I think that people who buy trades will buy trades. And yeah. I think that a lot of people – it took you a while to go digital. Oh, but, uh, and I It was took all my buddy's shop closing. Yeah, really. I was all digital, and then you finally went digital. But you were still going because you like the physical copy, and there's always people yeah. who will do that. And I like again, bullshit with people. It's funny because where they talk about this digital, in my mind they say like, oh, you know what? The di- I know that it's bad for the comic store. Correct yes. that. That's where it's bad. But DC, they always make it seem like DC something bad. They're still getting paid. You know what I mean? If, if you're buying this – and what the, the Marvel app has is everything from the like six months ago and back. And yeah, I go in there. I'm like, oh, I'm looking at all this crazy stuff. Reggie's telling me like, oh, you should read the Peter David's run on the fucking Hulk. I Boom, pull it uh-huh. up. I start reading it. And you know what? I've never read a Hulk book before. No. Now I like it. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah. if, if they had – actually, I'm wrong. I read uh, like Invincible Hulk. I forget which one it was right before the podcast started. I know you I read The Punisher to, at one point. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I did. I was reading some Punisher. I was, and also I was going through because they have it set in like different people, like creators and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, you know what? I want to look at uh, Frank Thierry's books. And I'm looking at some Punisher Wolverine. It's the one where Wolverine finds out that uh, Punisher's gay. Basically, he calls him out on looking at men. Uh, it's very odd. And that came from the issue before in Punisher, where Punisher basically ripped Wolverine's face off, shot him in the nuts, and then run him over with a fucking steamroller. Good times. <laughs> and so then I never Terry, read that, right? Terry, it was pretty funny. Um, but just that. I wouldn't buy those either way, but now I've read it. And, yes, it might lead me down the road to buy something else. You know what I mean? It just, yeah. I, I just I don't know why DC doesn't have anything like that. And Brandon, I'm preaching to the choir. He's been yelling about this on and off. He's called in the rant line. You know, this is his big thing, and I agree with him. It, it is. They should have some sort of app. And if, they, if they're worried about this thing, what happened if they had everything from the initial uh, six months of the new 52? Like, that's all they have it now. And Rebirth's coming, though, and people might jump on, oh, I'm going to check out Nightwing. With uh, fucking Kyle Higgins. Or I want to see what, oh, you know what? I was reading Batman, uh, and again, you can say that then they might just go out and buy the trade. Man, I want to check out Hawk and Dove. But yeah, like, yeah, oh my God, I want to check out Man of War. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I heard about that haunted tank. (laughs) I got to get my hands on that. GI combat. GI combat. Stuff like that. But is anybody buying the GI combat? Resurrection Man. Yeah, is anybody buying those trades? No. But you have that. People are going to pay. And again, they say, oh, these trades, and they won't get the money there. People will be paying you for this app. You're not giving it out for free. 
Jim. Uh, gets me so angry. Jim. Yeah. Dial H. Di- yeah, Dial H. There you go. People checking it out. <laughs> They're China Melville or fucking <laughs> nonsense. You love that book. Oh, I here. did. It's so weird. The the ones that I hooked on uh, early. Dial H. <laughs> Frankenstein, Frankenstein H in the Shade. H in the Shade. Uh, though I did really like Aquaman and Nightwing. Yeah. Uh, what else? Thing. There was some other ones that I'm surprised I didn't go Resurrection Man, Voodoo, the uh, fucking you know Human Bomb, that one run of <laughs> that, and that uh, DC Presents or whatever. Yeah, I I am the kiss of death. The minute that I like a book, it gets canceled. I really did like that that uh, Frankenstein Agents of Shade. I even told you that. And yeah, I you got really me to liked start it reading up it. until Rot World. Then it, yeah. it all went to fucking hell. And, and that's where I started reading and I hated yeah, you. And then it was canceled. I, I, yeah, I, I almost made you read that, didn't I? Oh, that's good. It's time for the news, Eric. Oh, God. Ah, what's your sole purpose in this army? To do whatever you tell me, Drill This is back to the classics, Eric. You're a goddamn genius. Goddamn genius. the most genius. answer I've ever heard. You must have a goddamn IQ of 160. You are goddamn gifted. <laughs> so <laughs> he's goddamn gifted there the thing is i had to bring it back to that because i did not grab something for this week and since oh. we did the thing with reggie earlier i did had nothing queued up and while you were talking nothing i'm scrambling, scrambling here i muted my you. mic trying I'm to find something you didn't get the goddamn uh hot water burn baby <laughs> I did, I did, hot water burn baby i just grabbed the first thing because as soon as i click on it it takes like a minute to load for some reason really? until it gets there and then i have to fucking pause it it's or like it'll just start playing sack, crazy all right, we're going to go on with the news. And the first bit of news, you had a bit of things. And you know what, Eric? I now realize what we're talking about Godzilla now because this is the first bit of news. And it's not Godzilla news. You know that? We're a DC podcast, Eric. We so. don't sit here all day and talk about the Marvel app. We <laughs> wouldn't do that. First bit of news. Animated Batman, The Killing Joke, earns an R rating. And I Ooh. know this caused a little issue for you. Uh, some people were up in arms. They basically hinted at this way back. Yeah. They said that this was going to happen. I think that they were laying loose. Um, I'm telling you, before I even read this story, and I, I got to stop that. I say I'm telling you a lot. A guy called me out on, on fucking Facebook. <laughs> or not drink. Facebook, on Twitter. So, yeah, that's a new drink. Uh, but, yeah, this to me, when I re- read this and your reaction and what happened to you with the story, I really think – that DC had this weird plan, and they got a freaking Brendan Fletcher and Cameron Stewart in, and they said, listen, we're going to yell and scream about this killing joke so much that nobody's going to care anymore. Because I read this, I'm like, I don't fucking care anymore. What the <laughs> fuck? I'm telling you, I either, there I go again. Uh, both, I didn't care. I'm like, okay, our rating. But yeah, Warner Brothers' upcoming animated film, Batman, The Killing Joke, has been rated R by the Motion Picture Association of America. That is the MPAA, Eric. Sure is. Based on the 1988 graphic novel by Alan Moore and Brian Boland, Batman, The Killing Joke will be the first DC animated film with the R rating. But second movie overall after the extended home video edition of Batman v Superman, Dawn and Justice. (laughs) Uh, And that's what they say. From the start of production, we encourage producer Bruce Timm and our team at Warner Brothers Animation to remain faithful to the original story, regardless of the event. MPAA ratings said Except for Sam, Justice League War said Sam Register. Sam, that sounds like a cool name. Sam Register, president cool of Warner name. Brothers Animation and Warner Digital Series. The Killing Joke is revered by the fans, particularly for its blunt, 
often shocking adult themes and situations. We felt it was our responsibility to present our core audience, the comics-loving community, with an animated film that authentically represented the tale they know all too well. Batman the Killing Joke will premiere at Comic-Con International San Diego in July, followed by a home video release later in the year. No PG-13 edition is planned, they say. Ooh. And I'm telling you, they get, I keep saying that. i got to stop that, that I'm telling you. It's like a crutch for me. I like, it's like it. And we're back. Yeah, Tell because, me all about and really it, really, uh, that's what I'm doing. I, usually, I think I yell it when I get mad at you. Um, but I think that when they originally announced this the, uh, movie, the, the animated Killing Joke, right. was before all this nonsense. Like, uh, we know that this nonsense, uh, we say nonsense, about the rape and all this and people up in arms about the Killing Joke nonsense. has been going on for a little bit. But it, it hasn't been going on since 88. When this was first announced, I remember the big brouhaha was that people were upset that they weren't going to make it rated R. That I remember people saying, and this was even on DC's own site in the comments, because I right. think that we announced this on the news at some point. Or sure me, me, and even if we didn't, if it was before the podcast, we talked about it. And I said, God damn, people are all up in arms about this because they want an R rating and they want to see that. And, they, and that me and you right away then are like, what the fuck are they talking about? There's no, you know, there's no rape. I, no. It's it's awful. What he but he's the Joker. He is awful. He's a villain. He's a fucking. He's a force of nature, Eric. He's the epitome <laughs> of a bad dude. He is the devil incarnate. And I wouldn't go that far. At, well, he is though in the DCU. <laughs> he is the devil. He could be in Resurrection Man, Eric. I don't know what that means? He, there's Blue that. Devil, and I don't know. But you get this, and yeah, if they had PG thirteen or whatever, because I think that. Um, Batman, that Arkham one, the, um, is it Escape from Arkham? Which is that one that, uh... Oh, the one with the Suicide Squad. Yeah, that, that kind of gets close to R. Like, they were pushing Christ, that. that You know what I'm saying? That's why when I read this, I actually thought, boy, I thought that was R. Because I remember when that came out, I wanted to get it and And watch it. And you said, don't watch it with your kids. And then I took him to Deadpool, Eric. And then you said, you know what? All bets are off with you. You're a fucking awful father. But, yeah, th- th- it's coming out. It's going to be R. I think they're going to play it pretty much. They're not going to add shit to it. It's just going to be what happens. Yeah. It does brutalize Barbara. And it's part of the story. And then I, people I, are going to say, oh, my God, he raped her, even you, though you never see it. And they're going to say, why is this not R? Do you think that if this was the story and – Instead of him trying to drive um, Gordon nuts and show that a bad day can turn anybody bad, what happened if it was Bullock and Bullock had a daughter that we never even knew that we found out? Would you think there'd be a big brouhaha, as I said earlier? Do you think that that would have been now? Because we probably never would have seen this character again. Do you think that people would be that much? It's, it's that it's Batgirl, yeah. correct? And it's Barbara Gordon, but yet I know that it's hard to – anytime I'm gonna, we're going to talk about this, some people are going to be fucking upset at us. But, yeah, it did lead into Oracle, which yeah. everybody loved. The best and, part of that, the character. She and became it stronger than she ever that, was before. Yes, uh, but, yeah, it's one of those where the people don't want to – they love Oracle, but they don't like how she got there. I don't know. I, I just think it's a lot of nonsense. But, yeah, I even said at one point on the podcast that I'm surprised they even went with this fucking animated movie anymore because of all the fucking thing. I give them kudos. Uh, the people who like it can watch it. If you don't it was like our it, reverse it, psychology marketing. Yeah, I'm telling you, I think that they made it so that you didn't 
you, you just didn't care. You are everybody. You're desensitized. Like my yeah, kids. Seriously. That's why I haven't played those video games. So then we can go see Deadpool, and they don't care. They don't even know we went to a movie. They walk out and they're like, "Where are we, Dad?" I'm like, God damn, kids! I told you what's going on. You children are meant to be seen and not heard. That Fuck. Right. The next bit of news I loved because it reminded me of an old story that people really had a lot of uh, problems with. But that is Ford. Jesus. Yes, that's what it was. Do you remember when that? Uh, I do. Yeah. When they announced that Jesus would have been black, because you know he's from the why Middle the, East, they why actually the didn't say black. Up in they arms, said, and I never understood why. Yeah, they didn't say black. They just said, you know what, Jesus of Jerusalem, he'd probably be Middle Eastern. He yeah. looked like a Middle Eastern. Not my Jesus. I saw a picture of that guy. He's got fucking rock hard abs and long hair. That guy is. Sexy. Oh no, well, you actually have a real story. You knew a guy who thought he actually yeah. was actually I looking was just at a picture say, of Jesus. Yep, this guy actually fought about that. Well, first off, he fought that the first. Humans were couldn't have been from Africa because it was Adam and Eve, and he saw pictures of them, and they were they were white, and they were in some big garden. Uh, God like, damn it! Really? In the that, you think that was a picture? And then it, we said about Jesus. Oh, you know what? He'd been Middle Eastern. It was right when that story came out, and he's like, "No, no, I've seen pictures of them. Really? You've seen <laughs> pictures?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, like like photographs." Uh, you are a stupid man. That guy's dead now. He's dead and you now. Know what? I hope that he went up and Jesus there was Middle Eastern and Jesus said, <laughs> nope. And hit, I, I would guess in my mind, Jesus has a big lever and he pulls it and you just fall down. And Wouldn't that just be St. Peter? May, well, yeah, but I think Jesus would have been there just personally. <laughs> he just showed him. up personally. At the oh, game. Yeah. Like, they called, this guy's been talking they some get shit. Us, I'm like, going to be oh, here Bob, for this. let me look. Let me up. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, Jesus, get down here. This Bob's here. He's, hey, he shows up. And actually, oh, dude, if I'm it saying, would have been, there'd be like a million people with Bob, too. But yeah, this is the... the I'm saying, if it's not going to be that, it's going to be the gluttony, all right? The guy yeah, was really, fucking, what, 500 pounds? 600. 600, 600 pounds, Jesus. Pounds, he died. He was not living a clean life. Amazingly, he had to get the, like half of his colon cut out. Oh, he was a wreck. Uh, but yes, Forrest had a, uh, a news story that science says that Superman should be black. Oh, science. Science says it, Eric. According Earth to evolutionary, right, Jim. He, they mention in there, evolutionary biologist and science journalist J.V. Chamoray uh, says that Superman should be black. Utilizing right. scientific fact combined with explanations about Superman's sun-powered abilities in 2013's Man of Steel. That's my only problem with this. Well, it's why go with that? that? Yeah, really. Why? He's, he said he should be black, and that's why he's violent, he said. And I said, that is racist, Eric. That is very <laughs> racist. Chamory has written an article for Forbes saying the Kryptonian should have dark skin. The basic idea is this. If Superman collects energy and it was cells from sunlight, why would his skin be pale? If Krypton had gone through an evolutionary process and Kryptonians evolved into beings who could absorb yellow light, wouldn't the best pigment color for absorbing solar radiation be black? And the best thing I'm looking at is I don't know. You no, tell me. Chamray, I'm not a rocket surgeon. I'm no rocket surgeon myself. Chamray hypothesized that Superman's cells are similar to the photosynthetic species on Earth. On Earth, cells that collect sunlight for energy do so through photosynthesis. I remember that. uh, Plants and other (laughs) organisms use light to make carbohydrates from CO2 and water. Oh, jeez. I didn't know this was Science 101. If Superman's cells utilize a similar process, Chamray says he probably uses light to synthesize molecules that can store large amounts of energy. The article points out that when Jarrell sent his son to Earth, he purposely chose a planet that orbited the main sequence yellow star, the sequence, Chamry says, that generates massive amounts of light energy. But on Krypton, the sun was actually red, a relatively inactive star. He cites an article in Scientific America to conclude that photoscientific... Scientific... <laughs> ah, photoscientific... 
that. Do it, Jim. Come on. I can't. I don't. Species living on a world orbiting a red sun would need dark pigments to harvest light. And uh, in other news, somebody said, hey, Chamry, what the fuck are you doing with this fucking time? Fucking cure cancer, you son of a bitch. What are you worried? He's there. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he's now been fired from whatever job because I don't think he works for Forbes. He works for some fucking think tank. They're worrying about all this fucking important shit. He's wondering what color Superman is. But he continues this idea by theorizing that superpowers evolved on Krypton through a process of natural selection, but that Superman's ancestors lost their powers when their star turned red. As a result, their Kryptonian bodies just continue absorbing the red sun's light as the energy source for ordinary metabolism. I'm wondering then when you see yeah, – I've seen many a uh, picture of them eating. Why are they eating, Eric? Because eating is fun. That's why. They're feeling, I'm telling Delicious. you, this guy is spending a lot of time. It reminds me, and I'll probably offend somebody, but it's like those people who, their big thing, they get all these psychology degrees and then use it to talk about fucking Harley Quinn at fucking conventions. <laughs> you know, cure something here. I'm telling yeah. you, when, Do Superman, something. when Superman lost his powers, though, he was a big fan of eating. Maybe yeah, he doesn't he was. eat all that, that is much. true. He did like it, but that wasn't in Man of Steel. That's all Chamery. He says, I like that Man of Steel. I, want, I would like to see his review of Man of Steel. I'm trying to think because I'm trying to think where he ate in that movie, but I, all I know is that he drank a beer. Yeah, yeah, and then twisted up that fucking thing. I don't even know that. Did he actually drink it in Man of Steel? I don't even remember. I thought he, I had, know he had the beer in his uh, Ma's kitchen, I he thought. Was, uh, yeah, he was serving the beer at that yeah. place. And really, I, we talked about this before. Do you think if you were in that bar... You would have acted the way that guy did. That yeah, freaking, he's a piece of shit. He, yeah, but that fucking Superman was a big dude. I don't know, he man. I, I, have seen, I have seen a lot of pieces of shit at bars. Yeah, just, boy, I, I wouldn't fuck with him. But yeah, and the next one is um, new details on the Batman Avengers crossover. Ooh! Where Batman Avengers That sounds crossover. amazing. It's happening. I'm, holy moly. I sent you this. I'm like, holy crap, Eric. Did you know that they're having a Batman Avengers crossover? <laughs> and then I said to you, do you think that they're announcing it like this uh, to fucking get everybody? I'm, this is one of those where I think people get pissed then afterwards because in what I was. To be, I put in what has to be the biggest case of holy shit turning into, oh, that Avengers. DC has released more details about the digital first crossover, which is now titled Batman 66 meets Steed and Miss, Mrs. Peel. Yeah. That is the British. How Avengers. now, Brown Cow? Uh, I hate I hated that uh, one with uh, Ray Fiennes. Yeah, and, everybody did. Uh, what's her name? Like Emma Th- Emma, or Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. Why was I going to say Emma too? But um, I don't know. I'm telling you, I like that Mrs. Peel, and that <laughs> may have been the start of me having a fixation on leather-clad ladies. But I can yeah, see that. As, as well as Catwoman. Say, not Catwoman and Batman 66? No, I'm telling you, Mrs. Peel was on a lot. Boy, I rub myself raw. But I swear to Christ, when you sent this to me, because I've been saying since Disney bought Marvel, yeah. we'll never have a DC Marvel crossover again. Then you sent me Batman slash Avengers crossover. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, how and it's funny happen? Because it probably would be something that could go <laughs> digital. You know, and the you thing know? is, you, you sent me a thing, not that Avengers. I'm like, yeah. West Coast Avengers? Yeah, you're like, West Coast, uh, Detroit? <laughs> fucking Antarctic? I don't know which Avengers. I'm, nope, it is the British uh, and, yes, and I, I immediately don't. That's only a step above Batman 66 meets the man from uncle. Uh, no, I think it's equal. I really don't think <laughs> this is going to. And you you have man from uncle. At least you're like, OK, man you had from a new uncle. movie. Yeah, man from uncle. You're thinking, OK, man from uncle. I guess that they don't want to. Maybe they just can't call it the Avengers because maybe. of the issues. Boy, somebody who's there. Oh, Batman 66 meets Steed and Mrs. Peel. Ooh. Now, what the fuck? Who is going to buy this? 
I, I know what it's about. I don't want any part no. of it, though I may review it. <laughs> I may review it. The man from Uncle, I tried. I'm like, I don't know anything nope. about it. I know about the Avengers. Yeah. I know about that Mrs. Peel. Peel that outfit right off. That skin tight. You try. Holy moly. And that Miss, Miss uh, Steed was a fucking, he didn't look like he liked the ladies, if you know what I'm getting at. The old so British? Mrs. Peel is right with me. Yeah, I, I like the Avengers, but no, this is not what I want. See, I liked the Avengers when I was a small child. Yeah, I liked it. I probably liked it up until like eight years ago. I haven't watched really? it in a while. Yeah, I haven't watched you it in a while. When it, was on, well, when it was on, I'd watch it. I didn't seek it out. Um, but yeah, it's a six-issue mini continuing DC's line of comic books based on the classic 1960s Batman television series starring Adam West, this time crossing over with another 1960s TV hit. The Avengers, and this is what they say about it, as Bruce Wayne shows the beautiful head of a U.K. electronics company, the sights of Gotham, they are interrupted by the, the feline Catwoman. Catwoman's in it, so, right, I'm good, reads yeah. DC's official description. Unwilling to leave Miss Michaela go unprotected, Bruce resigns himself to the fact that Batman cannot save the day. But some new players have arrived in town, though even as the lovely catsuit-clad Mrs. Peel and her comrade John Steed take control of the situation, nefarious plots continue apace. Even that, who likes this? <laughs> I'm telling you, they really are trying to get people away from this. Batman 66 meets Steed and Mrs. Peel is written by Ian Edgington with interior art by Matthew Dow Smith. Frequent Batman 66 artist Mike Allred will be doing covers along with Cat Stacks. The series will debut digitally on June 8th with the first of 12 weekly installments with a six-part print edition debuting July 6th. So they're just going to throw it all in like a yeah. trade. And I, I have here, I, I have a couple others I want. I oh, I want, got mine too. Well, I want... Batman 66 meets the Beverly Hillbillies. I just think it'd be hilarious right, when they I, tell I, Batman about the Cement Pond. That's all I like, want. <laughs> Cement Ponder. How do you like this? Batman 66 meets the Flying Nun. That would be good, too. And, you know, uh, when I think of these, I always think of the different things that can happen. In the Beverly Hillbillies, in my mind, uh, Robin is fucking Ellie Mae. Right. And... Um, uh, Granny and Alfred are fucking. Or at least trying to. Yeah, well, I think Granny's getting it on with Alfred. So the next one, I just it's Batman 66 meets Car 54, Where Are You? Just, <laughs> just as a goof. I just want to see them actually get rid of the Batmobile. And also, I, I should have thrown in my mother the car. And nice. somehow the mother uh, starts haunting the Batmobile. Oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, any more for you? I do. Batman 66, and this actually plays I into the show. I know one that I think you'll really Meets like. the Hawaii Five-0. Okay, I think I, I was going to put that. You even that. get the surfing going yeah, on. Yeah, I was going to put that. That'd be good. How about Batman 66 meets my three sons, where in yeah. this, Chip, Robbie, and Ernie become Robins, Eric. That would, the be, three sons. that would be awesome. And Alfred has to go away on a trip, and Uncle Charlie fills him for Alfred. If you remember, <laughs> Uncle Charlie was a whippersnapper. He was he was spitting fucking vinegar and piss all over. That guy was mean, and he would whip Batman and Robin into shape. What's your next one? Batman sixty six meets Gentle Ben. Ooh, <laughs> Gentle ben. I would like Gentle Ben like that. The would Bat be, Bear. He would the Bat Bear. He'd show up, eat Bat Cow, and then also then and then they cross it over to BJ and the Bear. And all yes. those fucking all I have uh, Batman 66 meets Lost in Space. <laughs> and basically what's happening is that they realize that uh, Dr. Smith is a pedophile and Batman and Robin have to go and stop. Him. Oh, That's you got to shut that, that shit down. And then it, and it also gets you some silver suited Batman and Robin. You'll, you'll yeah. like that. What's your next one? That's my last one. OK, are you ready for this? I'm one? hoping I think there's one that I really would think that you would like. And I'm hoping it's this one. 
Batman 66 meets the Dick Cavett show. Oh, damn it. I was going through. I actually could see. I thought you were going to have the monsters. I really did. No, I actually want, I didn't want to put the monsters, but that is a good one. But okay, the, the Dick Cavett show, it's yes. just them sitting there and Dick oh, Cavett's fucking talking. interviewing them. Uh, my next two are would have the similar thing are laughing and hee haw. Yes. And I would just want I want them to just, yeah, horse apples. Say, you just want like them that. to open up it's that little door there and lead his head through? And they'll go, uh, incredible, but stupid. And then they'll just go, <laughs> that's the whole thing. But I do have three that I think would make sense. Right. And they are. Batman 66 meets Wild Wild West. I think uh-huh. that would be good. Would, uh, we've said all along, get smart. Yeah, and I think yeah. that one that would be funny would be Mod Squad. Because Mod Squad is a 70s deal. Sure is. And they're kids, they're kind of hip or whatever. I would think you'd get a play, like almost when they had the Brady Bunch movie, where the Brady Bunch was out of time. Yeah. In that, I think that that would be good. Nah, the man, Mod Squad. They are saving the Mod Squad for Wonder Woman 77. Yeah. Yeah, they might. I, I wonder if they're going to try that. I don't know. Do any of these. But I'm telling you, they they're, freaking they're ran, at the bottom of the well. I'm aren't telling they? you, they, they ran Batman 66 into the ground until oh. it's the same thing over and over again, just like the show. Yeah. And now they're just still like teaming it up with other people. Oh, really? But Get Smart makes so, I, I'm guessing. Oh, it does. I'm guessing. Batman we, takes on chaos? Yeah. Oh, it'd be the best. And all the gadgets and stuff. I just think that the properties don't mesh with, uh, you know, legally. Agent 99's a love interest? Yeah. Oh, my God. It'd be so good. But yeah, the next bit of news is something that we've been reporting all. Everybody's been reporting over and over. Uh, ben Affleck is going to direct and star in the Batman solo film. Yep. After nine months of speculation on confirmed reports, Warner Brothers has announced that Ben Affleck is starring and directing in a standalone Batman film. Studio chief, oh God, Kevin Sujahari. Yeah, that's good. It's Sujahara. No, it's not. Sujahara. <laughs> Sujahara confirmed it in a film during. Uh, during a film presentation at CinemaCon in Las Vegas on Tuesday, no release date or additional details were given, but both Affleck and Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice co-star Amy Adams. Why do they have Amy Adams up there? We're on stage for a portion of Warner Brothers' presentation where they unveiled a new sizzle reel about the upcoming DC films. New footage from Wonder Woman was shown, as well as the first set video from Justice League Part 1 with director Zack Snyder joined by much of the cast in the film. Do you imagine that that is, they, their backs are to them, they're all sitting in their show, and they turn around and give the thumbs up. That's all it is. <laughs> That's what I picture. Or they're in line getting food. Hey, uh, what do you think, uh, Ben? Uh, I'm hungry. That's it. There's Ben. He's always hungry. I'm hungry. He's hungry. All right. But the big thing for us this week was the June preview catalog came out. That was a big thing where Rebirth, they were going to – a lot of details, all this, these details. And as it stuff came out, I actually was sending you notes. Oh, yeah. We talked about this. And for some reason, I thought this was last week. No, I got no, all about it yes- until yesterday. The, the June preview catalog came out on Wednesday, and it did really – it told everybody a lot. It wasn't – like we had already gotten some – generic things this is more uh like who's going to be in books and things like that uh but yeah the rebirth the publisher's summer event that kicks off in late may will in part return characters and concepts from the pre-new 52 and pre-crisis universes to the dc continuity era apparently highlighting this is the back cover of the catalog the image has two hourglasses one featuring characters from a pre-new 52 version of the justice society of america whoo i can't just running out of breath and the other including characters from an 80s style justice league of america complete with a red trunk superman what do you think of that i saw it you like it yeah that really didn't mean much to me yeah Um, but yeah the catalog it included a interview with jeff johns in which the writer names the four chapters of the dc universe rebirth now i'm going to ask you this because i am not sure anybody's ever said anything or talked about it 
does this mean that Rebirth, there's going to be four issues? I don't think so. Or is this the chapters in the oversized I, book? I think it's the chapters in the oversized book. It's weird because they're saying the summer wide event, which to me also is all the books coming out. I don't I know. I'm, at, I'm thinking that maybe there's going to be more. I don't know. I don't know why I brought it up and made us look like dummies. But yeah, he says the themes of the DC Universe. Because nobody else will. Divide, That's why yes, divide into four chapters, John's explained. The first one is about loss, Eric. It's loss. Oh. It focuses on what perhaps has gone missing in our comic books when it comes to the DC Universe and historically what the DC Universe really is. The second chapter is about legacy. That's what we lost. <laughs> That's the main thing I feel has been lost from the DC Universe. Oh, good, From yes. the new 52 Rebirth. Reboot. Rebirth. <laughs> We're showing a kind of secret side of the DC Universe. Hey, Rebirth. Legacy comes into play again. Hey, Rebirth. <laughs> the next chapter is love. Oh, see, I'm waiting for the awe each time, <laughs> and it's all about the love that's in the DC universe and that which has disappeared from the DC universe. It's really weird. I know this a lot of people thing. have loved up on Starfire so far. It's it's really weird. Yeah, really. Uh, it's weird how this is almost like Jeff Johns in a interview for this said that the new Fifty Two really sucked ass. <laughs> the fourth chapter is titled Life. I, I wasn't there that day. They decided. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like, that's not me. He's, and adio. I think what it's big Latin. <laughs> and day adio day. Uh, life is about both the end and beginning of life. Hmm. The catalog also cites five moments and mysteries you won't want to miss in DC Universe Rebirth number one. Here they are. I want to. I want just maybe you can tell me what you think they will All be. Right. Number one, line of fire. There will be the mysterious death of a character. Who now, do you every, think it is? Everybody's going to say it's Superman. I, I want to say it's something they're going to throw out of nowhere. And you know what I'm going to be? Our man. No. Nightwing. Nightwing. Our man. Our man. No, um, cat. Let's Resurrection see. man. I, I think that. All right, not... you know what? I'm going to do it. What? Supergirl. Supergirl. I don't think that they're playing it coy at all. I think it's Superman. <laughs> I think it's I like to think it's bigger than it Superman. is. See, what uh, I say is going to happen here Supergirl is going to die because right now she doesn't have her powers. And it's going to be the freaking Supergirl from the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths who we haven't ooh, seen come back since Convergence. Come back, Eric. Ooh. I still think it's super. Yeah, it probably is. Then um, the new 52 Superman. Then you have Heroes Return. You'll see three characters reintroduced to the DC Universe with the promise of more. I believe they will be Superman, Superman, and Superman. What do you think of that? That's good. Who do you think? Do you have any um, that uh, you would think? Probably maybe original Wally West. Okay. And that uh, is kind of hinted in the back of the preview catalog. Yes. Red uh, hair. Red hair. Yeah. Red hair, Eric. Red hair, man. <laughs> red hair. That's a red hair ring. Could be. That's all I got so far. I don't know who they'll be. Revelations, a secret that that dives into the very nature of why the DC Universe is the way it is. Uh, You think that that goes back to, say, Convergence, maybe. Pandora. Pandora. She just shows up and they shoot her. We've had enough of your nonsense. In the background somewhere because apparently she's going to be a big deal. Yeah. Fucking nonsense. All right, then uh, it also says the Dark Knight Batman will become focused on a mystery that will change everything he knows about his greatest villain, and that's kind of old news. We yeah, we're getting there from fucking the Justice League Dark Side War. And then multiversal, multiversal mayhem. A secret is exposed 
about the nature of the DC universe and why it has lost, uh, why it lost what it lost, and will introduce the greatest threat it has ever faced. I believe that the secret is that it is a speck of dirt underneath an alien's fingernail, Eric. You know what? I, it just came to me right now, but I'm going to say this actually plays in the Grant Morrison's uh, multiversity, where at the end of that series we found out that there was another multiverse, and the one that we are dealing with right now is not the original one we it's originally not the original. had. Original? You think that that's what's going to be the exposure? I'll go with it. I have I, no idea. It works for me. Okay, but in the in this preview, it does mention a lot of things about the books, and we'll go through some of these. This is going to be if you read the preview deal. I apologize. I don't know how many people read it because they said that when it went to the comic stores, they short shipped it. Diamond did. So I don't know how many people actually got it. But in the Superman books, there is no mention of the new Fifty Two Superman <laughs> at all. Yes, there's no mention at all of no. new Fifty Two Superman. Which and is, uh, it's, and what did we do? What's that? Talk to Dan DeDio? Yes. Well, we'll go later because I <laughs> okay. will mention that. But, yeah, that was why I talked to Dan DeDio, and I was not specific enough, and he got me. He got <laughs> me. He's like the Riddler, that guy. But, yeah, Action Comics says that uh, their little thing that it says is beating Superman easy, replacing him. Now, that's something that will hurt the Man of Steel's legacy, read DC's description of the series. Again, this is Action Comics. Seeing an opening to steal away the Man of Steel's most iconic symbol for himself, Luther turns himself into a true man of tomorrow. Superman in this series, written by Dan Jurgens, is the post-crisis. That's how they're saying it. You uh, like to say the pre-flashpoint. Pre-flashpoint. Tomato and tomato are one, and that is the one from Lois and Clark. Uh, yes. Which will be in also in Superman. And and Nazi I think that book. sounds fun as hell. Yeah, it does. I think that sounds great. And one of the things that I thought that the New 52 lacked was Lex being a villain. And I liked him. I liked the idea of – and not that he's a villain here because I think at one point he does t- team up with Superman to fight a greater evil. But I like him being the bad guy. And they're We, have, kinda we didn't have enough of that. No, we didn't. That's what I'm saying. It just – I like that. But yeah, the Tomasi Superman book, the main Superman book, will also feature the post-crisis Superman. And Superman is going to be facing two things that are incredibly important, said Tomasi. One, of course, is to try to protect his son, Jonathan, from the world at large, which all parents feel. I don't know about that. And feel they need to do when their kids are at that age. And then there's education, teaching Jonathan how to adjust to the world around him, how to act in the world around him as well. Uh, this does not sound good to me. I, I have a lot of faith in Tomasi. Yeah. I don't know that I want a book where he's just fucking telling his kids he's, what to uh, do. He's te- trying to tell you how to be a better parent. Yeah, really. I don't need that. What is this, Parenting 101? With his powers uh, growing and Jonathan coming into his own, it's important to Lois and Clark that he learns how to handle them and learn to deal with them in the right and proper way, said the co-writer. Oh, of course, nothing ever goes as parents plan. Whew. Outside forces, Tomasi explained, will be playing havoc with the super family's life. The co-writer doesn't disclose who they are, but describes them as coming from within and without. You, I don't. Does that sound good to you? Because it does not sound that great to me. Yeah. I, I, I want to see what it is. Because like I said, I, like you said, actually, be, I trust Tomasi. I do, too. I do now. And I think that a lot of the things that they're talking trust. about is like the first arc. Yeah. I don't think that he's saying, like, and as boy, long as, I have 50 issues about as, him doing as, that. As long as TC doesn't come out of nowhere and screw him over on a story like they've been doing, yeah. I think everything yeah, will really. be smooth yeah. sailing. And I'm going to go through. I'm not going to read word for word all these, the rest. But, yeah, Super Sons, they do. It is Jonathan Kent and Damian Wayne. Nice. Uh, it's a lighthearted book, they said. And there was a uh, art that was released that had Damian in a little mecha suit, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, this is the next book is the one I actually am really looking forward to. And I sent you the uh, – things about this and you're like that sounds like bullshit but it's superwoman and the big I didn't thing say was, i said it sounded like fun nah, i said it was fun you said i don't like that and i said you are a hateful man but i yeah, don't lois, like that it'll lois probably be a lois lane good time. is superwoman 
That's the big thing. They, we didn't know who Superwoman was this yes. release, that it is Lois. And she has gotten the powers of Superman and pledges to protect uh, Metropolis because, obviously, it seems the new 52 Superman's gone. But the big issue is the powers are killing her, Eric. They Jesus are Christ. killing her. So, yeah. And then the next book, Supergirl. Let's kill it off, everybody. Yeah, it is. Supergirl is going to be the Steve Orlando book, and he describes it as the heroine going from depowered wandering soul it's like the Hulk, the repowered superhero. Repowered, Eric. Repowered. Like at some book this week, she's getting powers back, maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, it says, uh, what's this? Here's the deal. I am going to read this because it does sound funny to me because it's basically the TV show. Supergirl is back and working for the DEO to defend National City from those who would want to harm it. The series description reads, as Kara Danvers, average American high school student, Supergirl must balance her life as a superhero with her new life on Earth. But some demons from her Kryptonian past are coming back to haunt her. Jesus and Kara will find herself making the toughest choices of her young life. So it does skew a little younger. It skews completely TV show, but, but yeah, she say though, a lot replace like the freaking uh, the newspaper with, with high school. Sc- yeah, with school. And you know, I want I want her to go back to that fucking the crucible, that fucking yeah. outer space school. I don't know how much more school she needs. She's been on Earth for a while, it seems like now. That was going to be outer space fucking Saved by the Bell, Eric. I really would have been amazing. And or like even Breakfast Club, it really was setting up. But yeah, you'll have that. The new Superman is the Gene Yang. Uh, story and it says uh, that that's going to be Kenji Kong. I love that name. So do uh, I. The big thing about this is that you're going to have an Asian Chinese Superman, but they're also going to have what appears to be the Justice League of China, and I think that sounds pretty intriguing. Eric. I don't know. It seems like Gene Yang to me is a one trick pony. If they don't have some Asian American in it or just Asian it's general, Gene Yang. I know. Just I'm telling just telling you, you write what you know. Freaking Korean myth brawl. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't mind the idea of myth brawl. <laughs> it kind of was goofy to me, but yeah, it was not that good. It was like a, uh, a underground fighting tournament that nobody knows about is what it reminded me of. And the only way you can that get it everybody knew is about Dimock. <laughs> All right. And then in the Batman books, they have the Batman, the big thing for Rebirth Batman is being confronted with a new mystery about the Joker. This is what they were hinting at before. Yeah. And the competition of the new hero in Gotham City named, fittingly enough, Gotham. I think that sounds like fun. Yeah, it does. Batman will become focused on a mystery that will change everything he knows about his greatest villain. This is presumably a reference to the Joker, which, again, they said it before. In the catalog, Jeff Johns says, Well, at the end of Dark Side War, there's a secret about the Joker that Batman will uncover that artist Jason Faubach and I will reveal. And the big thing is they say they're going to tell you his name. And How dare you? Do you think it's just going to be one of those that's like his name is Eric Chuck. J. Chuck. <laughs> Frank. <laughs> Jason. They'll keep using Jason for Chuck it. Chuck, you get Farley. Nuts, but yeah. Dark Side War is scheduled to end in Justice League 50, which has been pushed back with a current release date of May 25th, coinciding with DC Universe Rebirth number one. Oh, just to fucking screw us up. all up. But yeah, in the Batman book, you're going to have this Gotham uh, villain, the villain named Gotham. Batman group editor Mark Doyle well, says the, the guy new wants Gotham to be a hero. hero. Yeah, he says he's young and idealistic, yeah. like someone who joins the Peace Corps. The Peace Corps. <laughs> but goes into the heart of some third world war zone. People he still knows do how that to fix everything. He sounds like I don't know. He sounds like one of those guys that's in college that thinks they're going to change the world. And yeah. I, I like how this uh, Mark Doyle ends it. He says he, it's like a Peace Corps guy going into the third world thinking they could change everything. And then one problem leads to another. Right? <laughs> yeah, I get that this is almost. Oh, like no, a, malaria. It sounds a lot to me like a, a nicer version of Azrael. Yeah, he just I shows up and it's like you're doing it wrong, and things are going to go wrong very quickly. 
Um, then there's Grayson. That time would spiral over and a secret identity restored. Dick's back in his classic black and blue as Nightwing again. You didn't like the black and blue. No, I like the black and red. And everybody says, like, you fucking heathen. He was the best in the black and blue. But I just like the red motif to go with the rest of the Robins. I don't care. It's a fucking costume. No, what I'm saying, when they say that to you, like, oh, you heathen. What does it matter? Leader of the Titans, Bat Family Badass, solo superhero, Strike Force. First up at the vigilante to-do list, take down the Parliament of Owls, Eric. Yeah. That does not sound anything new to me. <laughs> oh, they're going to do that Somnus satellite. You think it's going to be? It has to be. It's right? got to be. It's going to be funny if it's not. It's something else. Hello, Everybody mother. just forgets. They just, nobody cares. <laughs> Hello, mother. <laughs> Batman Beyond is a weird one. They're, uh, Bruce Wayne's going to be back. They think the Joker. And I'm telling this is the worst one that's written up, and you think that Keith Giffen had his, his hand at this. I oh, think. God. It says, the AARP poster boy must be close to a century old by Batman Beyond's time. But if Gotham's in need of a protector, Bruce Wayne will answer the call once more. Just get the defib machine and a double dose of Centrum Silver on standby. Oh, nonsense. Why would they? Read and he should be around DC 65 years old. However, yeah. They also allude to Joker returning, asking, wouldn't it be the ultimate prank to pull if the clown prince of crime not only survived, but adopted the guise of his most hated enemy? Wouldn't that be great, Eric? No. That'd be great. That's nonsense, that one. Then there's Teen Titans, which is Ben Percy. You were like, I love Teen Titans. Fuck. So, hey, Ben Percy's right. And you're like, oh, God. But it's Damien. Uh, it's going to be a diverse roster. And it says Raven gives us fantasy and horror. Starfire gives us sci-fi. Beast Boy gives us comedy. Kid Flash gives us a dose of everything, but especially human drama. As the rookie of the team and the member who typically has the biggest heart and acts as a man of the people. I'm really pushing freaking Kid Flash there. But, yeah, that's that. Uh, here is my most interesting one, I think, of all of these. Red Hood and the Outlaws is going to be the team. They announced the team. It's going to be Jason Todd, a half-baked Superman clone Bizarro, <laughs> and Artemis, who returning series writer Scott Liddell describes as a fallen Amazon. That's a pretty cool team. Now, I think it's great. Where's team. Joker's daughter in that team? Out there where's Joker's taking a powder. Daughter? Where's Dula Dent? This makes a unique off-kilter version of DC's Trinity with a Bat character or Superman-related character and an Amazonian like Wonder Woman. I think that's pretty cool. I think it's really and, cool. And uh, in a new twist, Jason Todd is going to try to infiltrate the Gotham underworld there. I've never you. seen that before. Never seen it. Then we're going to move on to... Oh, you know what? I, you said underworld. For some reason, I thought it was a Gotham underground. Oh, no, I'm like, I will kill Oh, everyone. he'll get there. Uh, this is another pretty good thing. Suicide Squad. Rob Williams, it was leaked early. That was one of the original yeah. ones that we had heard. But this is pretty cool. In Suicide Squad, he hints that there's going to be one of these three characters who is going to join the team of the Suicide Squad. You tell me how, how it's possible that the first one could be true because that's Doomsday. I'm going to say how's the second one possible. I don't, I, how are any of these? Uh, the second one. So one of these three will be on the team. Doomsday. Mr. Mixelplick or General Zod? General Zod. It has to be, really? Yeah. You know, Mr. Mixelplick would be crazy, <laughs> but maybe that's going out of rebirth with all that craziness with the fucking multiverse and stuff. Mr. Mixelplick goes right in with that, right? No. No. How about Doomsday? He, he's a guy you can, you know, you put a, a bomb in Doomsday's head, that's not stopping him from doing no. shit. He's just going to blow up. He doesn't care. The team's current lineup also includes characters from the upcoming Suicide Squad film, including Harley Quinn, Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, Katana, and Killer Croc. Then you have Titans. The reason I put Titans was that they do not mention. They mention the team, Dan Abnett writing, of course. They mention the team as Nightwing, Donna Troy, Arsenal, Aqualad, and Lilith. 
and they're going to be fighting the fearsome five. Uh, and that also is Brett Boothart, which we really like. But yeah, yes. there's no mention of Harold, Nark, or Hawk and Dove, Eric. Where's oh, Hawk no. and Dove? But yeah, that's a big one. Uh, Blue Beetle is the last one of these that I put that uh, had something interesting because in Blue Beetle, it looks like the Dr. Fate, Paul Levitt's Dr. Fate, is going to be in with Blue Beetle. And we had said before that we wanted this Dr. Fate to be in the Teen Titans. I wanted Blue Beetle. I wanted Blue this Beetle Dr. And, Fate in but, Teen Titans. So that's why I don't mind. Doomed? I like this. I, I would like make a crazy-ass Titans team. I'd like Blue Beetle with Dr. Fate. That's yeah, yeah, it could cool. be cool. And honestly, if, that, if this Dr. Fate is like... If we can get anything decent out of him, I'll be happy because this whole run of his has been terrible. Yeah, it has been pretty bad. But, yeah, this is uh, Jaime Reyes and Ted Kord uh, teaming up as Blue Beetle. And, yes, the Dr. Fate will be there, and it's lending his knowledge about Egyptian lore to help unlock the secrets oh, of the Scarab. So, yeah, there's a tie-in. I don't know that that is something that's going to continue. That may be just an arc. Right. But I, I want to see it. I like the idea. I like the idea of Ted Cord getting pissed off at these young guys <laughs> not knowing shit. Because what we have seen, no. Do- Dr. Fink don't know shit. He's well, that's terrible. That's the worst part, though, is that it's Khalid, saw right? Ted Co- I'm saying, yeah, it's Khalid, yeah. Yeah, Khalid. Uh, Khalid, 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 whatever. He is but, uh, terrible. We saw Ted Cord in Forever Evil, yes. and he yes. was a young guy. Yes. It, again, though, all bets are off in this rebirth. Everything's taken back. This could ah. be an older guy again because of what What happened is. to the this young guy? Be, he's probably dead. Is that Ted Cord Jr.? That might be. They probably won't even mention him. It's like they if, probably Pla- won't. if Plastic Man comes around, they're not mentioning when he showed up in Forever Evil, right? Not, I'm saying man. not only that they're not going to talk about how he showed up in uh, J, uh, Just League International no. and then had yeah. his origin years later in Forever Evil yeah, and we've so, never seen uh, him again. Yeah, we've had a couple different plastic men around, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, while this went on, I'm reading all these and I'm writing it down. I hope that that wasn't as boring as it seemed. But all this was going on, I'm thinking, you know what? We have this Superman. There's not any new Fifty Two Superman, and then they mentioned Trinity. And also when I'm thinking the Justice League book. Yeah. And I thought to myself, and I messaged you. I just It was like a, a loaded question, kind of. I'm like, hey, uh, what Superman do you think is in Trinity or Justice League? And you're right back, huh, I don't know. And I, I don't either, especially Trinity, because yeah. they describe it. Oh, it's the, you know, the best of friends and the three of them. Oh, they're going. It doesn't make sense to me to be the post-crisis pre-flash don't you call him Superman. That. It just doesn't make sense no, to me. No, it doesn't. Uh, Justice they League, don't know yeah. him. Justice League, they can say, okay, you know what, you're, you are Superman, come on. But even that We need a heavy odd. hitter, yes, come they on. need that. But Trinity seems odd. So I messaged Dan DeDio, and I said to him, hey, Dan, hey, Danny boy, <laughs> which, which Superman is in Trinity and Justice League after Rebirth? Uh, which one is it? And his response was, the same one in both books. That's all I put. <laughs> and I'm like... And I, I don't know if he said that thinking that I wouldn't even like it. That would confuse me. I'm like, you son of a bitch. And that's what I put. I put, you son of a bitch. Why wasn't I more specific? And then he wrote, oh, you know what? I don't want to spoil the party there. And I'm like, really? And I'm like, I know that you can't tell me whatever, but uh, it is odd. And he goes, yeah, it, that is a big thing. I, I unlocked a big secret there. He said that that was something that's going to be very big in the rebuild. A little bit of a can of worms, what man. It's going to be. And me and you were talking that maybe it starts off with Batman and Wonder Woman 
trying to find the new 52 Batman or Superman. And that would be the reason why the book is even, you know, you have to have a reason why they're together like that. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe there is a depowered. A lot of people have a lot of theories. They think that he's going to be fully depowered and maybe he's there. I said, maybe he's going to be Oracle. He's going to be in a wheelchair and somehow they're going to start screaming that he was raped. But yeah, um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to that. What's that? That he's raped. Yeah. Yes. Yes, but we're going to stop that. That is the news. That's the news, Eric. But we're going to move on to Reggie and Chris have a segment. That's uh, what is it called? I asked Reggie oh, earlier. Didn't you write it down? I did, but I, it's not on here. I thought I wrote it. I down. didn't write it down. I must uh, have wrote it down on another weird piece. comic history. It, no, it's like um, a DC weird comic history, and it's about the DC implosion, we, right? We are the worst. DC implosion. I said it sounded like a fucking band. You know, this is why Ryan quit. But these fucking segues, he didn't like them because we're awful. At least we're not talking about, like, the other day I wiped my ass and there was corn there. Eric, I had not had corn in a month. I that's, don't know what happened. How, like how does that happen? It's like the one time I ate a $2 bill and I shit out quarters. I don't know how it happened. Did and you eat quarters before that? No. Okay. I don't know what happened. I shit out quarters. Then the one no, time I do know you suffer from pica, so you have yeah, been known to well, do that. Well, the one time I yes, the one time I ate a um, a whole pineapple and then I shit out fruit salad and also a turkey. I don't know what happens, but yeah, this is Reggie and Chris. I we had them on last week. Do you get like a vegematic? Is it intestinal system? Yes, I do. You put anything in there and shit comes out, and I mean shit <laughs> comes out, and it doesn't stop. This is again. This is why Ryan quit. We, have, we are not professional. But, yeah, when, when Chris was on last week uh, talking bloodlines, I demanded that they have a segment. That's what you do. You call them out on the podcast, and they have to do it. I don't know where Reggie – Reggie, I said, hey, what's going on? I think it was Monday maybe. Hey, Reggie, what's going on? Nothing. I'm recording with Chris. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Tell me. I get so angry. I'm like, what's going on? What do you mean, Chris? You and him having a podcast now? You son of a bitch. You're gonna you be told us us. to, jerk. And then, no, no, the segment for the podcast. Oh, and I said, what's it about? And he said, you'll have to wait. Uh, you fucking asshole. I got mad again. <laughs> and I'm just fucking typing, fucking yelling and screaming. What is he fucking keeping from me? And then he sent me the segment. Fucking control I, freak. Then he sent me the segment. I didn't listen to it for three days. <laughs> I finally listened to it. Yeah, you don't even know what it's called. I had some about the DC implosion. I think that the segment is the weird history of DC comics, Eric. I have no idea. Uh, there we go. It. There we go. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Weird Comics History. My name is Reggie. And I'm Chris. And we're going to be here every week to bring you some weird comics history here on the Weird Science DC Comics blog.blogspot.com podcast. This week we're going to be talking about the DC explosion, and to do that we're going to have to go way, way back to 1976. Gerald Ford is in the, in the White House, and Watergate is already done and over with. Nixon is home, and uh, Yorba Linda sipping on his uh, daiquiri. Uh, the Bicentennial is in full swing, and a new person has been hired at DC Comics. Yes, her name is uh, Jeanette Kahn. She was brought in as a publisher. She was a uh, Harvard graduate who uh, went into uh, publishing on her own. She, uh, 
she uh, did a, a magazine called Kids, which was uh, for kids by kids. Uh, the kids wrote the stories, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and it was a uh, it was a very uh, so, sort of relevant uh, yeah. uh, magazine. Uh, Probably very magazine. profitable. I have a feeling since kids, you can pay, sure. you can pay them very little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't th- I don't think there were any label laws. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they uh, wrote about diversity, uh, the environment, uh, all all those uh, hot button issues that are still uh, still uh, around us today. Yeah, good job, kids. And, yeah, how about that? <laughs> they, uh, they are the future. <laughs> and uh, she also did one uh, for uh, Scholastic called uh, Dynamite. Yeah. And uh, caught the eye of uh, DC. They brought her on in, and uh, this was during a time where they were getting regular price increases. Uh, we talk about the price increases now, and uh, I guess. It seemed like back then, like every fourteen or fifteen months, there was a bit of a hike. Definitely, yeah, and, uh, and it was it was a war sort of between Charlton, uh, Marvel, and DC, just you know to try to keep their price a nickel lower, you know, a dime lower as long as they could and make a big stink out of it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like still just twenty cents. Exactly, but it, it's only so long you can do that before you start, you know, losing big money. Absolutely, and uh, in order to uh, to kind of uh, circumvent any kind of backlash, uh, one of her first uh, one of her first things she did was uh, try to add pages to uh, to the higher selling books uh, to counterbalance the the price increase. And uh, in those extra pages, they would do uh, sometimes they would just expend, extend the, extend the story, like in uh, Justice League, and other times they would do a backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'd have the high selling books with a kind of a second tier character. Uh, carrying up the back end gives them a little bit more uh, gives them a little bit more visibility in the market as well, and uh, this was around the time that they they decided to, to work the uh, the DC explosion out, where uh, they were trying to, as we were talking about the first time, they were trying to kind of vie for the uh, newsstand uh, market. That's right. You really got to understand that this time there was no direct market. There were not a lot of comic stores. Pretty much all comics were being sold on newsstands and through pharmacies and uh, whatever else, corner stores. Candy shop. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And these guys, they would oftentimes, they would order, you know, give me, you know, the new Batman, the new Superman, the new Spider-Man, whatever, and then fill in the rest with whatever the hell you got on hand. So, yeah, Jeanette Kahn's idea was by increasing just the number of titles available, there was more chance to be in there, yeah, more likelihood to get pulled. As a matter of fact, she said, uh, being in a more profitable format for the retailer, our comics should be a little easier to find. Most, most harder to find comics will get better distribution, which was her nice way of saying, we're going to try to flood the market <laughs> with, with products. And, uh, and they did. They, the they fairly well did. I think they added something like uh, 16 new titles in 1975, 21 in 1976, 12 in 1977. And uh, they had also split them up into different lines uh, for reasons that I'm not really sure why they did that. But uh, they had the superheroes line, which would be the people you'd expect: uh, Superman, Shazam, uh, you know, Wonder Woman. Those those core guys. Uh, Mystery Tales, which would have been House of Mystery and House of Secrets, and probably whatever other Swamp Thing type tales. And then there was their fantasy line, their all new adventure line which was really a new thing for them trying to compete with Marvel's Conan. Um, yeah, a lot of swords and sorcery type of... Uh, yeah, exactly. Of it was it was definitely, uh, you know, 
barbarians and, and magicians and monsters and whatever. And, and uh, they had a few guys on there. Tor, uh, Beowulf had a, had a title, but Warlord is really the only one that uh, I know of that came through the other side uh, of the 70s and was popular still even into the 80s. Yeah, popular enough to spawn a few uh, spin-offs of his own uh, in, uh, like, Arion and, I think, Iraq. Yeah. Might have come out of that as well. Yeah. They also had, uh, perhaps the strangest uh, imprint was the DC TV store, uh, <laughs> yeah. series, um, where uh, there, there were a few uh, DC programs on television like there is today, and uh, including Shazam, Isis, and the ever-popular Super Friends. Yeah. They all had their own stories. Uh, curiously, uh, there was also a Welcome Back Kata uh, series. Yeah, perfect comic property for some reason. You would figure, correct. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that's an odd one. I don't know, uh, I, I really don't know the, 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 the train of thought behind that. No, I don't understand it at all, but uh, I, I do actually have one of those myself, as I mentioned the first time, written by Arnold Drake, which is, yes. really, which is the only reason I have it, but I do find it's, I kind of get a kick out of it. Uh, I do like uh, that they actually they actually speak with they they actually speak with their accents. Yeah, they do. In the book, which usually annoys me, but in 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 Kata, it's it's endearing. It's the, it's their best approx- approximation of Brooklynese in type. So you know, it's they the give Kata. A, they, <laughs> <laughs> up your nose with a rubber hose. What? Where? So. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, we move into 1978. It's a big year for DC. This is going to be the year that the first Superman movie is debuting, and uh, Warner Brothers is really lining up there, really you know, getting pumped up behind the comics. But in February of 1978, tragedy struck when a horrible blizzard uh, fell across the northeast coast and really stopped distribution for DC, and I would assume other periodicals as well, but... Uh, there were newsstands that couldn't get DC product after that for weeks and months. Really slowed things down. Uh, and for some reason, it's unclear to me why, but it seems like Warner Brothers got cold feet. And before this little uh, DC explosion uh, experiment had started, or really had really reached its full fruition, uh, Jeanette Kahn's full publishing plan, uh, they pretty much cut it off at the knees. They fired uh, two members of staff. And they cut the entire line down to I think what was it? They took off like a like a, somewhere between a quarter and a third of their line in like within a month. Yeah, and the, and they collapsed it down only to the most reliable heroes, Superman, Batman. Yes, <laughs> uh, that would have been cool. But uh, you know they they kept the western. They kept uh, probably the I remember the uh, horror comics going on into my young childhood. So they kept those around, but. A lot of these other comics, they went, they got cut. And a lot of comics that were already penciled or inked and waiting to be colored, they got canned also in mid-production, which is unusual. Yeah. Uh, so they, they, they really just cut this thing off at the knees. Yeah, that's why they had to throw, uh, they threw some of them into that canceled comics cavalcade just in order to preserve the copyrights. That's right. Uh, you, you can't really, you can find copies of these online if you're interested. They are feature Stories uh, of characters like Prez and the Green Team, and I think there's even uh, Shade the Changing Man. Shade the Changing Man was, is on is in there. Uh, might be a Firestorm as well. That's right. We 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 did forget forget to mention that Firestorm was part of this DC explosion. Also, this was also I guess when they must have acquired those Charlton characters like Blue Beetle and mm. Firestorm and Shade, and they were just giving them a spin. Uh, but all that kind of got wiped away, and DC really contracted for uh, quite a little while until 1980 
when Marv Wolfman and George Perez began the new Teen Titans, which almost inarguably kick-started DC again, and they became... Yeah, set uh, the standard. Exactly. They started to become more of the company that we would know going into the 80s, doing uh, you know runs by Alan Moore and classic authors like that. So uh, all's well that ends well. Uh, the last thing Chris and I wanted to talk about, though, was to contrast this to the new 52, because when that began... I thought it smacked of this whole DC explosion thing tremendously. Uh, even down to the way they were bringing out all these weird Bronze Age properties like Kirby's Fourth World. And, yeah, O'Mac uh, was in there. O- O'Mac had, had his own title. It wasn't too long before they actually did do a green team title. I think that <laughs> new, which was one of the weirder choices they ever made. Yes. Uh, it, it, it really was similar. You know, they increased the whole line to 52 titles. And I remember when uh, they were talking about all the great new things to come, that was one of them, that they were going to do 52 titles a month. And my thinking was, who are they telling this to? You know? Exactly. I, I don't want to buy 52 titles a month. I don't think my retailer wants to try to shift 52 titles a month from, you know, one publisher. That's a lot. You know, that's a lot to get someone to get, dive in on. <laughs> Even though we're in the direct market, uh, you know we're we're shoulders deep in the direct market at this point. It's uh, it's still uh, shelf space is still somewhat of a premium. Oh sure, um, and uh, and DC is unfortunately not the only publisher that's trying to flood the market these days. Oh yeah, well now we're kind of seeing that again with Marvel, and it looks like DC's doing a Me Too event with Rebirth. It's it's part of the. Part of the uh, part and parcel of the business, I guess. You know, you don't want to have too much image laying, lying around, but. Absolutely. You know, when you when your product is sort of thin, uh, just add some covers. It's not gonna, yeah. You know, it's it's sort of it sort of mess it up. Uh, you know, the difference the difference between the new fifty two and the DC explosion, besides being in two different eras, is that one is like you say, shoulders deep in the direct market. So it's no longer a matter of filling in the gaps of these uh, spurious, you know, catch all, give me eighty whatever comics orders. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to get people to buy 52 issues of comics a month. And follow, absolutely. And follow all of them. And, and that's very uh, ambitious. And you, selfish. <laughs> there is a, I, I agree with you. I agree that, that that is very selfish of you, especially when you're not going to make 52 titles worth following. You know, like yeah. that, that's, that should be your first concern is make a comic that if someone wants to buy every month. Uh, if you got that. Then you got the hooks in them. Now you can start to uh, wiggle the line. But anyway, that's enough euphemisms for one episode <laughs> of Weird Comics History. Uh, we hope yeah, you've enjoyed it, and maybe you've learned something, or maybe you'll be able to tell us something. And you can do that by contacting me on Twitter at Reggie Reggie, or you can contact Chris. I'm at Ace Comics on Twitter, and you can also check out Chris's blog. I implore you to check it out at Chris's on InfiniteEarths.blogspot.com. He does a new review every day of a Really weird comic, usually, where he's writing for uh, other websites, so you should definitely get on his tip and follow it. And uh, if you want to write hate mail or love mail, you can write it to this website, to this uh, podcast, whose email I've forgotten. But hopefully Jim will have mentioned it in the beginning. There's, there's, a, there's a nice little envelope on the, on the website. Where you just exactly. On. That, that'll help you out. So you, since you won't be listening to this without the pod, that other podcast... You should be able to figure it out. Until next time, I'm Reggie. I'm Chris. And everybody stay weird. Yeah, 
Here they come, hey, look out, jump It's the Justice League, the Justice League Superheroes all, always on the ball It's the Justice League, the Justice League It takes big trouble with a capital B A super colossal calamity A tremendous, stupendous catastrophe To bring them all out swinging And when the swing... All right, Eric, that was weird comics history. Was it? Yeah, I actually saw... I do a lot of my notes in Google Docs, and I had it on my uh, iPad, or actually Android pad. I don't even know what the fuck this is. A pad. A pad. Fucking safety pad. I don't know. But I wrote it on that, did not write it on my actual notes, and when I went to look, I had no idea. But it is weird science, uh, weird weird comics (laughs) history. That was DC Implosion. I'm telling everybody who's just listened to it. Uh, I need to remind myself of these things. But it's time for the mail. We have three mails. I said we didn't seem to get a lot of mails. I thought I got a little worried, thought we weren't going to have any, and then I pack it up. Pack it up, pack it it in. Let me begin. We're going to start with Tommy G. He says, Jim and Eric. I'm waiting for a so-called hell of it podcast. What gives? Where is it? Seriously. Where is it, Eric? Where is it? Where is episode three? We're going to have it this week. We actually did record it again. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm telling uh, I hate. I always say that. I'm telling you. <laughs> it just must be that me and you just talking. But, yeah, uh, that first part of it, Eric, it's not going to be included. I don't really? know about you. It was, it was bad. We, we did not start off on a high note. No, I'm that. telling you, I didn't have like the sense of satisfaction no. I had after the first time no. we recorded it. When the we got actual done. main part, it, it is an F, Mary kill, fuck, Mary kill list that everybody always does with these yeah. stupid things. That was okay. It's not as good as what we lost. But that first part, which was hand in the drain porn. Stuck and fucked. It, it was terrible. It was oh. not good. Neither, none of us knew. It seemed like everybody was waiting for the other guy to say stuff. Right. And, it just, and, and then finally, I just said, yeah, let's move on. That's not going to be included. That hit the editor floor, uh, the editing room floor, and that's going to be on a greatest hits director's cut. (laughs) You're going to hear that. Maybe we'll get back to that at some point, but I think that that ship has sailed. Fair enough. Yeah. uh, Tommy G, that'll be going up sometime this week, though I've said that many a time. It's been supposed to go up this this week for like the past two months, I think. Yes, yes. In fact, you said in that there is a F. Mary Kill list that has to do with – the uh, what movie uh, with uh, uh, Morton Mad Jones. Max Fury yeah, Road. Mad Max Fury Road. And you wrote that up when they were getting Oscars. Yep, <laughs> That's how long ago it was. All right. The next one. But yeah, you'll see it this week. Hopefully. Maybe I'll. I did it at the last show. minute. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we we're supposed to get down to it. And I wrote that at the last second just to try to keep it topical for the time. Yeah. Actually really put a good like, fucking date on it. Yeah. I, I even put at the beginning. Yeah, you know, we're not going to talk about the Gettysburg Address, uh, <laughs> Moses. It, it took a long time for us to record that. Next one's from April. Eric. All right. April. You know what usually people named April? They're usually ladies. Yes. We don't get a lot of those here. We're up says, to 11% female yeah, listeners Yeah, I, I did look at the analytics. We're up to 11%. Now it's down to 9 after we talked that <laughs> nonsense about the killing joke. Yo, Jim and Eric. Yo. Just want you to know that you do have some female listeners. And while I thought you guys were sexist jerks at first, I have done a complete about face and just think you are two awful guys who grow up in a backwards town and can't help it. That makes sense. Just kidding. (laughs) I like that you guys don't give a fuck what you say, and while I don't always agree with you, I will support your right to say it. Nice. I also want to take a second to call out the other DC Comics podcasts out there for their complete and utter bullshit. They're always talking about how great every book is until Rebirth is announced, and then they can't wait for June for the books to be better. There's a question mark there. Better. 
but you've been saying each week that every oh, but you've been saying each week that everything's so great. There is a difference between being positive and being an ass kisser. You agree with that? Yes, I do. And being negative and being realistic. Each week I listen to Weird Science and get the honest opinions of you guys without ever feeling like you were shoving your opinion or pushing any agenda other than telling your audience how you feel about a comic book. Business plan. Thank you. And by the way, keep on cursing. I love your website with the awful URL. Love April. April. Thank you. Thank you, April. I agree. I thought of this. It's not the same thing I was saying to you, but I hate that people will. It's it's cool now to badmouth, say, the new 52 Superman. Yeah. And so this new, the Tomasi Super League has come out. We've had two issues. We had Superman 51 and then this uh, Batman and Robin. Batman Superman. uh, Superman 31, I believe it is. And uh, they've been really good. We're going to talk about Batman Superman in a minute. I had a great time reading Superman. It's so shocking the hell out of me. People, when I would share it different places, go online and whatnot, people, oh, thanks a lot for sharing. Who would share New 50 Superman to you? (laughs) Oh, it's bullshit. They have no idea. Either they've never read Superman. I I hate everything myself. And everyone. Yes. But I usually try to learn about it before I yell about hate because I don't like getting called out and not knowing about it. So you don't hear me say that really Shawshank Redemption sucks, right? No, no. I just say I haven't seen it. Unless I get you really angry. Yeah, then I get mad. Or like, like, like I say Labyrinth sucks, and I then so I said much. I didn't watch it, but I had watched it. Yeah. That's where I got the twist there. But no, I hate these people who are bad-mouthing everything that has happened when they haven't been in. I said to Reggie, I was talking about this. They haven't been in the shit, Eric. No. Nope. been in the shit. For a we, long we, time like, now. We came back from Vietnam. We got spit on, Eric. And we, we were never right since. Called baby killers. All these other guys are just sitting in their room typing away about the war. We were there. <laughs> we were in that, Eric. Was that called Future Zen or Convergence? That, that was both Future Zen, Convergence, every bit of Superman. We've been there the, the whole shit. time. That is the shit. Uh, even half of the fucking Midnighter. Eternal. Like it. I don't like it. Eternal and Batman and Robin Eternal. We've been there this whole time. So when we say, hey, you know what? And it's not like you don't hear us say that new 52 is a bunch of bull- Bullshit. I like the new 52. I do too. And I like certain books. I'll never gloss over everything and say, oh, you know what? The Bat books have been bullshit. <laughs> Though I think I just said Superman has been bullshit the whole time. <laughs> but no, I even Superman enjoyed, has been bullshit. Yeah, I, 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 but even like Supergirl. There are points yeah. where Supergirl – I was looking through my reviews of Supergirl to, to kind of – with this uh, Batman Superman because they mentioned Supergirl. And I was looking at the ones I reviewed. I came in late with it. Uh, Because you were doing it. But I did – the first issue I did was a doomed crossover. That's how I ended up getting Supergirl because it was a crossover and you weren't – And you had the rest of the Superman books. So I I think I gave that a 4 out of 10. It was terrible. Next issue, I think I gave an 8 out of 10. It was really good. That started that whole Mike Johnson and uh, Kay Perkins deal. And And then I had – Emmanuel Lupacino. When I did it, I had the Red Daughter of Krypton, which I was not a fan of. No. So we go back and forth. You know, if if an arc or an issue was bad, we'll have things tonight where you are a big supporter of Red Hood. And you get a lot of shit on the site about it. I do. You have fun with it. You have rated that book fairly well. Uh, (laughs) But, well, here's the thing. With you and Red Hood, if you get an issue that's a six, you're happy with it. You go, But that's you, you're not, oh, bullshit. Like, these people seem to just bail. 
Like, oh, you know what? Superman's bullshit. Fuck you. And I'm talking reviewers. And they're, <laughs> they're done with it. And then they come back. Or Eternal. I had all these people. I reviewed every single issue of Batman and Robin Eternal. Got a lot of shit on the site about, you know, oh, you're, you're biased, whatever. No, you know what I am? I'm a guy who's reviewing every goddamn issue. I, you think I'm having a great time here, you people? And uh, at the end, then people all it's, – it's like I had to fucking cross country. All these other motherfuckers <laughs> got on the goddamn plane, flew to the fucking West Coast and just showed up for that last issue. All hey, of a sudden, for- out of nowhere, there was three fucking reviews. The last issue has 20. Jim, Where were they? My uh, my overall average for 11 issues, Red Hood Arsenal, is yeah. a 5.9. Yes, uh, exactly. I said yeah. when you have a six, you're really into it. Uh, one, we mentioned earlier, one of my favorite books of the New 52 was Nightwing. I think I ended up with an average of like a 6.5 because it did get a little hokey. And another book that I loved that we didn't mention was Talon. Which oh, I yeah. loved. At one point, one of the it first got bad things. At the end, but. Yeah, one of the first things that we wrote that I wrote was my favorite new fifty-two books. That was number one. I loved. It was crazy. It. And then it got bad. I'm not going to yeah. pretend that it was good. And these people, it's the opposite that these people. Are, oh, Superman sucks. I'm not going to fucking deal with that. Fuck you. Then don't. Then don't. Just shut your mouth. <laughs> shut Ten your issues of Supergirl that I shut reviewed. Shut your fucking mouth. There. Six point one average. Yeah. See, but you're a negative guy. Not really. You, you I want to have a negative. good time. You know, I wish because all you're getting all this on the roundup. I wish that the roundup number one would give a site total. We've talked That'd about be this awesome. before. Like you can see weird signs and see how much of pricks we really are. I also wish they would give you uh, more. Like you get the overall average. My overall average is a seven five. Right. Mine's a seven. Yours is a seven. I've also done twelve hundred or one thousand two hundred twenty nine reviews. Eric, how many? Yeah, many I have done eight hundred. Oh, eight hundred. Oh, I remember my first review. <laughs> but uh, uh, seven five. That's my average over you know twelve hundred reviews. That's yeah. not bad. People say I'm negative, but yeah, I like looking at this. Like Action Comics, I've done thirty two issues. Seven seven. That's not bad. So maybe I shouldn't badmouth it. Uh, I'm looking there. Uh, Animal Man, five issues, nine two. Great book nice. here. Aquaman twenty one seven five. There we go. Aquaman the others nine issues three nine. I didn't. I didn't even finish that. I'm saying uh, I started Aquaman really off though, and Colin Bunn started. I have ten issues under my belt, and it's five point eight average. Yeah, or like say uh, Batgirl. I I have liked Batgirl a seven. That's not bad. No, yeah. that's pretty good. I got a six point four on Batgirl. Yeah, yeah with eighteen you're, reviews. You're negative, but yeah, I don't even know why we're looking at our reviews and talking yeah. about it. So anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I enjoy just, looking at stats. Yeah. Oh, I love stats. Now I, I don't even know where my notes are because I was going back and forth because, yeah, thank you, April. And, yeah, you got me all riled up. There. Batman and Robin, 11 issues, 8.2. Yeah, it's a good thing. I, we love the new 52. Yeah, no matter how, But yet, if we get an issue, like, like I can love a book. I can say, you know what? This is my favorite book of all time. This is the greatest. If it's a shitty issue, it's a shitty issue. But yeah. if it's a great issue after 10 bad ones, it's a great issue. Damn right. Why do you, these people just yell? People and we'll say that, yell. though, too. Yeah. <sighs> Yikes. Brandon's next. Brandon's the last male. He says, hey, guys. I might be in the minority here, but I enjoy thoroughly the nonsense ramblings at the end of the podcast. You don't have to wait till the end. I'm just rambling now. I'm like some old guy. I'll be sitting on a porch. At, fucking kids. You fucking get me. I'll be Tell like, a, you know, yeah, really. I'll be like a fucking Gran Torino. I'll end up dead. <laughs> Racist? I didn't even see that movie. I don't even Good know what I'm movie. saying about myself. One of you guys said something last week about big wheels, and I have a very similar experience. Yeah, my big wheel is stolen. We weren't super well. You were 15. Yes, we went. Hey, I got to get around somehow. We weren't super well off. And I also, I took off my shirt and fucking prancing around in my hot pants. 
We weren't super well off, and when my brother and I were young, my brother and I were young, but I remember distinctly my Transformers big wheel. My parents Oh, I had me, one. And I loved that damn thing. I had the classic, just the, you know, I think, it, you know, with the seat that popped up, and I think it was orange and black, something like that. We had a stone driveway, and I could fishtail it around the damn yard like I was inventing the movies from the script Fast and the Furious Tokyo yeah. Draft. Bad freaking Lucas Haas out there. Basically, my <laughs> five-year-old self in this beast of a big wheel. I also had a green machine. Oh, no. My friend had a green machine. You ever have a green machine? Never had a green machine. Yeah, my friend did. I rode it around like it was mine. <laughs> uh, well, my mom took me and my brother down to the town pool one day, and I rode it down there like a badass. After a few yeah. hours of swimming, uh, we go to leave, and some dirty, grundle-sniffing bastard had crushed little Brandon's hopes and dreams. They stole my goddamn big wheel. Mine got stolen the day I got it. After hearing your story last week, which in turn jogged my memory, I'm convinced that early 80s, uh, that was some underground black market for these things where their value far exceeded their worth. I always, a lot of other friends of mine like had the green machine and stuff. And I thought at one point, like I had the big money-making thing of the cosplay whores that I wanted to have with you, cosplay hookers. Yes. Um, I wanted to get, in the, I'm sure a lot of kids had this, where I wanted to manufacture and sell big wheel tires. Uh, because remember the main tire in the front? Yeah. It would get that crack. Yeah. And it would ding, and I always thought that I could make a mint. I, that was one of my things. But I, Green I, machine I, looks pretty badass. I just looked I, it up oh, while yeah. That, my one friend had it. What and, do those handlebars do? You can move them for yeah, what? Yeah, they that move like, around. Is that how you pedal? Yeah. You oh, do no, a lot you of got shit. the pedals as well. You know what? Um, does that remind you out of just right now you're looking? Does it remind you of something the Green Goblin would ride? No. It did to me. And I didn't even <laughs> like comics then. I thought it was the coolest thing. That's pretty and, badass. Yeah. Uh, compared to that, the big wheel is nothing. It's so Go on eBay right now and buy one. Damn right. That oh, no. I had a Transformers you know one. They, they do have to have now where they have man-sized I'm, big I'm wheels. I'm sure. Correct? Some of these, though, Somebody look like to. new. Oh, here's one a dude riding. It's a gigantic one. Real, that's not, I think that that would be cool. Like, I actually think it's a motorcycle. Things, all these retro shit, people should be making big-sized big wheels. But uh, no, I had a Transformers big wheel yeah. that like the front kind of transformed and did a little thing. That's what I remember doing. But the one I really loved was this big wheel that had a button on the one handlebar yeah. where you filled it up with water and there was a squirt gun out the front. Oh, really? And it, yeah, was, mine, it, was, it was the most fun I ever had as a mine, kid. Mine, when I got it, it had tassels. The I think the original big wheel had like these tassels yeah. out of the thing. I fucking, those were off immediately. <laughs> there was no way. And it, this thing only lasted a, a day. It got stolen. I'm you guys so had your upset. big wheel, so I had actual bikes stolen. Yeah, well, uh, did I ever tell you the first time I rode a bike and got hit by a car? Because <laughs> my dad was screaming at me, and he did one of those push to go. And where we were in this apartment in Warminster, there was in between the apartments, there was a <laughs> uh, like a, a sidewalk. I remember your apartment straight, building. And it went straight off of the curb into the street. I couldn't stop. I didn't know how. I got hit by a car. Done. Well, I'm telling you, my daddy wasn't always in the picture growing up, so yeah, I didn't really. I didn't learn to ride a bike until I was like six. Really? And uh, my best friends down the street when we moved to Warminster, they taught me how to ride a bike. And I remember my first thing, I was all proud because I'm like, oh man, I can ride a bike now. I'm in their driveway. My grandmother is walking down the road to come pick me up and take me back home. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, Mama, look at me. And then I just went down it, yeah. went into the street and crashed. Yeah, I got hit. And the other thing that was my problem with it, which you'll laugh. My dad did not adjust the seat. I couldn't reach the ground. So I'm there. I'm this little kid. I have a big bike. I freaking jump the curb and then fucking boom. 
And later on, I got a cool-ass bike with a banana seat, the, my second bike, because that bike was ruined. I think it took me years to get another <laughs> bike, I, probably the next Christmas. And I got this kick-ass banana seat bike. Yeah, yeah. And I'm telling the biggest thing, it was such a thrill to me to, to learn how to pop up on the curb. Oh, like, yeah. Go, oh, my God. That, that, that's the good old days. That's, I think when people look back and you're like, man, I remember the good, the good old days was because shit like that was impressive to you. Like now I'm, hey, Eric, you know what I did today? I popped the curb. What, what am the I, fuck are you talking about? I used to ride. We had a big hill down my street going around the block. Yeah. And I used to ride my bike down the hill and then just stand up on just on the pedals yeah. and go around. And as I stand there, I turn the corner just really? with my momentum right there and without right. touching the handlebars. Coolest thing I, I ever did in my life. That was it. I got scared of that. I never could pop a wheelie. I was never good at that. I never even tried. I just went with the bike. And really, once the first time you ride, you get hit by a car. You're very cautious. Yeah. <laughs> I am a very cautious fellow anyway. I remember one time I did try to ride up a grass hill, and it flipped back on me. And I didn't <laughs> like that. And that was the first time that my mom actually heard me curse because the kids were laughing at me, and I, I cursed a mean streak that day. I was like a sailor. I mean, you motherfucking assholes, I'll fucking kill you, you fucking dicks. And I looked around, there's my mom started crying. People laughing at me. Oh, yeah, motherfucker. I'm like, God damn it. No, you're 18. You can't win. You're 18, buddy. You're 18. Ah, uh, where were we? He says, uh, I mean, the other reason that he's talking about his big wheel getting stolen. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. what other reason is there for a sick fuck to take a big wheel on a child? Usually because they're another child who can't, you know, you think you were better off. This guy had to steal your thing. I'm worse off. I He's didn't like, have what did money he get to get for to the Christmas? pool, but I got a yeah. freaking big what wheel What did he instead. get for Christmas? He got Brandon's fucking big <laughs> wheel. Yeah, we went to the pool uh, in our apartments, and everybody, the ice cream man would come, and everybody would run. Yeah. And I, I didn't have any money. I used to get all mad. But I did use the thing, hey, did the ice cream man come yet? And I'd say, I don't know. His eyes are getting pretty glassy. But you boom. That. that was a good one, wasn't it? I did see a guy die in that pool. That, oh, good. Yeah, an old fella, too. He dove, he was underneath the water, and all of a sudden blood started coming up. And then they went down and got him and pulled him up, and he, he was dead. He died now, in the pool. did you ever swim in that pool again? Fuck, I went right back in. Are you uh, kidding they didn't me? Even, yeah, they as didn't even scared clean of it. everything as you are, you what jumped fuck, right what do you back think in. That, what, I think it was fucking hexed? I, yes. I like swimming. You thought that the toilet was a goddamn doorway that to hell. true, but you know what happened at that pool? Did I ever mention how the... Uh, the diving board at that pool was uh, broken. No. My dad went on it. He went to dive. <laughs> he hit the diving. It broke. It broke into the pool. He got so angry, stormed off, and then all I heard for the rest of the time, I lived in that goddamn apartment. We're going to lose our deposit. Yeah, yeah. No, it was the, <laughs> the kids. I'd go to the pool. And, yeah, it'd be real nice if we could go on the, the diving board. The gym's fat-ass dad, bro. Oh, yeah. You ain't living that down. And then I'm just fucking beating the I used to get in fights with people all the time. I don't know why. Actually, I really learned then to say, like, yeah, you know what? He is a fat ass. You should see him now, now that he can't swim. <laughs> uh, yes, I wish it was him who died in that pool, Eric. I wish it was him. He's dead now. Come down. Yes, he is. I really hope those people responsible died from extreme testicle torture. And yes. he says, Manship's rollerblade story last week was comedy gold. I used to deliver papers and rollerblades back in the day, <sighs> but I never had the pleasure of being chased through the streets of Buffalo by a bunch of bigots. Maybe God thought I had suffered enough after he allowed my big will to be taken and to grow up in Buffalo, Eric. <laughs> and here's his books related to you. I'll tell you every time. I was in Buffalo that one day. It was so fucking cold. cold. That's all I ever think it was about. At the think all, it was the odd, the old uh, stadium for yeah. the uh, Sabres, and that was a 
piece of shit. That was so bad. But I'm, I'm guessing that Brendan, because he's a Sabres fan, I bet you he's sitting there thinking, I love that fucking place. Like people here love the vet in Philadelphia. Yeah. That was a fucking that was a rat, hole. fucking infested hole. Everybody loved it. I only read one DC book, which was Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number five this week, and I love that series. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. I actually started doing the reviews on that. I will finish it up. It was awesome. If you like Batman or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's so good. More of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles book. Uh, if you ask me. In Gotham. Yeah, there and there's so many characters show up out of the Damien's <laughs> in this one. You got fucking Raja Ghoul. At the end, you have a fucking all of the uh, Gotham uh, people Arkham in Arkham, Asylum. the Arkham Asylum, all getting turned with the mutagen and the fucking animal. Oh, it's so good. My only minor nitpick would be the splash page at the end. I feel like Joker would give Shredder hell before being turned all mutant, teenage mutant, and it's turtle style he's a snake and then even after being turned would not cooperate with shredder at all i i was guessing that you kind of get a little taken away yeah you know and also if i was the joker you get turned into a goddamn snake you better cooperate or you may end up always being a snake i i don't know i know it's only six issues which kind of sucks mostly because i enjoyed so much but also because i think that would have been cool if we had a little joker versus shredder action thrown in as well uh, there's going to be in the Just for the Hell, but there's a little Eric Shredder action. That was He's one of our fuck, Mary kills. I'm still waiting on the Superman stuff uh, until I get the first four together, and God damn it, Rebirth. Hurry up already. Yeah, he's getting, he's getting the Super League collected. That's about all, really, other than I just keep getting yelled at a lot lately for my mouth by the lady because my three-year-old now repeats everything. So you've got to watch yourself. The other day, I was watching, a, I don't know, Flash or one of those shows, and something surprised me. So I yelled out, oh, shit, son. <laughs> uh, oh, shit, son. Oh, shit, son. Oh, shit, son. I'm in the doghouse now because every time she gets surprised by something, my daughter says, oh, shit, son. <laughs> the, the best, though, is that it's always, that shit's always hilarious. He says, and I left my ass off. Ah, oh, yes, father of the year. It's so funny. That that happens, and you think it's the funniest thing until they say it in front of somebody else. You're going to be out at McDonald's and oh, shit, son. People are going to look at you and shake your head. Today, I had a very similar situation. I was downstairs, and it was very cold today. To me, I don't know. You might have thought it wasn't, but I thought it was a little chilly. I dressed accordingly. Well, I wanted to close. Tanya had one of the windows open, so I go to close this window. Now, imagine you go, and it's like a bit, kind of not a bay window, but it, yeah. the fucking thing started falling in on me. It, like, it <laughs> fell. And I said, what the fuck? And I yelled. And Rafe and Logan, my two youngest, were there. Started laughing so hard because I rarely curse in front of them. My wife is like a sailor. She curses so much. You think this podcast has cursing. Oh, my goodness. So they're like, you've been hanging around mommy too much. And they're yelling <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, you just shut your mouth. But, yeah, it scared the shit out of me. What? And then he's, what's that? So when I was a little kid, yeah. I used to – well, not even a little kid because I was like almost 20, I guess. When I have a baby sister. She's turning 18 now. I used to tell her as a small child that she was You're a – You're saying um, she's legal? She's going to – actually, oh. yeah, no, she is legal. Oh. Fuck off. Hmm. Um, that she – we adopted her from Mexico. Oh, yeah. And she used to say this to people that she was a, she's a Mexican adopted child. Yes. Yeah, and they're like, okay. And All it's right. funny because at one point I thought that they were because uh, one of your other relatives, like your other sister. Carlos? Uh, yeah. And I'm like, you kept saying, and I kept getting them mixed up, and I <laughs> didn't know what was going on. Well, that was like uh, my old job where I worked. I grew up with these people. They had a, a family business, so they would say stuff. There's two things that their mom would say who was a part owner of the business. They 
it was a hydraulics place, but we would make um, hot dogs on Wednesday. And we called it Wiener Wednesday. I came up with the name. I'm like, hey, Wiener Wednesday. It's funny. All the guys will get a kick out of it. So they would come in. And Louise, though, she's like, yeah, it's Wiener Wednesday. We named it after Jim. And I'm like, what are we talking about? Then the other thing was that she would always say, because I'd always, I'd always be at her house growing up with uh, her sons, Pete and Jay. And they would say, uh, she'd, oh, that's my adopted son. So when they would talk, these people would go, oh, are these your sons, meaning Jay and Pete? And she's yeah. like, yeah, that's Jay and Pete. And yeah, Jim over there, he's our adopted son, but he doesn't count. And <laughs> she thought that it was like she was joking. These people would look at her like, you are awful. That's your adopted son and your tra- – oh. and I'd have to yell. I'm across the – no, I'm not really adopted son. I'm just friends with him. And after a while, I just stopped. But they would do that all the time. They had an uncle who worked with us. And he ended up leaving. He stopped working there. And people would come in, like, oh, where's old George? And Jay would say, he's no longer with us. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't say this. These people think, oh, my God, I just saw him two weeks ago. And Jay was like, yep. And I'm like, they think he's dead. He's, and then he just giggled. I just remembered where that whole like uh, Mexican adopted child thing came from. It's because when she was younger, like a toddler, yeah. I was really into uh, From Dust Till Dawn. Okay, and in that, yeah. lot, in that movie, George Clooney grabs hold of one kid. We're in Mexico, you little piece of fucking shit. <laughs> That's and I why. used to do that to my little sister. Okay, and then she and, asked why you were saying that. You, you know. You're yeah. Freaking Mexican. Yeah. Yes. Mexican. Shake it a says, toddler. Yes. Father of the year, Brandon. He says, all right, guys, later, Brandon, at Beamier3660. And hey, Brandon, Brandon, yeah, if you like Brandon, he has a bunch of things. He's been putting up uh, some just for the hell of it stuff. He put up a Saturday review today for uh, freaking Bulletproof Chicken there. Honestly, all it was, it was that uh, cock with a Glock. Yeah. Was his header for that? Yes. I like that. Yeah, I, I put that there. That oh, is, well, I like that. Jim. That is me. Actually, that's just grabbed right from their solicit. Cock <laughs> with the Glock. But yeah, we're going to go up to Brandon. He's going to do a gorilla review for us right now. Take it away, Brandon. How are we doing, Weird Science? Uh, this is Brandon here. We're coming to bring you a Marvel Minute this week. Um, issue chosen was C-3PO. It's a one-shot put out by Marvel uh, under their Star Wars line there. Uh, we got writer James Robinson on the issue with artist Tony Harris. And letterer is VC's Joe Caramanga. Um, the art in this issue is, is actually pretty cool, and it works uh, for most of the spots. Um, and throughout the issue, it, it's kind of reminiscent of uh, Eastman's work on Ninja Turtles um, that Jim reviewed not too far back, uh, if you, if you want to get a reference point of what it looks like. Um, so basically the story starts with this ship that crashes down, um, kind of on this varied environment um, type planet. They don't really name what type of planet it is as far as I picked up throughout the story. Um, so, so you don't really have an idea of where they're at. Um, basically six droids get out of this ship. It doesn't look like there were any human survivors uh, right before it blows up. And you kind of get introduced to each of them. And obviously you have C-3PO. You have five other droids that are accompanying him. Um, and, and what you need to know basically is, is one of them's a bad guy um, that is their prisoner. They're trying to get some information out of um, that he, they were transporting um, before they went down. And then the other droids that are kind of on C-3PO side serve various purposes like security or construction and, and things of that nature. So basically, they're trying to figure out how they're going to get out of here without any human assistance. And they, uh, one of the droids picks up a working um, beacon, 
uh, in another down ship on, on another part of this island. So they kind of start trekking out um, to locate this ship to call for help to be rescued. Um, you you kind of go throughout the issue and you see that the bad guy is a first order droid. Um, he kind of makes some some comments along the way, um, some some cheesy one-liners. Um, tries to kind of turn some of the droids to his side. Uh, none of that really goes his way. Um, as we're going along the story here and the droids are trekking along, uh, the ground starts to kind of separate and, and you see all these spiders start popping up and attacking the droids. So they got to kind of take off and scurry up this hill. Um, one of the droids goes down trying to fend off the spiders and, and saving the other droids. Um, this is where one of the cheesy one-liners comes in and the bad droid mentions um, about the droid that went down to the other droids, C-3PO and company, he tells them, his mistake is my gain. So that's that's my best gym impression of, of doing a, a weird science one-liner there for you guys. Uh, moving along here, um, they kind of encounter a swamp area. Um, and one of the droids is, is a construction droid. He's kind of able to turn into a bridge to get them over the water. Uh, as they're going over the water, um, kind of this octopus-looking thing comes flying up out, latches on to C-3PO. Um, C-3PO is kind of struggling to, to stay on the bridge, and the bad guy kind of grabs a hold of C-3PO and, and another droid, and they kind of start tugging, trying to rescue him. Um, that's where C-3PO ends up losing an arm. Um, so, so that was kind of the purpose of this whole issue to kind of tell you the story of C three C three PO's red arm in in uh, the new movie that just came out, Episode Seven. Um, so he he gets his arm taken off there by a giant octopus looking creature, uh, being saved by the bad guy and some other droid, who then is immediately taken care of um, by a giant dragonfly comes down and swoops him up. Uh, the construction bridge uh, droid, he goes down under the water after taking damage from the octopus. Um, so, so we end up being left with just C-3PO um, and the, the First Order droid as we come into the third act of the story here. We see them kind of going along, uh, staying on their mission, looking for this beacon. Um, and as they move along and, and they continue chatting, they start to kind of like bond with each other and get into some philosophical droid discussions there. Um, as they're moving, they kind of spot a couple ships, and one of them has the beacon in it, uh, but but acid rain starts pouring down from the sky, uh, and, the, and these guys can't be out in that. So, so they take cover uh, under the first ship they, they see, um, and they kind of mention to each other that, you know, they can't stay under the ship too long because the rain's going to melt the ship as well. Um, so through discussion, the First Order droid kind of ends up um, sacrificing himself for C-3PO. You know, he, he uh, runs over to the ship the beacon's in and he kind of rigs it and hits the homing beacon. We find out that he rigged it to call uh, the Rebel Alliance. Um, for C-3PO to be rescued. And as he kind of wanders back to the ship trying to save himself, with what little he has left, he starts coming apart. 
he kind of notices before he was painted black, his original color, uh, his original paint uh, was red uh, before being reprogrammed and everything. Um, and he ends up giving C-3PO the information he needs as far as the uh, whereabouts of Admiral Akbar before he collapses and, and falls into a bunch of different pieces. Shortly after C-3PO is then rescued by uh, BB-8 and um, Poe Dameron, um, and he is kind of a memento to his fallen friend, ends up taking uh, the red arm with him um, to make up for the arm that he lost that the octopus pulled off. Um, so, so as the issue closes there, we kind of see C-3PO reminiscing about the droids he lost um, that were his friends on that journey. and. Um, that's what he has the red arm for, to remember the trip and the journey and the sacrifice the other droids made for him. Um, so, you know, I let you guys know to buy, borrow, or forget the issue altogether. Um, I would recommend this issue as a borrow. Really not, not much happens. It wasn't a horrible story, but uh, unless you're a huge Star Wars fan, it's really also not a much read because it's just a story about how C-3PO's arm is really red. Um, if you guys are interested in checking it out for yourself, I'm going to give you a digital code here. First one who claims it uh, will be able to uh, get the issue on Comixology there. Uh, go to marvel.com slash digital and put this code in uh, to claim the issue. Again, first one gets it. Uh, the code is F-C-M as in man, W-M as in man again. Y, G, Z as in zebra, E as in elephant, A, U, V. Um, so you guys uh, ha have a good rest of the week. Um, back to Jim and Eric. Hey, Weird Science. This is Alex. And I just wanted to do a quick uh, rave. Man, review of the uh, Batman Superman issue number 31 by Peter Tomasi, drawn by Doug Mankey. Uh, yeah, so we open up and uh, we find uh, an ad of Shake uh, Hydro. Um, the Hydro Razors all buffed up with uh, a super cool robotic costume where he's a robot but with a razor his head versus what uh Stick Hydro is calling a old school look strip. I call that foreplay. And there's Superman on the other side flying towards us going to Gotham. But Batman is facing Tusk, character that was introduced I think introduced maybe not, but was a big part of annual number two Batman Superman. That was a good thing Peter Tomasi is that he's always able to sort of put things and always kind of go back to it. He also is very good with making small moments between characters that you'll see. As we go through, there's a there's a page for the DCBS service, which is basically um, DCB service, actually, uh, for discount books, but really you have to buy books like in time and you get a good discount and wait till the end of the month so that you get the uh, flat rate shipping or free shot shipping if you go over $50. They got Superman Wonder Woman as part of their advertisement. 
Um, oh, and here we have Superman arriving, meeting uh, Batman, and uh, he says, evening. Batman says, yes, it is, because he's about to start the night. Uh, we also find ourselves with a, a lovely ass of Loot Crate. Now, one thing about Loot Crate is that uh, if you're running out of ideas for Christmas, just get yourself a Loot Crate and open in front of your family and just start passing stuff. Like, hey, Dad, have this bed and mug. And, Mom, you can have a poster with Wonder Woman saying, you can do it. Um, anyway, so just go on. Um, Oh, there's an Aphrodite Legends of Tomorrow, too. Um, I wanted to just say I watched 15 minutes of this show, and it seemed like it was going to be a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. and Well, anyways, I had something else to do, but it seems like it could be a lot of fun. So I'm really looking forward to eventually watching most of it, probably. Um, okay. Um... um this part was good with Alfred just kind of, you know, thanking Superman in front of Batman. Clearly, he's never really thanked him. And then he kind of gives him a little sad moment as Batman has his emo moment. Um, oh, and then there's an ad for Lumberjanes Gotham Academy. Uh, very, very nice. And Future Quest and Earth One. The Apocalypse, The Fight Between Batman and Superman, Harley Quinn, Superman, goes on. I thought there was something else. Ah, Justice League vs. Teen Titans. Nice movie. And we're back. And we're back. back. It's time for the books. It's the meat and cheese. It's whatever you want to call it. This is the book section. We don't have a lot of books tonight. Me and you uh, had, I had two that we're going to talk about. You have four, correct? Three. Three. And then we're going to meet with Reggie and talk about Harley. But yeah, we did not have a lot of books this week. So who knows? Maybe a two-hour podcast. We're already almost done that already. But yeah, the first book, which to me was the big book, is Batman Superman. And I'll mention, if you want to go read our reviews for these, go to weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com and look at all our reviews, pretty pictures, stuff like that. Uh, you know, more than 70 words. <laughs> Some of these other review sites we were people. looking at, these guys with like fucking three-sentence reviews. I want to do that. Then I'll like have goddamn ten, robots. I'll have 10,000 fucking reviews by this weekend then. All right, Batman Superman number 31, written by Peter J. Tomasi, art by Doug Mankey, Jaime Mendoza, Will Quintana, and Rob Lee. Uh, you know, it continues the Super League story, which I say that. I don't know why I'm saying that because I have that in my first sentence in my blurb. Good. Peter Tomasi continues his Super League story by heading to Gotham and getting Batman involved. While there are plenty of continuity issues in this book. <laughs> We get some great interaction between Batman, Superman, Alfred, and even Bat-Cow. We even even get some information of the new Superman hinted at in Superman number 51, even if Tomasi is not ready to lay it all out for us. Right? Lay it on me. While this issue was a bit darker, continue showing Superman going to his best friends to get his affairs in order before the end. And it's getting the world's greatest detective on the case to find Supergirl this issue. That is what is going on. It opens in Gotham, Eric. Opens and right up. off the bat, there's like issues. Seven, 
we got yeah. some issues. Yeah, there's issues. There's also a weird thing that people were really taken about by this. They're taken back by Superman flying. And it, it actually threw me off a little, too, that he has the green eyes from the yeah. kryptonite still. It's good that I, I – it kind of weirded me out a little. I didn't have to mind too much because that's about the only panel that he has. And Superman calls him out. Batman says, man, you got some green eyes. I think they've already sure disappeared do. by then. <laughs> He's, it's so odd. But, yeah, the continuity is way off. And I noticed this, Eric, just to toot my own horn. I noticed this when we got the preview. And I said to you, hey, you remember Tusk? Yeah. Remember that? I don't mean the fucking song Tusk by fucking, yeah, I forget. What, what about it, the Kevin Smith film no, Tusk? No, I don't mean that either. I'm talking Named after villain. that song. I'm talking about the villain. And he should not have any Tusks. He should Tusk, not be calling himself Tusk anymore. Tusk should be either dead. <laughs> I assumed he was dead or Tuskless. And what I'm talking about is in Batman and Robin Annual number two. Yes. It was a really good story where it was after Damien had died, and it was a flashback, a Dick Grayson as Robin flashback, where in the issue, he was actually flashing back to a flashback almost, yeah. where he was telling Damien about his first you know, big villain. And his first big villain was Tusk, and he had all these problems with him. At the end of this issue, he knocked out the Tusk, the one Tusk off. That got taken off. But then at the very end, the whole issue revolved around uh, Dick finding a package that Damien had sent him, like almost like a package from beyond the grave. He got yeah. this, opened it up, and it was this motherfucking tusk, this fancy tusk. To and basically collection. And basically complete the collection. It was kind of a combo of, hey, look, Dick, you, you couldn't <laughs> stop him? I fucking took care of him. I assumed he was dead. And also just like, it was nice. It was, it was good, an it was awesome a great issue. Damien and moment. Because and, how good it was, that's why it's stuck in our heads. Yes, yeah, that's why we remembered it. It was one of our favorite things. Now, the issue that I have with it, who wrote that issue? Peter J. Tomasi. Yes, he did. He wrote that. So it was very odd when I opened this issue and saw that there's Tusk. He's got, two, he's got his Tusk, his remaining Tusk there. doesn't make any sense. It does not make sense. That is out of continuity. He does it, call out awful. that Dick took his other one. Yeah, he does say that. Now, what's weird is he says you're Brett, and you don't even know which one. Like, yeah. is he mixing it up so much? So I actually sent a note to Peter Tomasi and said, hey, I, it seems weird. I thought Tusk got both his tusks taken off. And Peter J. Tomasi, to his credit, immediately responded to me, we fucked up. He said, we fucked up. I was going to go back and look. I didn't. And that's what happens when you don't do shit like that. So, <laughs> and I said, you know what? I'm not going to make a big deal of it because no. he was completely honest to me. So I did in my written review. I said, hey, we open up. There's a continuity error that's really bad. And I put something like, hey, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Did you spot it? Nobody called out on it. And in fact, it looks like no other review said anything about it. He was really worried. He was bummed out. Yeah, he really, really thought out. like, oh, my bad. God, with this Internet and all this shit, people are going to fucking have my head. I sent him a note back. I'm like, you're fucking free and clear. Nobody, nobody noticed. Yeah. And so we go on. And again, the thing that makes me laugh about this, we said even before we started recording this, you don't need Tusk. No. <laughs> it's just a throwaway villain. And it's a villain that he came up with for that annual. So he's going to throw it in there. He's, it's a cool villain. I think I like he's Tusk. a really cool, um, like a, a, a mobster. Yeah. It's really neat. Uh, but, yeah, it sucks because, yeah, it's it's way off. He should not have that. You, you have a bunch of things. It looks like you got Copperhead there even. I don't know. There's all these crazy villains. Why why did it have to be Tusk? But, yeah, Superman flies in and basically, like, hey, Batman, 
I need you. And then just takes all these villains. Batman is having a tough night. <laughs> he's getting the shit. He's got his new costume on, all that. But he's fighting these guys. He's having. He, he's going to win eventually. It takes him a while. Superman goes, and he does, and I love this. I don't know if it was a call-out, but it's exactly what happened at the beginning of Tom Taylor's Batman and Superman story. When he flew in, he needed to talk to Superman or Batman, and Batman was fighting Clayface. And that's when Superman's like, whoosh, gives him the cut, and done. And then Batman even then said, you know what? You don't have to fly to make me look like it. He does it again. I really like it. I like the <laughs> fact that it really— You realize put- you're officially pissing me off. Yes, and I like that this is something that seems to happen. Whenever Superman <laughs> needs some help from Batman, he just swoops in, stops whatever nonsense is going on in Gotham because there's other things to talk about. And, yeah, he's like, hey, did you bring your car? No, I didn't. And he's good. like, good, because we're flying. And that Batman's <laughs> like, you know what? You're officially pissing me. I, it's so good. I love that interaction between those two. Um, that's the sort of interaction that you get where you don't need them to be gaga about each other. Oh, no. my God, you're my best friend. Yeah, this is best friend talk. And then it gets real. He goes, they go back to the Batcave, and he tells them, basically, I- I'm dying. I'm going to die. Batman right away. Bruce is like, and I'll say Bruce because, yeah, he pulls the cow off. And they're talking, you know, friend. And... He's trying to figure out, like, no, we can try this, we can try that. And so, no, I'm already beyond that. I'm okay. I'm fine with it. I just want to get everything in in line. But it's weird to me. I don't know why Bruce – Bruce mentions Damien, (laughs) and he doesn't mention anything about himself being dead. And I even thought to myself, is it officially dead now? Or was it that he just almost was dying in the Dionysium? Whatever it was, he was going to die. Yes. The Dionysium. I think that he has Dionysium, and he's keeping it close to the cuff. He does not (laughs) want to give it up because I would think as Bruce Wayne, you would think, okay, wait. What what Clark's telling me is the fire pits of the apocalypse, the crypt, uh, the kryptonite that he did, all this stuff, even the Rao stuff. stuff, It's kind of changed his DNA. It's done some weird shit to him. Dionysium seems to reset things like that. It does. It seems to be the perfect solution to me. Now, maybe it's too perfect. That exactly. It, it That's what we were talking fit. about this before the podcast. It's just too easy. I we just, can't have, I hey, wish, I got this. You're cured, by I wish that he said, like, at one point, I wish Superman said to Bruce, like, man, I'm dying. I, I kind of, I'm, I'm accepting it. I want to do it. And Bruce could have just said something like, uh, you know what? I know how that is. But look, there's always a chance. Something like that. Even a throwaway. And then maybe even like, I wish that we had that. Something spelled out that we had the Dionysium or didn't or whatever. Because it does seem weird because he does say, hey, I brought Damien back. But I love the fact that Superman really is, doesn't want help. No. He is okay. He has resigned himself he's to resigned his fate. Dying and he wants to help. And in this, he's gone. And I said to you, it almost reminds me of somebody who is going to commit suicide. And he's going like, usually when they say that, it's people going, I'll, I'll go over to your house and hey, I want you to have all my collection of this. Like starts <laughs> giving away things. But he's going to his best friends to get his affairs in order. And this, he wants to find Supergirl because he wants Supergirl to continue what he's been doing. He wants Supergirl to be the superhero of all this stuff. Uh, the problem is is that they don't know where she is, and she's been, she's been gone. And I like the fact that she's been gone since her series was canceled. Yeah, it actually I actually up, like we, that now. We find out that we, where Supergirl was is right where we left yeah. her when Supergirl and, was know, canceled. I, we've been yelling and screaming about, oh, they should have Supergirl and this, Supergirl and that. Now that this has come about and happened, I actually like it. I love that she has disappeared. And even at the end of her series, Mike Johnson and Kate Perkins series, it was Supergirl 40. 
Um, she was bleeding, and she was losing her powers. And we thought, boy, that seemed like it was going to bleed it, into the truth. It should have. You know, canceled. it was right at the same time. But now I don't mind it, though. I still don't know why she wouldn't have sought out uh, Clark at any point when his uh, freaking identity was taken away. Or why um, Clark wouldn't have sought her out earlier yeah, to find yeah, out to that find she was out okay. She's the same one. That's what we wanted to see. Like, he would go and think boy, maybe it's something with the sun. I better go talk to Kara, see if she's had the same problem. Well, it seems like she may have, yeah. but we're going to find that out. But in the meantime, then it goes, and in Metropolis, there is a fire. And this threw, and I love the way they did this because it threw me off. Because <laughs> there, um, Also, I'll say, at the end of the scene in the Batcave, it's so good um, because Alfred comes out. Now, Alfred also, he said, it looks like he has two hands. Yes. Maybe one's a prosthetic. We're not sure. Also, the timeline, they can say all this stuff about it. Like, oh, by this time, he has this or whatever. Um, but he says to Superman, it's such a, a little line. He, also, Batman or Superman uh, has Titus. Titus is their bat cow. And it's funny when that he's was, like, let me guess. This is a really nice moment. Yeah. So then he's about to leave. Alfred stops him. I'm telling you. It, it gets me a little choked up yeah. because, and it's not. There's no overplay of it. All that Alfred Alfred overheard them says, "I apologize, but you know what? Thank you for everything." And Superman is so happy. He's got and chills just, now. You're just saying yeah. that, and and he, you're welcome. And he ah. takes his hand and leaves, and then you get almost like a mini silent issue where they're standing there, Batman and Alfred, Bruce and Alfred. They're watching Superman <laughs> fly away. And then Superman goes back to the console. Batman, yeah. And, yeah, I meant Batman. I'm sorry. Uh, Bruce goes back, and he just smashes it because he's so upset. And yet he's tried to keep it in. That's that's real. So good. Yeah. And it's it's not like he's like, oh, Superman, oh, my God, give me a hug. That's not Batman. Batman is a a quiet guy. but Sit there and brood and smash shit up. He smashes shit up. Alfred sees and is just like, okay, walks away. And it's, again, it really, to me, was almost a call out to that same thing. Now he has another person that he loves that's going to die. And one of the best issues of all the new 52 was that Batman and Robin 18. That was the silent issue after Damien died. Yes, oh my God, that was so so good. good. And... They it, almost as good as that Dark Knight one, the almost silent, <laughs> almost issue, silent issue when they had that. But no, they, it's so <laughs> good. So you get this little thing, and you, I'm t- you cannot make it any better. Bruce's reaction to me, you can. Perfect. Br- it it's is. Perfect. It's perfect. So at this point, Superman's going off, and now we've already set up that he goes off to just save people. He wants to save as many people as he can before he dies. So you get this where you see Superman coming out of a burning building. And I was thrown off. I, was thrown I did off not know too. that this was not Superman. Even, and even, was, even glowing. I thought something's wrong with him. He's in the fire. He's no, saving I, people. I, I thought it was just a fire like we had in the Man of Steel movie thought. where you had That's the fire on his thought. chest a bit. And he goes up and, hello, Jimmy. And then Jimmy's like, you're wearing an S. And I still, I'm thinking like, oh, Jimmy's talking about like, okay, The truth, the, maybe. The, the truth. I don't and, know. And you, you don't have your identity anymore. But yeah, it seemed weird. Yes, I am. And do I know you? I'm like. What's going on? What's happening here? What the hell? And then I go on, and it still confused me. I, I read this part twice, and then it's one of those, it confused me. Once I saw what was going on, I loved it. It wasn't yeah, confusing to a point where I'm like, oh, that's bullshit. No, I loved it because he cra- it ends up, it's that parolee. From Shawshank, baby. Yeah. He's from Shawshank. He got the powers in the last one. And honestly, he did yep. not look like Superman to me in that last issue. Like, he had the no. S, obviously. He yeah. just looked like he, he had energy around him. Remember, he yelled, I'm Superman. And well, here, here he has, like, a, 
an energy embodiment of Superman yes. where he actually looks like the character just glowing. Yep. He's glowing, and it's like a, a bipolar thing, a split personality, a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Dr. Hyde Jekyll, thing, Mr. Hyde, yeah. Where it looks like this entity, this, this aura of Superman takes him over, and he's going to do good. When this wears off, he's a piece of shit. He, yeah. he tries to kill a kid. Throws a kid off a goddamn building. My guess is that this triggers at any point that it, it you, if anybody's in distress, he's triggered to do this. That's what I think as well. And yeah, he saves the kid that he tried to kill <laughs> and then flies away. And it's so good. Uh, like, oh, my God, that, that's really good. We get a little bit where we're not a lot. And I think where we run through these books, you're going to have each – it, each book has two issues in this whole arc. I think that uh, the first four are all going to be set up, and then yeah. we'll get more of, of the thing later. So, yeah, I don't think we're going to learn about this until next month. Of Feels exactly kind of like the Oblivion happening. Stones. Yeah, but you'll get a little more of it. But yeah, Superman and Batman are going to hang out then. They're hanging out. Just looking, they went to find Kara. They go to New York where she was working at this cafe. The Elixir the, Cafe. The Elixir Cafe. I think that place closed. <laughs> I really thought. <laughs> and it, I don't know now. I really now. thought so too. I I'm thought, looking at it now. It's not. It doesn't no, have to be closed. I but really, like in my mind, Kara could do the work of like hiring yeah, ten people, and then I she left. That, I'm uh, telling I you, close, in my mind, I thought it was boarded up. Like they're <laughs> like, nope. And that's why I thought like. Okay, we're going to move on because they can't even go and talk to people. You would think if it's open, they could go in and talk to people. Like, oh, where'd she go? Hey, I did this. She's in a national city. I'm like, oh, that was I'm like, really? I don't know. That's kind of gets rid of things, though. Like, if Superman and Batman come down in broad daylight to go walk yeah, into a is. coffee yeah. shop to question people. Well, now it's his, you know, they know it's Clark Kent. I don't know. Uh, and if they really wanted to look into it at points in that ending of Supergirl, Clark did go and visit her. Yeah, but nobody's going to be like, I remember Clark like put eight and eight together. But she yeah. must be super they're girl. Like, oh, they're going to go. She's in National City. We're going to have to go there. And in that point, they are attacked by <laughs> the embodiment of the Chinese Zodiac, the four pillars. A lot of people were taken like, love this. I thought it was a little bit of a confusing fight. A little bit. Panel sequence to me. I didn't mind it, though. I liked well, it. It was just monsters attacking our heroes. And honestly, the, Superman's fine. For some reason, the Batman stuff just kind of gets lost because of how dark he is. Yeah, yeah. I just I I'm, I just thought it was a little bit confusing, but they're they're attacking, saying Chosey, yeah. Chosey, over and over again, Chosey, and that I looked up because they really stressed to you, like seriously, yeah, it's Mandarin. You got to so I looked it up, and it's Chosey kind of translates roughly to thank with a gift, and it's weird. I don't know how it's going to be, but they go, they end up fighting. At the end, there's one. It bites. Superman, he's about to do something. It says, why McGuin? My McGuin! And then disappears. And that translates, Eric, in one of my favorite sayings of this <laughs> podcast, actually translates to, hello, mother. I was looking for Dick Grayson. Finally, Dick Grayson gets this fucking thing. He's hello, mother. Hello, mother. But it says that. I actually think that everything it's saying is saying it to the Asian woman who was getting that shit together with this yeah. other so-called Superman of... Uh, China. Now, is that and Dr. Omens? I, that is Dr. Omens. So, yes. And I said in my review, again, a lot of people in these reviews are like, oh, and then they're attacked, and it was really, there was no reason for it. We don't care. How can you not, when you have that whole thing set up in China, last issue, and then you go to this to not think it's related? And I think that they're saying they're trying to thank her Superman, whatever, but they, they definitely were after his blood. They got, yeah, they his, got blood. his blood. They went back, and in fact, I didn't even know, but then I looked at the Action Comics, which is next issue of Super League, and that is about Dr. Omen getting Superman's blood. So I think that's what, what she was after. She's going to continue her stuff in China with that with the blood. 
Um, but yeah, then this issue really is a it's quick weird, read. Though. I'm looking at this. And I can't tell if I'm seeing his eyes being blue or green. Yeah, I don't know if my color fucking, like, the way my eyes are is so fucked up. I'm I just up can't tell. A lot of this through the fight, he is uh, got his eyes closed as I go through it. He's got now, a I'm lot talking about the close-up after they get this blood at no, the end. I'm looking. I'll tell you. He's there. He's looking. No, at, even at one point when he's saying it's northern dialect. Right. When Batman says it's Mandarin. Uh, look at that when he says northern dialect blue. He's big blue eyes there. It's a couple pages before. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, he, it's weird. They just disappear. And there's a lot of issues with this, and I don't care because I loved it. No, and, I'm th- and this is what Batman yeah, no, the Superman book. He says a big gash, but it's already healing slowly. Yeah, that's he's what I'm talking got, about. Yeah, he's got blue eyes. Then okay. they go closer, and they look a little green. I don't know. That's the thing. I can't tell. <laughs> and then the next one, one looks uh, – he looks like Marilyn Manson with those two fucking eyes differently. <laughs> He's like, oh, we got to get to National City. But they, he even says, like, oh, man, I, I usually don't bleed this easily. And I think that was supposed to throw you off to make it seem like that whole scene was just to show you how depowered he's becoming again. Right. Yeah, I think they're grabbing his blood. They took it away. They teleported out. The others blew up. I'm telling you, we he have Chinese freaking – like, what are they – what are they, demons or uh, These elements? Guys, they are the four pillars, the embodiment – of the Chinese Zodiac. Yeah, you know what I, I wish they just, were? What? The freaking guys in the big old hats and fucking Big Trouble in Little China. They would have been good. That's I what I like want. But no, guys. um, we have these Chinese Hello, fucking mother. four pillars. We know that this freaking Dr. Omens was in China yeah, in the last issue of this story arc. It, uh, Put it together a little bit. I'm telling you, it's not like I'm a fucking rocket surgeon. No. Like we said, I just like, hey, they're Chinese. They really spell it out. They're really <laughs> spelling it out to you. They're really trying to get you to go and look this up. But yet all these people want to just get done these reviews and move on. I, I it just seemed like everybody's like, oh, they, they have this, and yep, Superman bleeds, and I don't know why they threw these guys. And really, you don't know. You, huh. you don't know. Uh, even if it's a MacGuffin, Eric, it's Seriously. still, you mention it. But then they talk about, we got to get to National City, and they show Supergirl, and I think that you are definitely supposed to be led to think that she is captured. I don't think so. No, that's, what it, she, one, that's what it looks like. Yeah, I think that she is there, because when you really look at it in the way where, think of it as her... Wanting to find out why she's becoming depowered. Yeah, she looks like she's being scanned. Yeah. It, she is, doesn't look like she's tied down. She's no. just in a machine. I think that that's, a, you know, the DEO, whatever. Wherever she is, but it did hint in one of the things and maybe even the rebirth or whatever. I thought it was one of these issues where it says you'll never guess who Kara's gone to to, uh, to figure out about her power. So you can guess at that. Uh, to me, it seems like Lex, but I don't think he'd be in National City, right? No, I wouldn't yeah, think so. so. I think it's just he, wherever she is and trying to get her powers back, but that's what I think's going on. I, I it's don't probably going to be the DEO. We're going to yeah. start off with I this whole National DEO. City bit and, and like get her close to the TV show and as we've had can. This, we've had this where in this um, story where I think that Tomasi's doing a really good job is I really like it. You had started talking about it before we went back to the play-by-play, but this is the Superman everybody's been yelling for. And it's this so good. And the, the interaction between Batman and Superman in this issue is should be what we've got should have gotten all along for Batman and Superman. Yeah, and, and the weird thing we've gotten this now in a couple issues in a row because we just Com- got and we had Tom Taylor's yeah. Tom Taylor, great, and into this where yeah, these people who anybody out there who has bailed on Superman, like oh, I don't like Superman, oh I, I got burned by that Grant Morrison action comics, or I liked action comics when Greg Puck joined in, but then they got involved with the truth and all that. Come back to it because it's really good, and it definitely, what I was getting at as well, 
this is definitely one of those books where it is leading to rebirth. Yes. You're getting the Chinese Superman probably. That's like the biggest book leading the rebirth. Yeah, I believe like that we're going to see – Even more than Dark Side. Yeah, we're going to see Lois probably get the powers by the end of this. All this stuff, and yet it's not forced. It doesn't seem no. like it's rushed. It doesn't seem forced. And I think it's because this is one guy writing the story that he was allowed to set up and go into. These other books, which I'm telling you, the next one is one of the ones I think the most, which is Red Hood, is where I think that – it just, hey, you know what? We're going into rebirth. You have to do this, this, and this. You got to wrap it up. Get it. Yeah, this he's allowed to tell a story. And Peter J. He's kicking it. He's kicking it, Eric. Kicking it old school. This is the reward he has gotten for being fucked over so many goddamn yeah. times. And not you know only what? between it's the, the reward detect- we're getting. And I'm telling you, it's not even the detective shit. Even going back to Batman and Robin, yeah. Grant Morrison said, oh, Damien's dead now. Yeah. Oh, I guess you're fucked over here. Yeah, really. You have a book that's based on that. M was one of your favorite books. That was. If any book got Earth us two and Batman the, and Robin, and Batman and Robin was the book that kind of got me and you both back into this, me into comics and you because you got that. Oh, and yeah. I remember you telling me we were at work and you're like, "It's so good," and you're telling me about Damien. I didn't know anything about it and, and stuff like that. And but you're I like, did not it's like so Damien good. before that. No, you yeah, and you're like, "It's so good because he's this killer and he's got to learn." And Batman has to be a dad. And he got his redemption, so kind of like Joker's daughter almost did. Yes, and it was so <laughs> it was so great and. uh and yeah, they fucked him then. They're like, oh, by the way, we're going to kill him because I came up with him and I came up with this whole deal. I'm going to kill him. And then you. So you don't have a series anymore. So you have Batman and Robin without Robin. <laughs> it really fucked. And that was one of the better books. And yeah. Um, this, though, I have at the end about how many people I fought online. I already talked about that. The art, <laughs> I like the art here. It's not as good, oh, as, I really like not as, good as Mikhail Yannon's last week yeah. in Superman, but it's really good. And I like that this is a little bit darker story. And the art, appropriately, is a little darker. You have that. Gotham is a dark place. So sure is. On there. Um, but, yeah, next issue uh, in the story will be next week. I'll be doing actual comics. And, yeah, that'll be Supergirl. We'll see what's going on. Hopefully we'll get a lot of uh, her telling us what went on and why she didn't. I hope he explains it. He's done a good job I, now. I can't wait to see Supergirl again. Yeah, and we, we talked about it. There is some There are some issues in yeah. this, continuity-wise. But... We are you're you're worse than me. You're a so, continuity whore, but you have to admit that Tusk. It doesn't matter. It's no. a shame that he. It's a, something he wrote, and it was a big moment that me and you both loved. That's why. Maybe why don't people remember that? It was such a good issue. We ended up such, talking about it for it a long time like after the, that. At that point, we didn't know. We figured Damien would be back maybe eventually. I don't even know. I think me and you were like, nah, he's gone. <laughs> and at that point, that was like one of the last things that you got from Damien because it was a gift that he sent and it arrived after so his death. So goddamn good. Oh, it was such a good issue. That Batman and Robin Annual 2. If anybody, just go back. That's one you could just jump on and read. And it has freaking Batman and, and Dick Grayson Robin. There was a lot to like in that issue. But yeah, this one I liked a lot. I gave it an 8-9. Um, I didn't think it was as great as Superman 51. And I think I said I'd give that like a 9-9-5. I yeah. think you gave it a 9. So I, I kind of went like a little bit below. I loved it. I love it. Anybody who likes Superman should come back and read it. And I think I'd give this an eight point five. Yeah, and mo- and I'm telling you, even with that, it's it's an awesome goddamn yeah, book. It's really uh, most good. of the thing I have to take off some just for that continuity shit. Yeah, you're a continuity whore. But and I'm telling you, it's a great issue. Yeah, it is. Uh, the next issue, I don't agree. That is very good. <laughs> Nobody agrees. I know. Red Hood Arsenal number eleven, written by Scott Liddell with art by Dexter Soy, Jose Villarubia, and Dave Sharp. Dave Red Hood. Yes, Dave, Dave Sharp. Sharp. 
Red Hood and Arsenal just seem to be treading water here by tying up all the loose ends on its way to rebirth. Arsenal has the same old dream that we've never seen before, but when he's about when he killed his former team, the Iron Rule, and then goes off in pursuit of them because he knows that they survived somehow, and Jason finds out that Dula Dent isn't on the up and up and shoots her. Yeah. So we get. This is what I was saying, that this one seems to be like, listen, this is what we're going to do. Like, they have a meeting. Hey, Rebirth's coming, Scott. Um, this is what we need to do. We've got to get this Joker's daughter the hell out. And he's probably like, you motherfuckers, you're the one who forced her in. I don't like this fucking character. So, like, you've got to get rid of that. Somehow Roy has to deal with something that he gets upset and leaves, and Jason's got to be so fucked up that he's going to add fucking Bizarro and <laughs> Artemis to this fucking thing. It's so weird to go from this into that. We've got a clean house, uh, Boy, fucking Scotty. This is a clean house. house. Like, you, you, you start with this fucking thing with Roy. It's the cheesiest fight. It, it is like a really bad C fucking movie. Like, this is straight to video. With like, Dolph this. Lundgren would start oh, this now. Do- I think Dolph Lundgren laughs at this now because, yeah, he's like, <laughs> you know what is it? I arrived too late to the massacre. It's so bad to stop. Fires were still raging. Smell of blood and burning flesh lingered. I, really? You mean the really, iron rule wasn't yeah. on the up and up? Oh, yeah. The iron rule, they, they weren't <laughs> there for good. I said, I'm reading this, and there they are. They're like, hey. And also, they're, they're in a pit. They yeah. seem to be all upset. The people in this issue do not know when to fucking lie. And get the fuck, get the safe ground at one point because it happens later with the Joker's daughter. Like they are in a pit, and he's like, "God damn it, you could have waited." And th- these guys are trash talking. Like, hey, fuck you, Roy. We're not doing that. Hey, please. Hey. We're gonna rule these people better than they ever been and, ruled before. Yeah, and like iron like iron rule. <laughs> and yeah, it's so cheesy. And he gets upset, and he's like, "Hey," and basically sends them, them to their death. He's, yeah, he said he uh, freaking hacks a like U.S. An drone and, and sends a bunker buster, which I had to look this up too because um, are those, those real fat bombs? That's the thing is, it's it's a bomb, that, a missile that goes in and busts through something, then explodes. But I had an issue because in Gotham Underground, we find out that the Iron Rule are undead and they have some kind of weird powers. You know, I'm yeah, like, how yeah. did they, how did this happen? Yeah. And we see that Roy kills him by sending a bunker buster in, and I'm guessing the radiation from that, because apparently yeah. they do give off radiation, which I wouldn't know, but is this a nuclear strike? Because Roy did not seem that far away. No, he, 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 and he even says, but I, I'm telling what's weird about that is as we're going here, I actually even thought to myself, like, boy, he's sending a nuclear bomb. I don't <laughs> know if he says it, or I don't know why I thought right away, and that was before I even put two and two together to think, yeah, they're, they're going to have to be some sort of mutants. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, you didn't fucking. Yeah, they survived guy. this gigantic explosion. I guess they they said before that they are dead. I don't know if they actually are. They yeah. look dead, and now they have superpowers. And because Roy, I don't even remember this from the issue, and I did not go back to look. He says, "I saw something in the Gotham Underground, and I think it was this guy. It didn't look like that guy, but I know he's alive." Yeah, yeah. It's, what? It's, it's so and then we, I'm sorry, places and we had this whole thing where Roy kills them, and it's all a dream. It's like that same old dream again. Roy, I have been reading your books for how long yeah, now? I have yeah, never heard well, you talk about he, this dream. He wakes up. The guy's got a sandwich on his stomach. His things are wrecking. I'm looking. Fat Number one, nap. I even got upset because he has a dartboard above. A, why do you shoot arrows at a dartboard? That's you're a badass. That's a dick move. But I'm looking now. He also shot an arrow through the light switch. It's so ridiculous. Why is he shooting? He can't get up and turn off the light. 
Jesus Dude, you're a lazy Christ. guy, too. Come on. I know. He's there with that sandwich. You send your kids to go turn off yeah. the light. But he's, he's yeah, there he is with this fucking iron rule. And then you get like a little, hey, we were, we were called it, going on and on. And I put my notes. I was so angry because I'm writing this in my notes. I hadn't read this. And as I'm going, I'm like, okay. They're like, hey, they turned bad. I'm like, they're called the fucking iron rule, fucking Roy. <laughs> Why don't you think they're going to go bad? And then it's like. That's why I came up with the name. I'm like, oh, no, Roy. You came up with the name Iron Rule. And it, he says it. And I'm telling you, it's so weird. He's like, we called him the Iron Rule because we had one ironclad rule, no matter the job, to leave things better than the way we found it. That is such a convoluted way to get to this Iron Rule. Who are you guys? The Iron Rule. Okay, you're going yeah. to rule with an iron That's what clad. I think it no, is. Hand. He's going to come in with an iron, iron we fist. We rule with yeah. an iron fist. You know, you, if you don't like it, we kill you. And they're and, already running away. Yeah, they're running. And he's like, no, no, we have no. one ironclad rule. And it's such a long – it's like – when you tell a joke and, uh, and then you have, and you to, have go to go through the whole thing, you, you understand that. The joke is that these guys went into a bar, and usually a rabbi and a, and a rapper do not go into a bar together, and that's funny. And, yeah, I'm t- I thought that in this I was writing and I'm thinking that it's like the, the, hey, hey, what's your gang called that you just came into town? Yeah, we're called the Ass Rapers. Oh, my God. <laughs> they run. No, no, no. no we no. want to stop it. We're against ass raping. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Who calls themselves that? They're running away. They, they don't even uh, wait. It's anything like this. Why Why would you call uh, But even though I'm telling you, we have this dream that leads Roy. Ruler. The ironclad rule. Leave it better than when we found it. Yeah, it's so long an explanation. <laughs> We're called the, the Justice League who likes to, I don't even know. Like Justice League, there you go, you're for yeah. justice, that makes sense. I got you. Batman and the Outsiders, hey, you know what, they're, they're not really, you know, in with the in crowd. <laughs> the iron fucking rule. Go on, well, no, I'm, I'm telling, telling you, I hate this fucking it, issue. I'm just saying, the iron rule is the worst part, because even in the Gotham Underground, I didn't give a shit about them, and no. I give a shit, even less of a shit in this issue because they're just boring. They're and just over-the-top really, kind to of me, fucking if, Merc if characters. he's looking at them right now, because that's when he's like, I think I recognize them. That's where he's like, the sunken <laughs> neighborhood not. beneath Gotham. Doesn't even say the underground. He goes, fucking nether is the sunken neighborhood beneath Gotham. Fuck you, Roy. And he's – if I said to you right now, oh, you know what? The, uh, the ironclad end up getting their heads – they get decapitated. Uh, <laughs> you wouldn't care, Right. If I said to you, oh, you know what? Those Iron Rule at the end, they end up getting ass raped by the ass rapers that showed up, this new uh, superhero team. But I thought they were against ass raping. Yeah, well, they are, but you know what? You get, they're like the, uh, the leukosvirus uh, things. You have to get it out there. Like when they were turning people into wargs because the warg, I don't know. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm tying it into fucking Green Arrow. But no uh, – it's just it's nothing to me if everybody on that iron roll right now got blown up to bits i could care less i don't know who they how are weird, it doesn't make weird. anything Nobody does. no it doesn't i don't roy he just sees people i think he he thinks all he walks down he gets a fucking coffee he's like, i think that's part of the iron roll <laughs> the guy sees the iron roll everywhere it's a goes. dog yeah <laughs> it's a mailbox oh my god he was turning on mailbox from that atomic bomb oh goodness great but no i'm telling you roy wakes up i know they're alive i have to find them mm. and then we have roy go to his old broker that used to give him and his iron rule gang jobs yeah. and he's like and, i know oh, 
And I'm sorry though, he finds out where they are, but it's all a big ruse because the Iron Rule are just waiting there for him. For some reason, they know that he's going to come looking for them yeah. at this place. They've been How waiting long this whole have time. they been waiting there? They don't have anything to do. They're the Iron Rule. They have one ironclad rule, and that's to wait for Roy. That's all they're going to do. They play the long con. It makes no sense. It was it, stupid. It, it, was... This is, I guess to me that this all leads to Roy saying to Jason, listen, this isn't working out for me. I have a lot of sins of the past. Uh, you know what, Dick Grayson, just call me. Because there's also another thing that's weird when he's like, something must have happened recently, like with the Titans. Oh, you and I'm like, when, just... this, when could that possibly happen in this, in this I was series? thinking so. Uh, how could this possibly what, he just, I know that they kind of go off on their own ways, but what, he just went off on a fucking crazy shit that, and never mentioned it? It, it makes no sense. It's another thing that's now, just The worst part in. about this is I actually want to have information of what Roy did after he left Green Arrow originally because we don't have yeah. a lot of that. Yeah. And I just don't care about this. And you get the stupid – you do get a little thing Iron where Bo- he's talking though when he's like, I used to say that I didn't have a drinking problem. And like, okay, you know, you're not going to get me by tying into this shit. Next you're one not you're going to tell me that anything. Jason was killed by the Joker? Get over it already. Come on. Move yeah. on. Oh, really? Because then you move on and then there's Dula and – and Dula, yeah. it starts off really good. Dula is talking with Jason, and you get the idea she's going to start school the next day. And I actually like, was originally excited. I'm like, this could be fun. I, the only, I didn't like the fact that she looks like she's 30. <laughs> I know that she's, she's not She's had a rough life, be, baby. But boy, she's big. But it goes back. She's and lived they, in a sewer for a while. If you want to talk about continuity-wise... Really good because yes. we have learned all all these times. They had two Joker's daughter fucking specials. They, remember they well, the had... first one in Villains Month is what I really called back to because the only yes. thing about the book I liked was her backstory. Well, where and then they us. redid it again with Marguerite Benet did it again, and it was basically a retelling of that I don't same know I read that one. <laughs> issue. And I believe that uh, the one that you read, the Villains Month, I believe it might have been Anne Nocenti. Did it. Uh, but Marguerite Benet uh, redid it then for like a, a special. Remember they yeah. had that Lois Lane special? Yes, out of and the Joker's daughter. I think it was Marguerite Benet because I think she also it did. It was. Yeah, so they had that and you got this as well. You always get this with Dula where – and I love it. I love the fact like she's – even then, remember the one you read, I believe the big thing. You did not like that. No, you I like that part. But remember it was – they had that crazy-ass dog. That fucking mutant ass yeah. dog, and like we had a little puppy that was so pretty, and it was fucking mutant. You didn't know if the dad killed him, but oh, through that whole issue, yeah, no sort of he flash- was on that. Yeah, any sort of flashback you got was like, and my mother and father loved me, and they'd cower in the corner and stuff like that. It's never what she remembers, and that continues here, which I really like, where she's in school now. You're going back to school with who's letting her back into school? You tell me that right away now. She looks like she's killed somebody. She's beating the shit out of everybody. Who's letting in the poison school. ivy work at a goddamn yeah, botanical but at least garden? She kind of tried to change her identity. This is <laughs> no, dual. she didn't. I and I, I it was Pamela Isley. I even forgot. Yeah, I think that the, you know people have that same name. That's a very common name in Gotham. Pamela Isley. That's like John <laughs> Smith. I, I always forget that. Uh, where we were talking earlier about the, uh, I forget what that, what is that condition when you have two eyes, different color? Because Dula does have that. I no idea. about that because I see. But she looks old there. But yeah, they're going to let her back in the, the school. The glucose virus. Why would you let her back in school? But they show, and at one point, she's like, hey, the principal, he even like me, and I'm, he's running. They, he, they used to call him Crazy Joe. <laughs> now they call him Batman. Okay, he's running with a bat. Uh, look at that bat. Are you looking at this? No. The bat looks like it is like made of rubber. 
it is weird. They, All they, they had was a prop bat from yeah, the drama I think department. They, did. they grabbed that, and then she was in a fucking straight jacket. But hey, you kids got to go to school. I think yeah. she's thirty. But all this is her talking to Jason, and you like this part. I hated it. I, I think it's the it best part rushed. of the book. I thought, well, yeah, that's the fucking tallest midget in the circus <laughs> because they're talking, and you go from, yeah, I'm looking forward to telling everyone I've been living under the streets of Gotham, and I'm ready, and I'm Maybe wearing a dead face, and they're laughing, and he's like, hey, I wouldn't open with that. Hey, I don't even mention my new best friend is the Red Hood. Ha <laughs> ha, and that's fine. It's a good time. It just changes drastically within two seconds. Hey, this is a big transition duel. You know, you want to do that? Are you ready? Yeah, I am. And uh, you know what? I really like the Joker. And you know what? He killed you. And me and you should go and kill people. It's, in my mind, it is not that cut and dry. In my mind, Jason is really trying to give her the benefit of the doubt here. Mm-hmm. He knows that she has been lying to him. He, she, no. he knows that she went and got the Joker face again. But look, Dula. I want you to be redeemed because if, yeah, but he, he, that even, if he, he tells a story about his mom smoking and getting the shit kicked out of her by her by his dad. Yeah, he was just telling about how he knew she was lying. But yeah, but that's what I'm. And basically, to me, he's his dad now. He's the dad that came home and caught the mom no, smoking. Jason keeps his promises. Yeah, but still, he is the dad in this situation. He just said my mom used to lie and say she didn't smoke, but you know what? He could always smell the smoke. She didn't notice it because she was always around it, just like you. You piece of shit. You had that thing. Now I'm going to beat the shit out of you like my awful father. That basically is what he says. He is the father that he's talking about. He has caught her in a lie about the joke, and now he's going to shoot her. No, that is not why he's going to shoot her. He only shoots her because she goes full-blown Joker's daughter again. And look, I'm going to shoot you if you don't come with me and be my sibling and do the Joker's work. Well, he says, I I have one, did you lie from us day one? No, uh, I wasn't a lie. I didn't. And he's, shut up. Just shut the hell up. He's He's not a nice guy now. But again, he has set this up with a story about, he's threatening her by saying, if you're lying, I'm going to beat the fucking living shit out of you like my dad did to my mom. No, he he told her right off the bat. He told her right off the bat when she first came into the series, if you fuck this up, I'm going to shoot you. But in this point, is he not saying that liars get the shit kicked out of him? That's what no. he's told her. He is just telling an anecdote that goes with this uh, situation. That goes with exactly what she's doing, like his mother, who got the shit kicked out of her. His mother was an idiot. No, I tell you, this is so rushed and I like the top. It, I hated it. This actually, I don't like any part of this issue, and this is just as bad. I, I didn't notice that there was a boxing glove arrow, though. I see that now. Uh, but, yeah, then that's back with Roy. But this whole thing with Joker's daughter and Roy, because then they go back. And I, the whole time they're sitting on a fucking fucking soccer goal. Yep. I don't even know what's going on. But, yeah, and they're like, hey, you know what? And she's like, yeah, you know what? You should come with me. Puts on the mask. Puts on the Joker's face again. Uh-huh. And then Jason lets her hug her. I don't know what's going on here. But he says, you know what? We were reborn just like you. Come on. Hug me. And they're hugging. Why are they hugging? Because Jason knows Jason what he's going to do. Yeah, I did. No, he doesn't know yet because, like you said, he I don't knows think what he was going to do tell. anything until she pulled the gun on. Because then she's like, come on, come with me now on your own, and I promise. And she says, promise what? You know what? The son Chad, blah, 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 pulls out a gun is going to shoot him. He blocks it and then shoots her. Uh-huh. And it just, it's not, it, I don't think it's any good. It, this is, I know this is like me saying that at the beginning of Batman and Robin that uh, Batman said, but in the part you were getting this thing with Dula where you were getting some character work and all that. Yeah, I just, enjoyed it. This erases it all. It's it just does. done now. And it's, it's stupid. 
except that she's not going to be in the uh, rebirth of this book. That's all that is. That's yeah. I can't like this because I think, oh, you know what? They had to do something to get her out. It, it's awful. All this stuff we I have really liked would have the liked the redemption. Daughter. But yeah, but there is none now. I know. I'm saying I really no, would have liked one. There's nothing. Why couldn't they have changed their fucking character? Why up couldn't he have called her out on this mask and her say like, "Hey, you know what? I was I I don't like that. I just had it just to remind me." And then they go to walk away, and she's smiling like it's almost like oh, her inner face. But uh, but why couldn't you just have that that you go on because there's a couple more issues where you don't know if she's done this or that, and then you get to a point where it calls it out that she's got to make a decision. She saves them and then leaves. She goes, you know what? I am a better person. I don't need you anymore, and leaves. But, and, and it may still happen. In the future solicit, she's back. I, I didn't look at them ahead of time yeah, before I reviewed this. Joker's daughter's endgame's revealed as she shows that she's not only... It seems like a solicit for every issue for exactly. the last couple... But, yeah, she seems to be going back and forth. I don't think that she's dying. I don't think she's going to die from getting shot. I don't even know if she really was shot. That's a trick shot. You don't see That's a, a paintball gun is yeah, what you're telling she's me. She's there. It's a paintball. It's, and then you're fired. <laughs> I don't want to work. <laughs> I, I want to talk to the HR of the outsiders because you do not want to get fired there. I, I don't want to get fired. But, yeah, the cliffhanger at The outlaws? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be fired outsiders. by the outlaws. Did I say about? outsiders? I meant the outlaws. I do okay. not want to be part of the outlaws because when Jason decides you're well, done, I think I even he put shoots my, you. I think I put in my review though when Roy was riding away. I imagined like after the like the panel cuts, like like I hope you enjoyed your last paycheck. Don't blow it all in one place when he hit the fucking bomb. Or like <laughs> yeah, well, this partnership is terminated. Roy's just as bad. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this job was a real bomb. <laughs> He's off. <laughs> I don't know what what would Jason say to uh, Dula. Hey. You're fired. <laughs> yeah, he does say. That. I know it's perfect. He's like a bloody good job. Well, you gave it a shot. <laughs> That'd be good. But yeah, I would probably give this. I, I said to you while we were off off air, if you will, that it's tough for me to give an issue under four anymore because I did kind of like the art. The art does remind me a bit of the Titans Hunt book, especially Roy's stuff at the beginning. So the art was okay. It wasn't so I didn't really great. get that much. I actually feel yeah, that this I... really feels like a 90s book to me, like in the middle to late 90s. And I think it really works for the grittiness and violence of this book. I actually never picked up on Dexter Soy's style like this. I'm telling you, if you look at that, fir- at the first thing where you see the tattoo and all that looks to me almost exactly how Titans Hunt started with Roy. Right, it just looks like it to me. But I didn't even like the art that much. It was. Okay. I liked it. I thought it worked well for the book. Yeah, I, four out of ten is five the out of ten. I would give this. I, I actually, I was reading it and I fucking just hated it. I hated every <laughs> bit of it. This might be one of my least favorite issues of a shitty series that me and you tend to like. Yeah, but, I uh, want to like it. It should yeah. be fun, and it has been fun periodically. Yeah, this just to me wasn't fun, and and oh, basically the stuff that I really liked, it kind of got rid of with Dula. That was yeah. the one thing that I had been enjoying and it kind of erased that. We'll see what goes on. Maybe this was all a test. We had next issue where like, or Jason's like, you know what? You passed. What do you mean I passed? You didn't die. <laughs> and then she goes to school and Batman shows up. Excuse to call him a crazy joke. But we're gonna she go goes to now. Gotham Academy. Yeah. Oh, my God. She would go there and people would be just dead instantly. <laughs> There's maps. Hey, I look. <laughs> Slit throat. Ah. <laughs> That fucking book goes dark. Uh, yeah, that's part of the yearbook. Yeah. All right, but we're going to move on to Shut Up My Shows Are On, which has one show, right? Shut, yes, one show this week. That is what? The uh, 
Legends tomorrow. Legends tomorrow. Legends of tomorrow. But yeah, we're going to go to that, and then we'll be back with Green Lantern Core Edge of Oblivion and Earth 2 Society, Eric. So we'll see you then. Just listen to the old Pork Chop Express and take his advice on a dark and stormy night, all right? When some wild-eyed, eight-foot-tall maniac grabs your neck, taps the back of your favorite head up against a barroom wall, and he looks at crooked in the eye, and he asks you if you've paid your dues. Well, you just stare that big sucker right back in the eye, and you remember what old Jack Burton always says at a time like that. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir, the check is in the mail. Oh, I can listen to you talk all day, but shut up. My shows are on. This week, our TV seems to have let us down yet again in that we only have DC's Legends of Tomorrow to look forward to. No Arrow, no Flash. There might have been Supergirl, there might have been Gotham, but I don't give a shit about them shows. All we get is DC's Legends of Tomorrow. And while I like the show enough, well, a little bit more. Alright, let's get this thing started with DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Episode 11, The Magnificent Eight. Who the hell are you supposed to be? John Wayne. <laughs> Time travelers got in a lot of trouble. Mr. Max. John Max. DC's Legends of Tomorrow. All new next Thursday at 8, 7 central on the CW. Even though I'm a sucker when it comes to going back to the Old West, I can't say that I was too fond of this episode, even though I was looking forward to Jonah Hex as well. It was like a big draw to this uh, like episode for me. We're going to see Jonah Hex. It's going to be fun. It's going to redeem the goddamn movie. But I did not care for the actor playing Jonah Hex, and I just didn't care for the way that Jonah Hex acted in this episode. Especially everybody else as well. Everybody is still fucking up time. We go back to the Old West because this is a special point in time where the Time Masters can't accurately see stuff. You know, it's one of these, like, uh, blind spots in time. And they're hiding out from the Hunters, who are coming, the Time Masters are sent to kill them. And they just keep fucking up time. They just can't lay low. They gotta do all this shit. Fucking Dr. Stein has to go and uh, save a little kid, which is fine. But still, just stick to yourselves, guys. I know you're heroes and all, but shit. Time is more important than your goddamn, like, self-satisfaction. But this episode is exactly what you think it would be. Ray Palmer becomes sheriff. He's got to be the fucking take down the Stillwater gang. And I don't know. It's just kind of... It's kind of running on empty this series for me. I don't know. We're just getting the same shit over and over again. I still enjoy aspects of it. I love a good big team story like this. But they are just the worst. The worst. Finally, we get to see everybody fucking superhero up and take out the gang at the end. But I got to wonder... We had this really, like, kind of cliche thing at the end where we find out that the boy that Dr. Stein saved was H.G. Wells. So, yeah, I don't get this the way time travel works. Maybe somebody can help me out, but... Dr. Stein came from the time where H.G. Wells was already alive. So, if he never went back in time, H.G. Wells would have been dead. So, in my mind, this means that he was always destined to go back in time to save H.G. Wells. But then, doesn't that also mean that no matter what they do, Vandal Savage will always win this war in the future that kills Rip Hunter's family? I don't, I, I don't know. The time travel thing is kind of, it's like contradicting itself in my mind. Because he came, obviously came from a world where H.G. Wells was alive, so he had to go back in time to save him. But since the future is still fucked, I don't know. 
I actually was trying to wrap my head around this to try to make a cool point and seem like I know things, but no, I don't know shit. Fuck time travel, man. It just screws up everything. And these characters want to screw up time, and I don't know. I want the other shows back. I just want to watch Flash. A little bit of Arrow, maybe. Maybe next season, if we have one of DC's Legends tomorrow, it'll be better. They don't fuck up time every goddamn week. Who knows? But in the end, we find out that that Pilgrim, this new kind of bounty hunter the Time Master sent out since uh, our heroes killed, you know, they killed the freaking uh, hunters. This Pilgrim character is going to go back in time to when all our heroes were young and just going to take them out of the timeline. Can't freaking go on to travel through time and fuck up time itself if you're dead as a child. And we see freaking her going after Mick Rory sitting in front of his house as a small child burning it away. So yeah, that actually seemed really interesting to me, but I don't know, this episode was a bit of a letdown. It was fun seeing the Old West sets and all, seeing Ray Palmer try to play the fucking sheriff, but uh, eh, eh. Well, that's all I got for you for this week's shout out. My shows are on. Everybody, keep watching TV because having a life is overrated. All right, your show is on. Show. My you say show. that in it? Shut up. I, my show is on. Well, well a little behind the scenes. I you haven't, haven't done even it recorded yet. it yet, have you? I didn't see it pop It was up, a busy so yeah. day. You might say my show is on, possibly, but we have three more books uh, that me and you do, and two in a row are yours. So we're yes. going to go. This is the Eric Shea. Usually we have themes for a section. This is either the space section or the Eric Shea section, whichever you like. What I'd like the Eric Shea section. You like the Eric Shea section. Okay, well, as long as it's about up. me, it's all I care okay, about. Okay, well, you started up, my man. Green Lantern Corps, Edge of Oblivion, number four, written by Tom Taylor, with art by Aaron Cooter, Ardian Saif, Jonathan Glapian, Jaime Mendoza, Jason Wright, and Dave Sharp. Hmm. Uh, right off the bat, I already miss Ethan Van Skyver. But yeah. no, uh, Edge of Oblivion takes a turn in this issue in that everything we've known about this series so far, besides for the crumbling universe bit, is a lie. That's right, Marnio, the great evil beneath this last city, is in fact the good guy, and the two giant guardians, Osiris and Dismas, are actually universe-eating Cthulhu's. Yes, they are. So now our lantern heroes... Succubi, Eric. Not, they are not succubi. That's what they say. I think they call them succubi and incubuses. Incubi That's, and well, succubi. Terrible. I don't I believe that. they actually spell that out, because I so laughed. Na- so now our lantern heroes can get to stopping the real threat, but it seems that the rest of the core might just be like Guy Gardner in that they're brainwashed by the giants. Yes. I, I didn't mind this issue, but this is another one where we're talking. Now, this shouldn't be that. I guess it could be rushed, but we knew, they knew going in that this is what was going to happen. But yeah. this really, all of a sudden, this was like, yeah, it does. They are succubi, incubi, it says. I knew That's it bullshit. said that. Um, this seemed to me. <laughs> this seemed to me like a, a horror movie. I always go back to the horror movies, or even a mystery type thing where right. it all of a sudden out of nowhere shit changed, and it, 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 it did a complete so, one eighty. It did. It did a one eighty. And do you like when people say things did a, a 360 and that doesn't make sense? Oh, God, I want to yeah, punch my People do that faces. a lot. But, uh, yeah, it did a 180 out of nowhere. Like, it just was so forced. In the, oh, you mean you can, you can read my mind? Well, read it and tell them. Oh, my God, you're not the evil. Out of well, all this our, time. Well, I'm telling you, we've had pretty much we have our lantern characters. And besides for that, all we have are these two giants and Marnial, the great yeah. evil. And yep. all we do in this issue is switch their places. Yeah, we find out that – 
the Giants were the bad people that sent Marniel down and convinced everybody they were bad, and then yeah. shit went wrong. That's all you found out. And it really – why couldn't we have done this in issue one of this Green Lantern Corps, Edge of Oblivion? Like, for a six-issue mini, that is not a big reveal. We only have three pretty much new yeah. characters. Now, I will tell oh, you. Oh, that's not the bad I guy. love oh. the cover because I always like covers with uh, word bubbles and also uh-huh. things, so I did like that. And, yeah, Guy looks like he is a gimp. Yeah, the whole thing. Sucks. He is. And I like it. He's Ving Rames. It started out, and I'm reading it, I'm like, I'm really enjoying this because it starts up with Kilowog talking to Guy. You know he's talking that to was Guy. Good. Yeah. And he's like, hey, you know what, Guy? I don't like to say it. We don't all see eye to eye, but you were right. And then you see that Guy can't it's talk the best back. Conversation he's like, best conversation ever I ever had. And it's really good. I don't like the idea that Guy is brainwashed because what has happened, like you said in your intro, where uh, the – what are they – Dismiss and dismiss and dismiss, whatever the Giants, they are. But yeah, the guys, they they have brainwashed the other Green Lanterns, or at least Guy Gardner. We don't and know it's about weird the too, rest because that I don't even understand. What really you could have just said that they convinced them. You don't have to give me this fucking nonsense of uh, brainwashing and stuff like that. Just say you convinced them. They thought that this lady and really well, she has acted. She has acted like a, an asshole. She's been the villain and. I don't mind that, but yeah, this brainwashing stuff. It's just so that they can fight. That's all it is. Okay, we find out in this issue that Mariel and her people were actually the people that created this last city to try to save everyone they could. Yeah. And then the giants came and did their little brain yeah, wagons. They're, they're world eaters. They, they are they pretty are much. World eaters. And they, they are the ones who are actually behind the destruction of this universe. Yeah. And they want to move on to a new universe to continue the buffet. Yeah, they just keep going. They keep the buffet. It's like me. I love the buffet. If oh, I'm I know. going to go to Golden Corral. After Golden Corral, I'm going off to fucking Bonanza. I don't know. I'm going everywhere. <laughs> There's a buffet. I'll keep going. Um, I do think it's funny. At one point, they try to contact the, uh, you know, guy and Kilowog and all them. Yeah, John Mar- Stewart and all that. Marion. Is it Marinal? Marnial. Marnial. Well, however it is. She, it's like the worst answering machine message when she gets it. Uh, she's like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, that's all nonsense to me. Uh, did you like that they called uh, the Giants the Blackest Knights? Did you like that call? I did not care for that, yeah, actually. It, it seemed very forced. I, this whole thing is now seeming very forced and rushed out. In, we had all that with Lost Army. Six yes, issues. six we're, issues we're there. We're ten issues in now. And now, finally, this is like the about face to end it, and I, it's just going to rush to an end. We're going to have next issue, the penultimate issue, Aaron, where I believe they will fight it out, and they'll try to knock some sense into the brainwashed guys. And then at the end, they'll try to fight our Asterisk and Dismiss to end this world eating, and somehow they'll get in the regular universe. I, yeah, I bet uh, – what's her name? The bad lady. I, I keep Marnial. saying Marnial. She'll oh no! Wait, end the, up, wait, wait, the bad lady or the good? Which well, one now? Now she's formally the good bad. Lady. She's formally bad now. Good. She'll probably s- sacrifice everything to save them because yeah. they showed that they. And were that's the thing them. where we thought that they were death, death obsessed, fucking like a cult. It turns out that Marnie was willing to do whatever she can to stop these universe yeah, eaters. Yeah. And it's weird because when this about face comes and all this twists around, I don't know. In my mind, it doesn't seem to match. Like, why if she's that? I know that she thinks that they're bad as well. But she's supposed to be like this really good person now. Like yeah. she has sacrificed everything. She is the last of her kind, and she Shooting let all this out happen. Of her titties and, and all that stuff. And yet she still was just bad. She was over the top bad all this time. Now all of a sudden, because 
one of the Green Lanterns can read her mind. She's changing it all. Rex. Yeah, she's changing it all now. Oh, and you can read is, my mind. I, I actually don't mind that because we have been dealing with uh, that character doing yeah. her empath powers. I don't a lot. mind that, but I'm and saying I like the like, idea where she's like, "Oh my god, I understand this person well, now." She it understands was, why does why does the why does the villain now about face on all of them? Oh. You told my story and I didn't have to tell it. Thank you. That yeah, is a pain yeah, in the ass to tell. You. Here's your rings yeah, back. Yeah, really. Because I got to tell my story. Now I like you guys. Here, have your rings back. <laughs> like, they could just be lying. They could be all brainwashed. Uh, they could also just think, uh, you know, fuck you, lady. You fucking look at Guy over there. But Guy is brainwashed. Yes. And he's going to attack. And I really, I'm telling you, well, he, gets, he gets his ring back. And I love the fact that he does not take the gag no, off. He first, he flies gag. away. He's going to try to warn the Guardian. Actually, he's going to try to warn the rest of the Green Lanterns to protect the Guardians. Yep. And they fuck this. Get that boy. Bring him back down. And hot he's time. only there so that they can say, look, he's been, you know, yeah. he's there. They rip we his ring off and he's in his undies again. He's always in those undies there. <laughs> I know, we don't know what he did when he got that ring. He was getting busy oh, with something. I'm saying, though, he might have been in a he hotel walking in the land with a baby. He had that baby. And, yeah, in his undies. He's got a package going I'm telling on. you, and it's, I really just have an issue with this series altogether because it has no continuity to Lost Army from where we left that. And it still bothers me every time because there's no reason that, like, 2-6 uh, isn't a Blue Lantern. Yeah, and it just, this is Or Mogo's not rocking about. the entire spectrum. This is treading water until we get oh, to Rebirth. It is and so you'll, weird. I, I think just, the last page will be like, oh, my God, there they go. It'll be them, and they'll be with Hal. And, hey, Hal, what what went on? What did we miss? That's I what want guys, John Stewart I'm to deck right him. now, that's what Guy's going to say. Guy's going to go and say, hey, what did we miss? Or something stupid about Renegade or something. Now we're really a core. I like you, Hal, to the core. How about that one? You okay, like that? No, to the terrible. core. I like apples to the core. I'm the blackest knight. Hey, right. guys, remember when I was warrior? That's all he's going to say. That was a cool time. Yeah, that was great. I don't think Guy's making it out of this book. I don't really? think he, I'm not right away. I do well, not he, think I'm, he's going to I'm just saying, able. though, Guy Gardner is Tom Taylor's favorite lantern. Yeah, I think that he is going to sacrifice himself for everybody. That's what I think. And I think John Stewart will. No, because I really think. Did we they, saw him. I know that they spelled it out. Did we see Guy? I can't remember. We now. did not. Yeah, I think Guy's done. I, John will be going strong, and then he'll say, "Hey, I like you to the core." Hey, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to extend this. Hey, there's, uh, there's not much to say to it. No, I'm all we get lot. is this just fucking just one talking, where and the bad guy get. was switched. Yeah, and a little yeah. bit of backstory. And but the you, thing is. I, I really miss Ethan Van Skyver on this book because if I had my way, he would be on every goddamn Lantern book. Yeah, but he went off to do that freaking Rebirth number one. I like Guardians IFs hard enough. It's just uh, – Yeah, it's okay. I don't like the color job on here. It just doesn't seem bright enough to me. And If you have a dull-looking Green Lantern book, that's terrible. It's very pencil-heavier. Yes, very, very pencil-heavy. Pencil heavy. Very pencil-heavy. But Yeah, I the art's okay. I, this issue is okay. It, it's – it's one of those maybe you can say it's getting the job done. You're getting to the end. <laughs> but it's not great. It wasn't a great read. I did not have a great well, time. What are you going to do when you're the last beings in the universe? There's not really a lot going on. No, no. There they are. But, yeah, uh, what would you give it? 6.3 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'd give it like a 6, maybe a 5.5. Five. It's not great. Honestly, Patania, I, I, I am actually mad that I gave it this high after well, talking. And it's weird, too, because we really love Tom Taylor. This does not seem like a standard Tom Taylor book to me. No. There's not a lot going on. 
uh, yeah, you're again about facing issue four that's just to lead into the next two issues to have fights. You're yeah. just setting up the lanterns fighting each other to knock Fooled some sense you. into each other, and then they're going to end up at the last to fight the Blackest Knights. They so suck you by. That. That's what they call them. They even have it's they a say. big page, too, where it they're showing them laughing. Oh, actually, before we move on, it is so weird because we have this last city floating around in the universe trying to find a way out. Yeah. And I don't know if I just never thought about it, but when we find out that the Guardians are the bad guys, we have this really weird thing where we have to see it now. And the one brings the, the female one brings them. I don't even want to talk about their names anymore because I always fuck it up, but I tried not without reading it. But uh, they have a little box that he, they bring the freaking yeah, male one. Yeah, they had that. That was and, weird. And it looks like the people are sentient beanie babies. Yeah, I actually... Like a little green it rabbit. It looks like that. I also thought to myself, it looks like that in Harry Potter, that box where they, they uh, Lupin was held at yeah. one point. It was very weird that they just pulled that out. Is that just to show you that they have cute little things that they kill? Because I, then they don't... I think those are the people of the city. Then. Yeah, I guess. And the, I never really, really thought about it. No. And then and, they and just the destroy them. And it looks like you had the little Beetlejuice scene where you see, like, like let me show you something really scary, and then... Yeah, yeah. I just, it just it was very odd. This that whole was to show now. you that they're bad because they're eating, they that's eat the, people. Yeah, they're eating, and that's where you're getting the uh, the over narration there of the they're world eaters. They don't care. They got to keep eating. And oh my yeah. god, they're eating a bunny. I'm like that bunny looks evil at one point. <laughs> well, he's away. mad. He don't want to be eaten. No, he's mad. All right. It just was stupid. It's a very odd. I it's just a very odd sure city they that. had with those freaking little guys there. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I did not enjoy it. I hope we find out at one point what happened to Relic and Krona. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I want to know why was yeah, Relic really? giant in the freaking – when we first met him, but he's normal size here. Yeah, and then, yeah, you had Krona that was supposed to be a big thing where you thought, oh, my God, he's bound to, to he's go gonna against evil. them. Yeah. He's going to be evil. But I say he, they show up in that last issue. How about that? They I say show they up never show up again. Guns a-blazing. Never show up again. <laughs> Yeah, bro. They may not. Who knows? Who knows? What's next? Oh, come on, Rebirth. Help What's me out. What's next? Yeah, these two books to me are both books. I'm like, I just want to get them done. Yeah. I, and I didn't even mind the next one as much, but still, really, it, it's not very exciting. It, I, I honestly think it's better than it has been. But <laughs> Earth 2 Society, number 11, written by Dan Abnett with art by Federico Dalla. Delocchio, yes. David Calderon, hey, Delocchio, Delocchio, David Calderon, and Travis Lanham. Yeah. Shit is going downhill fast for the Earth Two and its people. Well, all except for Batman, Red Arrow, and Ted Grant, they're kicking ass and taking names, but the rest yeah, of the people are, are fucked. Yeah. Green Lantern lets the cat out of the bag that the planet is barren of natural resources, <laughs> and war among the people is imminent. All of that, and we get a backstory about how Fury recreated the Amazons out of the dying people of her spaceship. Yeah, you do get a lot in this issue. It's just this has gone That's beyond me caring, really, I'm, everything. And you'd only get one panel of sexy Lois. I I'm looking I, the whole time, I, one panel. I oh really, like, I did really sparingly notes on this one. Did and you just put about you, Lois? Lois is just there to flash her sweet, yeah, sweet metal top for sweet, sweet, sweet <laughs> ass of hers. And it's one panel, and then she disappears. I'm looking all over for her. There she is. She's in the one, and she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you told them that because that's when Alan Scott says, hey, and it's – idiot. Yeah, I see her sweet ass. She's in two panels there. But I didn't even get that. I, he's, he's an honest fella. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you start off at the beginning. The Batman stuff has always been our favorite, really. Yeah. Every time they show Batman, 
Um, though they really don't stress a lot of it, you know, who he is and what happened to him with the whole broken yeah, back. Yeah, honestly, I really wanted to see more of that when the That's, series yes, started. Yes, too. Mr. Terrific is playing as Alfred. Yeah, it's it's on now to the point where I want him to at least have some issues. He's just going around kicking ass with that suit on. And this, I'm saying we haven't really seen Mr. Terrific at all except no. for that one flashback. No, you don't get it, but you do get – I like the interaction between, you know, Red Arrow and – Oh, I like that a lot. Stuff you. like that. Um, this is probably the most rounded out issue of Dan Abnett's run of Earth 2 Society because it tells a bunch of stories it and conveys a lot of information. And I actually – it was never feeling dull to me. It, it I don't know. The, the whole most... thing, the stuff with, with Green Lantern, with Alan Scott and the whole, you know, this and you guys are going to war. To me, I'm, I'm done with that. I, I well, understand what's going on, but that's just to push them to really have to remake the world. That's all yeah. that is, and that's well, fine, but it, it's not very interesting to me. You get these two guys who are like the mayor, yes. the mayor of fucking Bartertown and that guy's, uh, you know, whatnot. whatever, and – they're, hey, you know, we don't have that much against each other, but boy, we got to get these. And then they find out, hey, there are no, well, and Scott lets the cat out of the bag. Yeah. Listen, this is a dead planet. And I don't know, to me, I was like, they're going to find that out eventually. I, I think he's trying to say, listen, don't fight because there's nothing. Now they're really going to fight. I said they went from World well, they, War Three to World War Twenty Five. I actually liked it, too, because they started walking away like, you know what? Fuck these other wonders, but I'm sorry for what I'm going to have to do yeah, to you we're and your kill people. You, but even then, to me, it was very odd because you fight. You have your one city where they had the world engine. You know the the spaceships when they went down. Yeah. And you have this city, that city. It's not. It's not a long con there. You might take over that city and you might live another year. This, yeah. this is not what I think would happen. I think that they'd be like, listen. Holy shit. We can't let this out. We can't let this out. Yeah, really. We can't (laughs) let this out, but we're going to have to figure out shit. Now, we know that everybody was arguing. This World Council was arguing about not using fucking hydropower or whatever. No. Solar power. Get the goddamn solar panels going (laughs) right now. I'm going to make a windmill. We're going to get shit going. And they don't. They're just like, oh, I'm going to fight you for that. It's very short-sighted to me, and it's only just to keep that section of the book going. Uh, Where you have a book like this where it's divided into these sections – you do have to keep them each going, and yeah. sometimes some get – and it's like in Batman well, Beyond where you have the riots for the medicine and stuff like that right. where you have to keep it going as long, you know, to the point where you can stop it and that just – and it's going to end the same way where they're going to say, listen, we've, just, we've figured out how we're going to do this, and then the cities will all be happy, and they're going to use that Amazonian shit and fucking remake the world. You- I'm telling you, I like that freaking the Green Lantern part mostly because of the stuff that happens behind the scenes because we know that Green Lantern set up a neutral site with this freaking construct palace yeah. for these two governors to talk yeah, their problems out. I don't mind that because it yeah. almost does. They even call them out like, oh, yeah, what are you, fucking you asshole trying to stress that? I'd like that. The thing is, I like about it though is that freaking uh, Sandman yeah, and Captain Sandman Steel, and too. they're all behind the scenes. Like, look, what, what's he going to do? He is a godlike power, but you say no, he's not going to do anything. And Sandman knows that shit is going to go wrong. And yeah, even at the end, after things do obviously go wrong, he's like, look, we're going to institute martial law, and if people get out of hand, we're going to fucking kill them. Yeah, it's weird because and there's the nothing Sandman Green Lantern really, can do. Yeah, they, he can't because he won't go that extra stab. Yeah, I Sandman and all that. I I must have checked out a lot on this book because I really <laughs> I know what it is, Captain Steel. I see them. I, I don't care. I read it and I'm like, okay, you know what? Get me back to Batman and fighting and fucking, right. you know, Well, that's the thing. It's the most enjoyable part of this book is the Batman, Red yeah, Arrow, and Ted Grant is. stuff where they take down freaking Hourman and Kyle Nimbus. Yeah. But the thing is weird because 
it seems like the most disjointed part of the book because it's not following these two storylines at this point yet. Yeah. It just kind of seems like it's doing its own thing while the Green Lantern and the Fury and Hawkgirl stuff are kind of intertwined. Yeah, and the Fury Hawkgirl stuff I, I have enjoyed. This issue I, I didn't care much. And no, I know I that it's, le- it's really leading towards what's going to rebirth this, this whole planet to me. Yes. Um, but yeah, this whole thing, it almost seemed like I kind of got the idea of this already. You know what I you know what I'm saying? Well, that that's the thing is that they're going to spell gives, it out now. So yes, now I really know. But yeah, I don't. Well, need say to Fury, know. Fury gives the backstory about how oh, she had this thing called the Pandora vessel, and immediately yes. I got scared because all I could think about was Pandora's Pandora. Pandora, she's going to be in Pandora. <laughs> you don't call shit Pandora's no, vessel or box. But this, the whole thing is this box uh, has the um, kind of like the souls of the Amazons yes. who died during the Dark yep. Side War. They call it souls, but it's not really souls. It's like yeah, the she essence. even says that. And, like, it's um, not really souls, but when her, it's easier to, to say. Yeah. When, when the spaceship crashed, there was a new, the, uh, radiation leak, and everybody was dying. So she used this Pandora vessel to imbue everybody with the freaking essence of the Amazons, thus kind of recreating them. It was a symbiotic relationship between yeah. the Amazon essence and the actual people. Yeah. And she believes that her, the sacrifice she did – to uh, save these people will be like a show of why she and Aquawoman should rule this world. Yeah. She thinks that this will be good enough for everybody else who's going to start a war, that this is why they should do it. I don't think it's going to work because to this day, I have not seen a man in this goddamn city. Yeah. What yeah. happened to all the men? Yeah, well, they're Amazons there. They I'm are Amazons. That's the essence of the Amazon. I have not – I'm telling you that we saw it in the flashback of where she released the Pandora vessel yeah. and we saw some men getting hit by it. But since Are you then, saying that they're not going to win because they, they're ladies? Is that no, what you're I, telling I'm me? I'm saying all the men are dead. <laughs> yeah, I think they are. They are so, dead. Because of her sacrifice, the Amazons can never truly be recreated because she used the energy soul to save these people. Yeah. I- it's very long-winded. Yeah, I'm looking at this. I, again, I like the Batman part. I'll just I, Batman part's it. fun. And I like it because Wildcat uses the Rocky Oh, uh, I even put that again. on you. That's his superpower. It. He's Rocky. Yep, he he's can take Rocky. a punch. He can take a punch. That, and he even spells it out. And I love when he spells it out. And at the meantime, just, it's a distraction that uh, Nimbus goes down. But even that, I like the idea, too, that we find out that our man was being controlled uh, through another, uh, what, Nimbus had like a... Thing. A chemical thing. Yeah, a chemical whatever. thing. That's fine. Um, but yeah, So overall, it looks like our man will be coming a good guy at some Yeah, he'll become a, a good guy. Or but he'll just go away. I really want Rebirth to happen because the last thing that we need in an Earth 2 title is another goddamn it's, war. It's weird to in this too, though. Like, if I say to you, what do you want Rebirth to be? When Earth 2 Rebirth... I want it to be a fucking Justice Society is what yeah, I want. Yeah, but to where do you go from this into that? Like, do you really really like these characters what we're getting so now goddamn i'm saying much. now like if this goes now, no i and, don't no i don't either so if this is a justice society from this where you get alan scott's fine uh Not really yeah and then you get you know sandman and i'm like i don't He's want just these a killer guys. now and captain steel and you get freaking sado and i don't want these characters i'm done with this book i wish rebirth somehow like you would wish that this is one where Everything fucking – they do something that resets everything and they wake up and you are at issue number six of Earth 2 that you loved. You know what I want it to be? Fucking – if it's not a freaking Patrick Duffy where it was all a dream, <laughs> I want it to be the end of Beneath the Planet of the Apes where you just see the freaking – it goes to a freaking credit at the end. The planet was destroyed. Yeah. I I wonder if when this sort of thing where a lot of stuff like say um, this stuff – 
they they say that rebirth something happens because they're saying oh it, it resets us. say that what it resets is that futures end and worlds end do not happen that would get you back to where you want to be kind and of doesn't really we still affect have to deal with the dark side it doesn't stuff. even affect but maybe because of that it even does something else i don't know but you would still have the continuity that we like of say a batman and stuff like that stuff still remains but and i really the, like the thomas wayne batman I just wonder if you'd have it – all it's going to be is a whole issue of a guy sitting there like Minority Report, and he's there, and he's just pulling <laughs> what he likes out. It's you. I like it. It is me. Earth 2. Yeah, but James Robinson's I, Earth 2. James hey, Robinson's Earth 2 was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Tom Taylor's was still a bit it of fun, but fun, it started to wane a, a bit. Getting, you said it was getting heavy-handed a bit, and it, it seemed a little forced at points. But this is just I, – I do not have fun reading this book ever. No. When we get to this book, I laugh because I like to see sexy Lois. I know. That's it. That's it. And but, when I'm done but, and I like the Batman stuff, but I want more of it. I want to see more of how it became that. Like you said, I want to see uh, freaking Dick Grayson with his fucking broken back and shit like that. Yeah. I want to see him struggle. I want to see this. This just seems like Batman again. I don't even you don't even get the point. If you walked into this book now and didn't know, you wouldn't know anything about this Batman and no. what happened. And really, I want to see that. And you don't get it. You don't get anything. There's Supergirl there. What the fuck? Nothing. Power Girl. Yeah, Power. You get nothing with her. There's nothing. She's just standing around. She's there. standing there. Fucking Big old flash. Yeah, they're just yelling. Doing fucking Huntress. Nothing. You have a lot of cool characters that you do nothing with. Yeah. You know, just stand around. We're going to talk of this. And- is, again, this is a trade federation fucking Star Wars. <laughs> I don't want to see Green Lantern working out the fucking ins and outs of a fucking planet without resources and how cities are fighting. I don't want that. I and I'm telling fun. you, though. We and some guy's yelling that anonymous on the side. God forbid if a society book talks about society. You know what? I don't want that. So take your society, shove it right up your fucking anonymous ass. <laughs> How do you like that there? Well, I'm sorry, I do not care to see these. I really don't care for these characters anymore. No. But I have to say that this is the most rounded out of Dan Abbott's run of this so book so funny far. We're saying that. I, this is probably his best issue. Yes. Because you do get some advancement. Like you said, you see and Sandman I behind the myself. scenes. He's going to martial law. He's going to go the extra step. Yeah, Batman with that. It doesn't really go well with the rest. But then you even... It might tie in stuff, like a couple Fury issues. Stuff. It is, stuff is moving along. It's yeah. better. You don't got much time. <laughs> but... I just don't – the whole concept right, of it I'm is – Right now what I'm talking about, I'm trying to freaking justify my score. Yeah, but the whole – it's like a failed experiment, this whole thing. Agreed. Get, this whole – when they had the, the, the war, the apocalypse war, and then to get to this planet, it's just so ridiculous. Maybe this is where Chrono and fucking Relic show up, and they'll just grab them now. They'll just – every book they're going to show up. They are like the – the Pandora in the New 52. They're going to be in every issue, but they're not just going to be in the back scene, you know, behind the scenes. They're going to show up in every issue and get shit done. That's what I know. I know. Would you but now the, I'm saying the art in this book was all right. I love the, the, I actually always liked the art. The no, I'm art saying it's a different artist. Than, it's Jorge still, Jimenez is usually on this still, book. This and, is, but this is still good. The biggest problem I had was with the Green Lantern section of the book because, like I said, with the last book, it got really dull in the colors for some reason, yeah. and you should never have that when the Green Lantern's around. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I liked the art enough. I, I liked it, but yeah. Yeah, I, it was decent, but I'm saying that was the worst part of the book, though, uh, like the art-wise, was the Green Lantern well, section. What did, you, what did you give it? Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. I'd probably go five, five, six, somewhere around there. Actually, I'll say right there, six. 
I right. put on my thing, and I put, it's boring, not enough sexy Lois. And <laughs> Wildcat does the Rocky. That's all I put. I didn't have much to say, but we're going to move on to the Flash Review section where Reggie is going to join us to talk about all of those crazy books that he reviewed, and then we'll be back to finish up the podcast with me and you, and even Reggie, because I think the last bit we're going to have a little Harley. So a lot of Reggie coming up. A lot of Reggie. A lot of Reggie. We always love a lot of Reggie, right? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? All right, Flash Reviews. And you know what? Flash, Flash Reviews has turned into uh, Reggie's Reviews. Uh, because That's right. you have a bunch of books, so in the meantime, we do not uh, read or review these. I did read them, but we don't review them, so I do not feel right talking out of uh, class. Yeah, for and Eric, you're, you're your just back. auditing, right? Yes. Sure, I, I'm just here for moral support, boys. <laughs> yes, of course he didn't read them. He had three books. He's not going to read these. Black Canary, you I love had it, a busy Eric. day. Yeah, you're watching shows. Freaking trying to grab all this goddamn shit the whole time, the whole day Watch for this. Watching stories. He's freaking watching the rest of development, watching freaking TV. I had it on the background. Get out of here. It's worthwhile. It's worthwhile television. All right. Well, what are you kicking it off with, Reggie? We're going to kick it off with Black Canary, number 10, written by Brendan Fletcher, art by Moritat and Sandy Jarrell. Lee Lawfridge did the colors. With her band captured by her aunt's evil ninja cult in Germany, Dinah pals around with Batgirl and tries to find out more about the mother she never knew. Aunt Rena followed Dinah to America and keeps fucking with her and Babs for pages and pages and pages. And At pages. the end, Dinah resolves to help her band, which she should have done yeah, two I, issues I'm ago. I'm telling you, not even just two issues ago, but just this issue... They're, they're, they're complaining of all this stuff. They're just hanging out, fucking twirling their hair, kicking their feet back, yelling I mean, about the, They're talking about the band, and yet they're not going to go help them? I mean, Dinah didn't know until the end that the band was there, but you'd think that she would look, she would look into it. You yeah. know, she would find out where the, you know, she's in Gotham. This yeah. is the place. I, I don't even but, I, uh, This book has made an odd turn to me because at first i really didn't mind the whole band thing that was okay but it it kind of took it seriously like within this book it was serious about a goofy thing it's not serious anymore it's a bunch of hooey that everybody who sees that oh my god this book book might be going an arc too far because the last arc ended with that big kaiju sound monster it was just yeah. It was kitschy, it was silly, but it was very satisfying. And there was I missed the kaiju? Yeah, you did. All of the characters. Yeah, you missed just, a kaiju. I'm telling was. you, it, you yeah, I think it's... you're right because now when you had a book that was crazy, if I told you two years ago, hey, you know what, there's going to be a Black Canary book or she's a lead singer in a band. Now you might say, well, she's got the Canary cry. But I'd tell you all this, and Kurt, he is brainwashed, but then he knows. and they, You would be like, you're a bunch of nonsense. But like I said, I didn't mind. I liked it. I thought mm-hmm. it was different and going, but yeah, this should have been a six issue mini. And they wrapped it up. They wrapped it up like three issues ago, man. and then they get into this next thing with this ninja cult. That oh seems my god! Out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, also, this one, you know, a lot of times we see different artists do a, uh, you know, work on the same book, but this yeah. one, the art style was so jarring from Moritat to this Sandy Jarrell. Yeah, it was. Who worked on the last issue, and Sandy Jarrell is a perfectly capable artist, but Moritat is like practically drawing like you know cartoons well come that's to life the problem the is page. it's funny because you say sandy jowls like sandy jowls art fits this book better than moritat yeah, who did the first half the first Moritat. 
Yeah, Moritat did the very cartoony deal. That's more to me. That is very much now. It, it fits. It's more of I a Batgirl. Yeah, but it doesn't fit the rest of the series. It, yeah. That, yeah. that art is more Batgirl and Gotham Academy than the actual series. And then when you get to the part where it goes, it's a little more like the normal art in there. Uh, but even so, the story is a bunch of nothing. They they end up in a fucking recording studio that just happens to nobody's. They even say, "I'm surprised that nobody came in." Yeah, I'm really surprised myself. It's that whole conversation there. that they had in that recording studio, I read that three times. I couldn't make heads oh. or tails of it, and I didn't give a shit. I just didn't care. No, like, I, did I was like, like something, something about her mother, her aunt, yeah. this and that. Well, they're gonna whatever. I, here's what I get: they they fight one of the best villains ever, Mad Wax. Who's a yes. big? Uh, he he's a hipster himself with that wax. You know he likes the yes. LPs. But I said he has a gang that throws LPs. That is the worst gang a guy who loves LPs can have because then he gets upset. He's like, oh my god, don't don't wreck that thing, <laughs> and he's all upset about it. But then you get from there. Then all of a sudden you you get you're getting something there. It's okay. It's goofy. Yeah. It's like it's almost like sportsman. You know. Fucking Sportsmaster or whatever, but at a record deal. So it's goofy, but then all of a sudden, oh, my God, you're Dee Dee from Black... Oh, God, really? And Oh, yeah. sign this. and Oh, sign my black eye. And then you go, and this ninja cult, all they want is the dim mock. That's all they... What is that? The I'm touch? telling you. They want the death touch. They want the... Yeah. What is it called? But that's this all they blood, want. This is a sequel to Bloodsport. The yeah, it is. They want the oh, God, five no. heavens palm move. That can cure uh, <laughs> anything. I'm telling you, Superman needs to find this cult. They'll do the five heavens palm on him. Next thing you know, It'll he's be fine. fine. Then yeah, we're in rebirth. Good. We have fucking Superman back. <laughs> what the hell is going on here? It's so stupid. I'm telling you, they're going about it, and it is like the dim mock. Now, if you're going to do this, send them to the fucking Kumite, and, and off yeah. you go. That would be fun. <laughs> But yeah, this it is a bunch of scenes that are together. They don't make they make sense, but they, what is I uh, yeah. really it's a little overrated. You tell me, but anyway. Reggie, I, you you're reviewing this thing. I'm not. I, I, I gave I gave it a seven out of ten. Okay. In hindsight, it probably was. I guess I was feeling gregarious. There are parts of it I liked, especially Moritat's art in the beginning. No, uh, I, I really t- like. I, th- I thought that that beginning part would have made a great Batgirl story. Yeah, I'm but telling you, I think that a Black Canary Batgirl that would have been a good six issue mini. Of those yeah. two hanging out and doing that. But, yeah, this whole thing, you're right, though. You said it. This has gone on too long. And they, they're they yeah. not going to cancel it three issues before Rebirth. You're just going to keep it going. Yeah. Some of these we books, I think. Yeah, I think that a lot of these books where people are all pissed off that they were, uh, they were canceled with Rebirth, I think they should kiss Rebirth's ass because a lot of these <laughs> kept going because they oh, weren't wow. just going to end it. You know, oh, we're going to end the book in, in April and have an empty space until June. No, you're just going to keep going. And a lot of these are showing that. Uh, I'm telling yeah. you, Catwoman, we're, we're talking about later, uh, to me, that, that story was done and then they just See, threw this other thing in. I, honestly, I think the stories that are leading up to Rebirth have it worse because they seem like they're treading water just waiting to yeah, get to but that at point. Least, at least you're going to keep going. Well, if you're reading Black Canary, you've already gotten pretty much your ending, that, like yeah. Reggie said, and then yeah. you're getting this. And I just, I don't know. It's yeah. all bonus at this point. <laughs> I, I guess, but yeah. I, at least I, we had Vixen. We had Vixen two issues ago, and that was awesome. But no, it's it's, no. it's things like that that have nothing to do with the story. Yeah, we had this whole thing with with Dinah, and she's trying to figure out, and you had Ditto in the band and all that that stuff, and Kurt. And the, and now it's that she wants to find her mother and her aunt and the yeah. fucking uh, ninja clan. 
Huh, yeah. what the hell? And then some fucking, I don't even, the uh, electronic fucking guy. What was that guy's name? The, the guy who seems to be the villain or might be part of it. Fucking Isaac Orado. Oh, yeah, that, that, Otto Isaac. I, yeah. Did, I didn't even give like, it what shit. What the fuck? <laughs> so you, you, you <laughs> gave this a se- you, seven, you say? I gave it a seven. I was probably being gregarious. But did you get the I'll, review I'll done? I didn't it. even see. Did you it is. Get it's, up? It's okay, on it's the, oh no, I didn't. I didn't actually. It's not. But I'll probably. But I'll, I'll stick with the score. Okay. Yeah, I'd probably give it a, a six. It's yep. okay. I don't know. What's fair next? enough? What is next? Uh, Constantine the Hellblazer number eleven, written by Ming Doyle and James T. Tinian the fourth, art by Travel Foreman, Joseph Silver, Ivan Placencia, and Kelly Fitzpatrick. At a swank Hollywood party thrown by the Archangel Gabriel, John Constantine pleads for help in prying New York City from the clutches of the evil real estate demon Neron, but is rebuffed for being an asshole. That's when yeah. Boston Brand, better known as Dead Man, possesses his body and forces John on a plane back to New York, where he discovers his boyfriend Oliver waiting on his doorstep. Neron has captured his daughters. Yes, he has. I, I wish that... Uh... Uh, Dead Man would have been in the A-team because they could have possessed B.A. to get on the plane because <laughs> that's all it reminded me of. And I'll tell you, me and you, last week, me and you had a Travel Foreman book, and I mentioned yeah. that I'm not a big fan. It's weird. When this issue started, I kind of liked it. And as it went on, I, I liked it less and less. The I art, agree, I'm I talking. Totally. It's so it weird. Like he was better in L.A. for some reason. Yeah. And, you know, this... It was almost true of the last one, too, because remember, he went to Fairyland? Yeah, yeah. And Fairyland looked awesome. Looked awesome. And then when he went, then when he went to New York, it was like, yeah. oh, this looks it, so it, it almost why seems like, yeah. it, like, falling off? Yep, that's what it happened the same. And I learned a couple things this issue. I learned that Dead Man probably goes around and, and gets laid a lot by possessing ladies and then sure. uh, fucking guys. And also that Lindsay Lohan did not have her downfall because of drugs and bad choices. Oh. Yeah, she ruffled the feathers of Gabriel, and now he's led to that. That's all I. And I this, mean, I thought that was pretty cute. It you was know, funny. They, they, and yeah, you know what? It was kind of bad. like a wink, wink. They they didn't push it. You know what I mean? It was kind of a joke in there. And yeah, yeah. Constantine's a weird book because it it does have a sense of humor. But it's a dark sense of humor, and it's a dry sense sure. of humor to me. But, yeah, they, they have that. But, yeah, really. That, and then we, we actually went to, like, the a bunch of creatures because, and other kinds of ghosts or whatever because they could kind of blend into the fake Disney world. Yeah. So there was commentary on that. There was a whole, I mean, the whole thing was this commentary about L.A. Yeah. And how they're, like, kidding themselves. They're delusional. They don't realize that the world sucks. They live in the sun too much. So, yeah, you know, yeah. there was a lot of. You know, James Tinian uh, moved there recently. Oh, yeah, no, he's... When DC did, so I wonder if this is all part of his... It's uh, all him, he doesn't like it. And, yeah. Maybe not, though. Maybe it's a Bing Doyle. I don't but know. But Reggie, it's up. the best place on Earth. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that's a matter of opinion. Yeah, even Constantine but really, hates it because he goes into, like, a dive bar, and even the dive bars have craft beer, and he's all pissed yeah. off. And That's when <laughs> Dead Man possesses that that's lady with uh, freaking Adrian Barbeau uh, bosoms, and she, I thought they were going to get it on, but... Yeah, next nope. thing you know, freaking jump into him. Yeah, he just jumped. Then he gets in, freaking Dead Man gets in Constantine. Hard. Yeah. And they get on a plane. Now, I'm telling you, if I was anybody. Was, that, that was the funniest part. It though, was right funny, there. but do you think anybody in that airport or whatever would have ever let Constantine get anywhere near an airplane? Oh, <laughs> he I, is looking know. so crazy. He's acting like a. Oh, my God. 
I, I, don't I think wrote it by a review. I, I was betting it was like Steve Martin in uh, All of Me. Yeah, it actually. He, when Lily he, Tomlin yes. takes over her body. It, oh, even, the man but, with two brains. I got no, you. Exactly. Yeah, he always gets that messed up. I, I also <laughs> think that he's walking around like Bernie from freaking Weekend at Bernie's. He's fucking walking Something around. Something like that, yeah. Just sort <laughs> of hurting jerky, you know? No, no, no it's Weekend at Bernie's too, where the freaking, uh, the, what is it, the uh, Caribbean music yeah, is playing? Yeah, when they start playing the Caribbean I, music and he goes, and somehow Bernie is not freaking deteriorated one bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, that, it was, you know. It's the dry air. Yeah, yes, yes, it is. Uh, the one thing I want to ask you, Reggie, because they get on the plane. Uh, Constantine gets on the plane because Dead Man pretty much forces him. And then he goes out into the lady next to him in the, the seat next to him. Yeah. And then when, they, when he makes Dead, dead Man and the. Do you think that lady's dead now? Do you think she's dead? I don't know. That's a very good question. And was that guy you know? next? Was that the, the lady's husband, do you think, next to Because the poor guy, they get on a plane. Yeah. They're, going some, they're going to New York. They're probably visiting yeah. relatives, fucking son or whatever. And next thing you know, or they were in L.A. for a fucking visit there. But, yeah, she, I think she's dead. Dead. Well, here's what, here's what I like to think is that John Constantine zapped them somewhere to somewhere like a location. Somewhere that he knows that. That'll be okay. Yeah, that might be safe, but Dead Man knows he can't just leave this woman's body until he gets her. So he kind of <laughs> like forces Dead hopefully. Man to take her back to New York. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully. I don't know. Hopefully. She's dead. She's dead. she's dead. Yeah, I but know. then, like you said, it ends with his boyfriend Oliver, who's all upset, just sitting out there. I, I mean, the guy could go to the police, maybe. Or, you know <laughs> what I mean? He's there. He looks like he's just waiting all this time for Constantine crying at his I mean, fucking I feel, door. I feel like it's a, a big dude. Record. I felt like this in the last uh, issue also that there was supposed to be more. There was yeah. some, I felt like I feel like we were supposed to be in Fairyland for a longer time. Well, yeah, because and I feel like we were supposed little... to be in L.A. for a longer yeah, time. Yeah, I, I like have more a feeling that again. I think that Rebirth kind of snuck up on some people, and they had yeah. stories, and they were told, "Listen, it's going to be this amount of issues. You have to get it done because we're going to do this." And even to the point where I'm sure some of these, because Constantine goes on once Rebirth goes, is just Hellblazer. They might yeah. have to have it set up a little something or other, like maybe this Oliver has to get out of there just so that people aren't asking later. So you may have right. three issues, but all of a sudden now you have an issue and a half of shit that you didn't even know you had to tell. So I, yeah. I really do think that we're starting to see that. Me and Eric saw that, like, say, uh, Batman Beyond. All of a sudden oh, yeah. they, they have an issue that in this book they have been taking so long that this one issue could have been seven issues. And they just show yeah. shit at you. And, yeah, I think there's some of these where they have to skim the fat a little. and you know, I, like, I don't oh. think this doesn't feel like it was shoehorned that much, but, like, maybe – L.A. because we ended last issue with Oliver finding his daughter's being kidnapped, yeah, yeah, and we essentially went through a whole issue of John Constantine being in L.A. for no good reason, yeah, yeah, really, and then no ended, reason. It, ended it the same way. So really, no, some no yeah, really, I'm sure he was going to go and stop uh, Nayron, isn't it? Is that who it was? Yes. Yeah, yeah. What is going on with him now? He's just he rules L.A. now. Everybody or no, just New left York. them. Or New Yeah. But you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like out of nowhere they just right, right. things are just done and we'll go. Gabriel there seemed like he was gonna be important for something. No. And yeah. he just leaves him. But yeah. Uh did you re you so anyway, review this already? I did. This is up on the site and okay. I gave this one an, I gave this one an eight out of ten, but okay. Uh, I'd say a full point went to that scene when Dead Man. I really did find yeah, it funny as hell. He was like pulling at his face. It was funny, and you know he's like really trying to. Uh, yeah, again, I, show I, yeah. distaste. Yeah, I'd probably give it a six five. I, I don't think I'd go any higher. And like I said at the beginning, I really did like the art. I thought, boy, Travel Foreman, this fits the style. And then really, shit just went wrong. 
And again, I don't know if maybe that's what you're saying. Maybe that was part like, hey, we got to get rid of this part that you already did. We need you to go real quick with this. Possibly. uh, You know, at the end. Because, yeah, just like you said, facial things started falling apart and everything. It seemed very rushed. You actually might be right. He might might have drawn... They might be kind of stitching it together yeah, yeah. from it just you know, seems, several issues. Yeah, we might be lying or well, not lying, but making it up. But it does seem like something. You're a liar, on. Jim. Something's going on. <laughs> that, the next one, though, uh, here you go. The, you get the next one that seemed fine because I think this story just has always been what it was going to be. This. Uh, oh, yeah. With this Gotham one lends Academy, itself right? to that kind of change. Yeah. This is uh, Gotham Academy number 17 written by Brendan Fletcher, Michael Dialinus. David Peterson, art by Adam Archer, Sandra Hope, Annie Wu, Serge Lapointe, Michael Dialinus, and David Peterson. Yes. Uh, in what I thought was the last, but is actually the penultimate issue of the yearbook arc, Ugh. while Maps and Olive Penalty. trying to figure out. Shut up. That was for you, Eric. Yes. I know. Penalty. While Maps and <laughs> while Maps and Olive try to figure out how to get their scrapbook back from Robin. They reminisce over three shocking stories contained within Gotham Academy dropout and Black Canary Road Manager Heathcliff, Pat- Heathcliff patches things up with a dejected pommeline. Maps and Olive encounter a familiar of Clarion the Witch Boy sent to retrieve his magic book, and an off-brand Dungeons and Dragons group finds a secret room at the Academy that absorbs them into a dark dimension when they play the game inside of it. Yes. Ooh, it's like Dungeons and Dragons, the cartoon show. Yeah, it sure was. Yes, that was my favorite part. <laughs> it was definitely like a, it was like it was like Tales from the Dark Side. I was into that. I was kind of like, all right, that was cool. Yep. And uh, those two, the, the last two stories, definitely were the best. Really well drawn. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, yeah. The, the last like, one, really, I really liked it, and it was uh, yeah. that was the David Peterson one, where right, I right. even liked it because all this time, not that this is a full realistic look, but I really like the look of it. Um, I like the whole thing. Uh, it's fun. Yeah. It, there's nothing to it really at the end of everything, but it's fun. It's what you've been getting, and I love maps. So, and you get a lot of maps. Maps is definitely a lot of her. She is definitely the. They've gone with her and run with her because yeah, that's she good. was a standout character. Yeah, and I really sure. like her. And I uh, even just I'm just paging through it, and I I just really like all the art. But yeah, at the end of the day, it, this isn't again. This isn't something to jump on with. Um, no, it's no. nice to Although, page through. Eh, I, mean, I guess maybe you could I, look and see, you get a couple little vignettes and say, "Hey, I think I'll check this out." Uh, maybe if you started in the beginning of this arc, I don't yeah. see why you couldn't. It would be sort of like, "All right, here's a sort of a crash course on Gotham Academy." Yeah. But by this point, you might be a little bit like, "Why?" Because Damien is in, shows up at the end. He's hiding, yeah. and I didn't, even, I didn't even think of it. I looked. The big thing of that first story was it was a Black Canary story, and it is the actual legitimate first uh, team on Black yeah. Canary. It's Annie Wu, Brendan Fletcher, yeah. and so, yeah. And I, It's funny because I didn't even realize I'm paging through. I'm like, boy, that looks just like the fucking book. <laughs> yeah, it looks really good, but the whole thing looks good. But, yeah, I, really liked, I really like the art towards the end of the uh, Clary and the Witch Boy story. Yeah, it's weird. The Clarion art at the very beginning seemed a little off, but it seemed like it's off not bad on a, either. Though, but, but it's it, off it on better. like a painting style, yeah. like a you know, like the scream. It's moonch. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I liked it though. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't really have much to say about it. Anything else? There is you like you either yeah. are into anthology books it's or funny, you're not. It's, fun, it's always art. fun seeing Clarion. God, yeah. Clarion. But yeah. 
What did you? What are you? What are you going to? I'm going to give it a eight out of ten. I think I would probably go with an eight as well, just because it nice. does what it does, and it does it well. Boom. Boom. Oh, Tico, you crazy kitty. Uh, yes, and then the last one of the Flash Reviews is something that last this one. is the one I did not read. I don't care to read it. You even told me <laughs> not to read it. I'm telling yeah, this, you, I was going one, to read it to prepare, and you're like, don't bother. Oh, okay. Don't do it, man. Don't this do it. This one is a disappointment. Uh, I will get this review up before the weekend's out, but there won't be much to it because it really was sort of lame. It's Starfire 11, written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, art by Elsa Charitier. Uh, colors by Hi-Fi. Starfire, Atlee, and Stella relax after their victory against What's-His-Name and don't shut up for a single fucking solitary second. There are a lot of cheesecake shots, which are uncomfortable and weird because of the book's overtly cartoonish style. Stella hurts Starfire's feelings, which could end up being not an important part of the plot because there was so much conversation. Much more, it was more like an episode of Gilmore Girls than a comic book. Oh, don't you say that to Hilarious. Eric. Hilarious. Holy moly. Hilarious. So what you're telling me is it's the dialogue <laughs> will make me grit, grate my fucking teeth oh my and God. punch it's... the fucking first person who walks by. My wife, I, Reggie, fuck you. I'm so mad at you right now. <laughs> my fucking wife just fucking started fucking watching that from the beginning again. And I'm like, every second I hear that fucking dialogue, I want to kill somebody. Oh, and then, of course, I get, I get fucking... Fucking drawn in them. Yeah, is that fucking? I keep calling uh, Sookie Snooky, and my wife gets mad at me. It's not Snooky. I'm like, I don't care what that. My fuck wife. Is. And then they're to gonna have that on, fucking uh, reunion show. And I know, I know, they're crazy for it. Oh, yeah. my, my wife needs to put on television every night before to go to bed. Okay, like yeah. familiar television. Listen. So. Yeah, I know you listen to radio I listen to old-time radio. That's, and it, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me. She puts on whatever uh, Parks and Rec or Community yeah, yeah, or something yeah. like that. But the one thing I can't fall asleep to is Gilmore Girls. Oh, it's just God. nonstop. I hear that there's going to so, be a lot of cursing in that reunion show that's going to be on Netflix. I hope so. That's what I hear. From you? No. I hope Melissa yeah, McCarthy showed her... Lorelei. Lorelei, Reggie. <laughs> oh, Melissa McCarthy shows her, uh, you know, bathing yeah, suit. Really her, her, she just got her beaver stuff. I, I'm you looking, cheesecake shot. And that Elsa uh, Charitier. Is that how you Charitier? She, she's the saving grace of this yeah, whole book. It's weird, too, because you even told us, oh, it's like a Darwin. Co-. Holy moly, it is. I'm yeah. telling you, that first page might as well be right straight from a Darwin Cook thing. And it reminds me, you said you were going to show us some of her art. Is her art a lot like this all the time? It's like she's drawn at least the last. I know she drew the last issue, maybe the one before. Okay, but it's uh, always this, this it's like, like Darwin Cook looks, style. Yeah, I it's, mean she may be a, she may be a student of Darwin Cook yeah. for all I know. We know that he's down with Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. Yeah, yeah. So well, it, it reminds like me in of her, how in when, his studio. Yeah, when I saw Victor Bogdanovich, who was on the uh, Katana Deadshot, he does the Deadshot part with uh, yeah P- uh, Bucciolato, That he is a big uh, what's his name. Uh, he looks like Capullo, and okay. I, and like that's as much of this. Like I'm like, holy crap! Like if you just pick this up, you you would think that it is a Darwin Cook. Cook freaking book, which that people love Darwin Cook. So I don't it's know. Actually, it's actually I said it was, and I think it's more like Darwin Cook with a little bit of more obvious Kirby influence. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very yeah. angular, very like sharp. Yeah, uh, I'm looking. Then I'm I'm down. The I'm going through these stories. There's actually different stories here. Is that what's going on? I'm no, paging no, through. No, it. no, it's just different chaps. They had that every issue. Uh, yeah, they, they, that's like Palmiotti's thing to like uh, 
you know, have blackout yeah, panels yeah. with different, I don't know, Holy chapters moly, or whatever. It really does look like <laughs> Darwin Cook. I, I like I like her art a lot. Uh, Hi-Fi's colors are also great. That's, yeah, I like that almost goes without saying. There's nothing wrong with that at all. No, but it's. I think she's. You know, I hope that she will continue. You know, Palmiotti and Connor get fucking great artists to work on their yeah, they shit do. all the time. And I, I don't know. It's because Amanda Connor. You love Amanda Connor's art. I do. I right? love her artwork. And I, maybe it's one of those where when you go on a book with her, you're trying to impress her the whole time. You know what I'm Possibly. saying? That it could be, or. That she's just, I think you mentioned one time way back when we were talking in some book that you think that basically they're just friends with everyone. So they're like, yeah. hey, yeah, hey, you're kick ass, you come and do it. But yeah, almost all their books, I don't think I can remember a poorly drawn Palmiotti Connor book, uh, though oh. I still uh, get upset. Me and Eric mentioned it last week that poor Justin Gray. He gets left in the dust. He used to be Palmiotti's buddy. Now, once uh, Palmiotti and fucking married. Connor got married, That's he's what not, happens, not allowed to hang out with his buddy because he. I even thought that at one point he was like supposed to be on. He was supposed to be on one of those books with them, and I don't. He know was, wasn't he? Yeah. He or was. no, you know what? He was supposed to have his own book in yeah, the DCU, it was, but it was going to be one of these type of books. I thought. Yeah. And it was going to be like. Well, he. That. He still gets to work with Palmiotti on Transfers for Action Lab's Danger yeah, Zone. Yeah, you're not very fond of that one, are you? No, I am. No, you are not. But, yeah, uh, there's a lot of talking in this book, I see. I'm the worst. I'm one much. of those guys that I yell about behind the scenes, and I'm like, they had a podcast, and the guy didn't even read a book, and he just said, that's me. I didn't read this. I look, I see a lot of words. I'm out. I, so, I have, to me, I have attention to me, problems. I, I assume the next issue is the last issue. It's, it seems like it's gearing up the way, plus it's issue number 12. That would make sense. Man, you know what's but, good about this, though, is she's going to be in the Titans book and whatever she... Yeah. But it does, this book does not matter towards that. You know what I mean? No. It's, this is so inconsequential. This like, we learned about the emo fluid in Subterranea uh, or whatever the hell it is. Now yeah. I'm like, yeah, the emo fluid's going to be a yeah. big player later yeah, on. Gonna yeah, it's going to be a big deal. Uh, yeah. uh so it's. It, I think the main thing is that uh, Stella, who is the sister of Soul, who is the guy that Corey Stella likes Gomez. up on the surface, it says he doesn't like them together. She says she doesn't like them together, okay. and that hurts Starfire's feelings. And she actually even says, I have to go, then I can't bring can't danger to your this. family. And you're, here it is. Here's the setup right now for Titan's Rebirth. So. Yeah. 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 There it is. Uh, I gave this book a 6.5 out of 10. I'm going to give it that. And I'm telling you, a full point definitely goes to the yeah, artwork. I, I, actually, liked it. I liked it a lot. I'm adding a point as well. Uh, just looking at it, I'll just give it a 6. <laughs> go okay. with I didn't read it, but uh, the art's really nice. I'm going back and forth looking at it. I'm going to go and uh, be by myself for a little. Oh, that's, yeah. that's how sexy that's it is. I like that cartoony. Uh, no, honestly, manga. Yeah, I agree. I'm right. And you know what? Him. I'm going through, and there's tentacles too. Boy, this is like a Saturday <laughs> night every fucking week for me. Tentacle porn. Here we go. But yeah, that's it. That's uh, that is Flash reviews, and yep. we're going to be back then for all of us to talk a little Harley Quinn and Gang of Harleys. Hey, everybody. Now we got Harley Quinn and her gang of Harleys. Number one, written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Frank Thierry. Art by Morissette and Hi-Fi. Harley Quinn tests her newly formed gang of wayward dudes 
The gooders for hire by pretending to be kidnapped and letting them solve the mystery. They do Harley proud when they're distracted by baseball games and dance clubs and only learn of the plot by bugging her apartment. Just as they're about to confront their boss, however, the gang sees Harley murdered by a new player on the scene. Harley Sin. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> she, she was murdered? Uh, she was well, she was beat the shit out of. I don't. I'm telling you, no, I'll just has, start. She has a bullet hole in, in the center of her head, Man. but I, you know. Before we even start, I'm, I'm going to say I know that a lot of people reviewed this. Uh, you know, it came out. It's a six issue mini, and a lot of people came out uh, into this not having read Harley, obviously, because I saw a lot of the reviews, and they're like, "Oh, you know these these gang of Harleys. They're new on the scene, and oh my God, they're they're so great, and I really like them." It's the same thing. If you've been reading Harley all along, <laughs> it, it, there's nothing different. These are the same Harleys from there. You already yeah. know about them. Uh, obviously, in this, they That's have why to I catch you up. Yeah, yeah, well, I have in my notes, this is the reason. The Gang of Harleys, if we go back, the actual Gang of Harley storyline may have only lasted. I think that the weird thing, I think Convergence interrupted it. I think it started oh, really? right before Convergence, then Convergence happened, and then it continued after. So it made it seem even longer. But I remember saying in one yeah, of my they're reviews. Gonna do it in September. I, I said in one of my reviews, like, oh my God, it's been forever. And I looked, and at that point, it had been three issues. It just, it, like <laughs> this issue, it just drug on. And once you get the, the, the funniness of these different Harleys, um, then there's not much left. And I, I really, I know that DC wants to get as much Harley as they can to make some money in that. But when we talked about oversaturation, I think this is it. But you liked it, Reggie, right? I did. I did like it, and you know, I, I mentioned in my review, people talk about the oversaturation of Harley, and that is true. But if you are reading all of the Harley titles, you are there is some payoff and some pretty tightly woven continuity, and some pretty uh, standard characterization of Harley throughout. Oh yeah. Uh, with Suicide Squad having been the outlier, now it seems like they're you know folding in more. There's a little bit more collusion probably because of the movie. Yeah. So uh, you know. There were there were call outs to old Harley issues that I appreciated and you know, the familiar cast of characters, but it really is the same more of the same thing. It is, but they do uh, he they do give you a very good recap. If you I don't know why or how anybody would just jump into this book. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're not reading regular Harley, you haven't read Harley and all the other crossovers and this and Little Black Book and all that, and all of a sudden you just decide Gang of Harleys is the book you want to... <laughs> I, I don't know why you would do that. I really don't. This was so recap-heavy that I skipped a couple pages. Well, the, the beginning was all recap, and again, you get, the, you get the individual Harleys the, of the Gang of Harleys, and I do yeah. like them. They're funny enough. I just My favorites are Bali and Harvey. Uh, but they've always I mean, been my favorites. You're right, though. That's basically the joke. That's this I one like page. I like Jewish Harley. Yeah. I like her. I think she's my favorite Hannah Quinn. So let's yeah, the only reason I don't the, like uh... Hannah Quinn is because that's just the tie-in sideboard. <laughs> that's the only reason. But yeah, go. Reggie, you tell about it. Because, like so I said, you're, saying, you're saying it's, it's Jewish nepotism? Is yes, it is. It's only like to her. get her freaking... <laughs> is it, it's actually you her know? uncle, correct? Is yeah. It, uh, yeah. Jews are running. Jews are running all the superhero gangs oh, well, in Brooklyn. It's, it's, it's funny ridiculous. too because uh, Jimmy Palmiotti <laughs> has used Harley to really rag against that gentrification of Brooklyn. All these things. Yeah. yeah, I haven't heard him yell about the Jews yet. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the Jews. No, I think you know the Italians and the Jews in New York. They're pretty tight. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. Uh, I, I think that I'm he's not going to bother there. with any of these women's uh, 
real names because I don't think that they're important. We'll just talk about their ethnicity. Uh, so there's Harley Queen. Because that's the, important. Yes, that's, it is. That's, that's the important part. You know, <laughs> Harley Queen, she's from Queens. She's Asian. Yep, Asian. Queens has a very high population, especially right around uh, City Field where the Mets play, which comes into play later in the story. That's Harlem. funny, actually. Before we go on, I actually had to – that's the most bit of research I did for this book. So we saw that they were at a freaking Mets game. I'm like, where the hell do the Mets play now? Because I have not looked into it since Shea Stadium closed because I'm, you know, yeah. vain like that. Yeah. But uh, I'm like, City Field, where is that? Is that actually in the Queensboro? And it is. Uh, that's yeah. what I took away from this entire issue. I wanted to know where the Mets play. I just take it away that him, uh, Palmiotti and Thierry meet a couple times to go see some Mets games. Like, just wanna, yeah, I, I always get the idea that Jimmy Palmiotti, especially with Harley, is he drives around. He goes to get coffee, and whatever strikes him that morning is what, you know, you get. <laughs> like, huh, the Mets. Hmm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that in. Oh, oh there's some food carts. Oh, I'm going to use that. Yeah, uh, go on, Ray. City, City Field is actually in the uh, exact Washing. same location as Shea Stadium. They just yeah. built them <laughs> next week. Yeah, but, uh, yeah it's in the same place, down, yeah. Willets Point. Yep. Yeah. It's so, like when they uh, tore so down the week, vet. In, uh, they usually do that. Oh, They'll, right. like, uh, across the, the street, thing. they build the new one, then they tear down the yep. old one, and then make it. Yeah, they did that with the Yankee Stadium. Yep, yeah, they, they, they usually them do next that. To each other. So then you have... Uh, uh, next we have... We have Harlem Harley, who uh, will, is shockingly the black Harley. She's got, I think, the best costume, the black and white. Yeah, I like it. Black and white Afro puffs. I really like her look. Yeah, I think that uh, way back I might have gotten myself in trouble with Eric by saying that that looks like the new Power Girl or that the Power Girl looked like her. And then Eric called me that I thought all black people look the same. I did not. It's just, puffs. it's the same exact puffs. It's definitely. Like, is, that, is that the Lady of Rage? Yeah, yeah, really. It does look For like her. the Lady of Rage. <laughs> Uh, oh, there's no. Molly Quinn. Yes. Very surprisingly, she's the Indian. Yes, and she is my uh, favorite. She's always been my favorite. And if, yeah, if she Eric, seems like a loose cannon. Well, I remember, I'm telling you, I think that if you went back and did a little weird science research, I am almost guaranteeing that the last time me and Eric really sat and talked about the Harley book was the one where a bunch of these characters were introduced, and I thought she had the best introduction. with her. Remember, Eric, with the family, with the Indian restaurant? Oh yeah, and the people were treating uh, her family like shit, and she got pissed, and was you know she's she's got a temper. It says to you, the she's food's too snap. spicy. Yeah, remember then the guys were like, it, it, "This isn't cooked enough," and they wouldn't pay, and she fucking freaked out. But yeah, I, no, I I'm really like her. Thing personally, the food's too oh, spicy. Yeah, that's, I think that's you know, Eric's. That's like Vindaloo. Bali's gonna kick the shit out of her. Vindaloo, <laughs> chicken Vindaloo. What a fucking moron. Go on. <laughs> and then here's the deal. I know that. This is the weirdest thing, because the next one is Harvey Quinn. And, yeah. you know, we're talking race and all that. He's the gay Harley, right? Yeah, and, he's, the, yeah. he's the minority. And it's funny because he is such a stereotype of that, but I like him better than, say, a Midnighter. I, I like him better <laughs> as a character, only because it's like, I don't know, it, it's not trying he's to not be... He's not over the top? Yeah, well, it's not trying to be... It's not saying anything about it. I don't know. It's like, And he, said, I, he I just gotta, wants to be, be him. I can't even put based my thumb on, on Based on this comic, there's nothing definitively to say that he's gay, except that he's a ridiculous, over-the-top stereotype yeah, guy yeah, wearing I'm hot pants. I'm saying from the, from the other yeah. bits of the Harley, yeah. What's he, wrong with sure, hot pants? I, there's nothing wrong with hot pants, especially if you're riding around with your rollerblades wearing those <laughs> hot pants. shirt off. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, I, I always liked Harvey. I think that he was pretty cool. And I like again, Harvey Quinn as well. Now, I yeah, like it I that it even says when they say he just wants to be who he wants to be. And that's like Eric over there. 
He's just going to do his thing. Damn right. He thinks that he's the modern-day fucking, what's his name? Mojo Nixon. Mojo Nixon. Mojo well, Nixon. Buster Poindexter. <laughs> Go on <laughs> with the thing. That's Go everything. On. Next is uh, Carly Quinn. This is the, it's not that obvious. She's the Latin yeah. uh, Har- Harley of the crew. She comes from the Bronx. She has pig stickers. She does, No one fucks with her. Yeah. Very tough. There's Hannah Quinn. She's the Jewish Harley. She lives in Williamsburg. She's a great, or she's the grandniece of Cyborgman. Right, yeah. That's the Cyborgman. Uh, Jewish character yes. in a wheelchair that yes. she hung around. hot. Damn. Yeah. That's and she, the, she's the hot one. I'm still like And then Harley. there's Coach. I like I like Coach because Coach is not even wearing fucking any Harley outfit. No, no, she doesn't she's know. She has no idea. She's fucking blind. How does she, she know? Give, I think she doesn't give a shit. Too. Uh, I like, think they told her that she's wearing one. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. <laughs> a blind girl in a wheelchair. Idea. Fuck off, everybody. Yeah, yeah I like. Yeah, that. I think she's more like you know, suck my dick. I'm not wearing that shit. That's right. She's yeah, like, I, she's like I. I, I can't even of, see, and I see how cheesy those outfits are. Well, what's funny is that she says she's sort of, I guess, the oracle or like the yeah. you know administrative person. Yeah. But she's in the mix of this whole thing, you know. She's she's not hanging back in the office or anything. No, no, she is out out and about. At one point, she is beating the shit out of people with a bat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah she and, has some superpowers. And they do get to the other the other people in the book. That's the other thing that gets me is not only is this the same team of Harleys? Like, I wouldn't have minded if she had said, like, listen, guys, this whole Harley team is not working because they've been with her this whole time and got a couple new ones. But also, they also go back to Big Tony. You got Egg Fu. You got all yeah. the guys. It's the same thing. I do, and it I know is, that they're pushing literally it. the same Yes, thing. I know they're pushing it in this, like, hey, I want you guys to go out on your own and do this. But yet, like you said, they, they, she wants them to get their own identity, but yet the whole book is exactly the gang what of we I just I don't understand why they made this book. The, ga- the gang of Harleys does not work, especially when Harley Quinn right away comes out and says, you guys need your own identities. I'm like, this is the first issue. Maybe at the end do that, yeah. but yeah. you can't have a book called The Gang of Harleys where you're telling them, don't be the gang yeah, they're of all Harleys. dressed in their old pseudo-Harley outfits. And, you know, the only thing that, that is great about this is I'm imagining a lot of sexy cosplay coming out of this, and uh, I'm all yeah. for sexy oh, maybe. cosplay. Uh, but yeah, the, See, the thing they, is, they already have their own identities. Their identities are, you know, Indian Harley, Chinese yeah, Harley, yeah, Black so, Harley. That's all. It's very yeah. simple. They, Palmiati's made it very easy for us to. Yes, it is easy to remember. Uh, like you know, that's one of my big things. Where I always say that if at the end of the issue I know the characters in, in a team book, then I think it. But yeah, so I could just sit here and just, oh yeah, the Jewish Harley. You know, yeah, yeah. But yeah, right away their their big thing to find out or to fight is basically freaking. Hipsters. A hipster again, mafia this who's is squeezing a, yeah. hipsters at some street fair in Williamsburg. Yeah, yeah. and it, this is, again, this is like a one-joke thing. This would, in the normal book, you'd get this for two pages. It's extended out. Uh, you have these hipsters. The one that I told you looks like Shaggy from the Scooby Apocalypse. I think he fucking got uh, lost and ended up there. And even so, you get this. That's a mystery itself. Yes, and the, the thing that I don't like about it is that you get a big fight, Correct. Yeah. You get a, a fight. Uh, did you, after the fight, did you get any sort of inkling, like an individual thing, like, oh, man, you know what, that Bolly Quinn, she, it's just them fighting and no. nothing really from it. And really, I, the, actually, and you know what annoyed me, something that I think Eric would appreciate is, although they're swinging the bats willy-nilly and they're obviously breaking up these stands, you don't see anybody getting, like, their head cracked in. No, no. Yeah. And this going, is definitely the kind of book that will show that, that yeah. sort of. And, uh, but again, you know? I think that they're kind of going back from that a little 
because I don't know. I don't understand. But yeah, they end up uh, attacking the hipsters with whole milk. Sorry, what yeah. I understand I know, that is was that one of the fucking craziest yeah. things. Harley has worse villains in Batgirl at this point. Yeah, oh, they're the, yeah. yeah, this is just the hipster mafia. And I like, too, they're like, we're not the hipster mafia. Oh, yeah, we're the hipster mafia. And then, yeah, there's bats going there. And they do have, I do agree with Jimmy Palmiotti and Frank Tierra, because obviously <laughs> they have a palate as refined as mine, where I love food trucks and stands like this, and I really yeah. do hate how it has turned into, like, I, I had mentioned to you, Reggie, I really like food shows, not, I like eating shows. I don't like cooking shows. Like, <laughs> uh, back in the right. day, you'd have these shows of, like, oh, best food trucks, and all, and you'd go, and it was shitty fucking food, but it, it, I love that. Now it's, you oh, have yeah. to have, like, five different culinary degrees to even fucking go out <laughs> in your goddamn food truck. It, you it's fucking nonsense. Tie. Yeah, that's what I'm truck? saying. Now, you know what I the like? Bunch. I did a little research myself. Asian-Mexican fusion I truck. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what I like? I like, you ever see those Rutgers grease trucks? That's I've the heard big of that. Thing. I've never they, been. No, I haven't that, either. I legendary. really think we have to get on the road, and we'll meet there. That's kind of, we could actually meet there and eat these because, the meat, yes, yeah. it is legendary. And if you do their challenge, you get your own fucking sandwich you can pick. We could have the weird science or something like that. But I actually went to their site and looked. Now, you tell me if you would like these. I don't know why this has anything to do with Harley, but the Fat Filipino, which is funny because if you win the challenge, they got you have to one. name them. Well, the Fat Philippine, uh, Filipino, yeah, you've had Met her at a bar one night. Cheesesteak, hero <laughs> meat, mozzarella sticks, chicken fingers, french fries, white sauce, lettuce, tomato, and onion. You like that? The Sounds delicious. How about this? The Fat Drunk sandwiches, cheesesteak, grilled chicken, mozzarella sticks, ketchup, mayo, french fries, lettuce, tomato, and onion. That's pretty good, Unbelievable. right? Unbelievable. And the yeah. last one I have is uh, dedicated to my mom, the fat mom. My mom really isn't fat. She's just a bitch. Uh, but the fat <laughs> mom has a cheesesteak, bacon, eggs, french fries, mayo, ketchup, lettuce, tomato, and onion. Jesus Christ. And you know how much that is. Just think of Again, that. Again, delicious. Cheesesteak, bacon, eggs, french yeah. fries, mayo, ketchup, lettuce, tomato, and onion. That is four seventy-two. That's it. I'm all in. Oh, my God. We could go there. Well, I always want to get some videos for us to, to – us eating this shit. That's, that's that could be our That could be the inaugural oh video. Yes, I am in. I am in. But Do yeah. they give you a body bag with the uh, logo on that, if, you, yes. if you don't make it? They may. Hey, Jim, you remember, you remember those stories I told you about my favorite teacher in uh, junior high who we started that Star Wars club yeah, with? Yeah, yeah, the Star Wars club, the nerd club, they call it. Well, he's no longer a teacher. He's 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 down in Philly. He has his own food truck now. Really? Just adding to the fact how much I love this guy. Yeah, but wow. does he do the fancy stuff? Do you know? He, it's, I do not know. I actually I follow. You gonna give him a shout out, Eric? I'm gonna give him that I, guy a shout out. It's 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 called the curds and the cow. Oh, the curds and the cow. That sounds pretty uh, a hipster to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, Reggie goes on. I'm gonna look it up. We're gonna see what they have. An artisanal cheese yeah, to me. <laughs> do you ever so have speaking a, of which, you ever though, have I, cheese curds? No. Sure. I like yeah, from cheese Wisconsin. Curds. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. But, yeah, go on, Reggie. You go on with that. So, uh, so, you know, I actually thought the gimmick of Harley jumping on this giant hipster mafia guy and dumping whole milk down his throat so that he gets, uh, uh, you know, the shits was fairly funny. But for, it's just it's part of the Harley course. It's yeah, a, it's I, a gag, know, though. That's the thing. Humor. This issue is really, it's like a comedy routine that's set up on three jokes. You know, the jokes yeah. that you get to the end. And, by the way, Eric... Your buddy, your teacher, he won Philadelphia's Best Food Truck 2013. Boom! Oh, listen oh. to that. Isn't that cool? Like, go on, that is Reggie. Cool. I uh, think all he does is sell cheese curd. 
Jesus Christ. Wow. I wanted some big sandwiches or something. Well, you go to Wisconsin, you can get them anywhere. You get them yeah. at the gas station. How am I going to go to Wisconsin? It's like if you go like anywhere, you get lobster rolls at fucking, you know, the, the bathroom at the Walmart and fucking, you know. Yeah, in Maine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it, too. You got those, again, those food <laughs> shows. Bucks. Those food shows. You're there and they're showing these lobster rolls. I'm like, boy, those look good. If I got them around here, they'll be like $35. I know. So, Terrible. Um, By the way, kids, don't. Buy lobster rolls in bathrooms. No, uh, I would so not Harley, suggest that. After this, after after they get rid of the hipster mafia, Harley just suddenly, just like Eric says, uh, says out of the blue, you guys, you know, are, you're, you're wannabes. <laughs> you're trying to look like me. You're going to need to learn to stand up for yourselves for some reason that, that is not really that clear to me, as far as I'm concerned. No, but I guess Harley feels like she wants to be able to. Uh, you know, I really run off think she just yeah. I squad. think she wants to just get him out of her fucking hair. She got she bored. She, to get yeah, out really. of there. Uh, so she goes into a porta potty and vanishes. Where does Harley Quinn? Dun, she has dun, dun. Yep. Uh, they get a they get a call from shadowy figures saying blah blah blah. We have Harley Quinn. You got to go find her. So they all go out to <laughs> solve the mystery. And in doing so, they end up going to like their own special stupid ass haunts. Yeah, they go back to they tell- go back to their hangout. They go their back to it is yeah. it is the gang of Harley's day off. It's yeah. pretty much Ferris Bueller's day off with all the shit they do. Yeah, and they yeah. go back and they're eating pizza. There's Big I think Tony acting like Harley here though. Like yeah. this is what Harley would do also. Yeah, there's Big Tony who has some crazy looks in this, and then a egg. He's there. They kind of show you all the old villains they had in the past and, and, you know, spend too much time saying they hope it's not the Joker. Uh, And then, yeah, like you said, then they go out and have uh, the gang of Harley's day off. And the the whole thing, what's the big uh, the big gist of this uh, Harley being kidnapped? It was a ruse. It was a ruse. That's she right. made it up. So, and you get that, and then out of then the it was like a double double take. Uh, what's it called? She's done. She and I'm looking. I don't know. if She has a bullet hole in her head, but she has beat the shit out of. And yeah, it doesn't look like she, maybe I'm wrong. I, I yeah, like no, it looks like the there's like a uh, there's a lot of blood uh, there. Oh, maybe not. And yeah. then there's like a curly cue. Yeah. But in the end, then you find out it is Harley Sin. And I'm like, okay, now we got another <laughs> character with a fucking rhyming name. I'm just saying it's somebody who didn't make the cut for the gang. Yeah, I think it is. I think base. I really, if we really wanted to do some research, and maybe I will eventually, you go back and I bet you that, because they did have almost like a, uh, you know, people showing up and and trying out, and I bet you it was one of them. It was like the commitment. The Joker had a Jokerish face. Yeah, Uh, but yeah, I I like the art, and I, (laughs) but the story, again, I just... It is just the same thing, and I guess there's. I gotta say though, when when you get a Harley Quinn comic, whether it's this the Black Book or the or the Monthly or whatever, they're all drawn super well. Yeah. Huh? I thought you were being racist with that Black Book. You said I I didn't know. No, no, no. Thought you were talking Doctor Fate. No, you know I I didn't know what you were saying. They have a ton of books, but they're all really well drawn. They're all like really, really uh, well plotted. The technical sides of them, there's not one thing wrong. The problem with them is that they're just not that funny. Well, yeah, you know, and, and you just wish they were funnier because if they, if they were funnier, then you'd probably everyone would be all in. But yeah. what do we know? This is always hitting the top ten every month. Yeah, it is. Exactly. So but the, one of the, the top seller books. This is it's like weird. it is. It's become the Dane Cook of fucking comics. It, it's <laughs> like it's supposed to be funny. You see it there, and you know people go nuts. It sells, and everybody loves it. I don't know, and nobody's ever 
legitimately, besides you, Reggie, for this issue, has really said to me, like, I really like Harley. I've not found those people. And the, in the meantime, we, again, I'll bring up Midnighter. We get 100 million people I see love Midnighter, but yet it doesn't sell. I don't, this is the Huey Lewis of fucking comics, <laughs> this one, because you can't find anybody who yeah. admits to buying sports, but yet the thing sold 8 trillion copies. And I don't, I don't understand. I think Harley Quinn's got to skew. I've always said that I, I think it skews to a younger girl. It does, I, I, that's but my it's assumption. weird because I don't it know just doesn't. It. It's not appropriate. It's not. I don't for know what for like uh, a for a thirteen year old girl. Yeah, there's like a lot of crazy joke, but also oh, a th- say a thirteen year old uh, girl. That the jokes in this, there's a lot of older movie references. They even, I think, they're yeah. even calling out like "Do the Right Thing" at one point. Harley said, "I thought Radio Raheem was going to be behind." But they, <laughs> it's a lot of like old school shout outs. There's a lot of old comic shout outs and very inappropriate jokes. I don't know who loves it. There's times though when they when it hits, I I really do. I, the movie references and stuff like that are what I really enjoy from this book. This yeah. issue did not have a lot of them, um, no. but I do like that. But again, I don't know who the brought this. It's not a broad appeal book to me. I. I I guess. I guess the, the it is. Best, the best gag in this book to me is just an ongoing gag that we've had since issue one of Harley. Is that if, if I knew I was going to spend this much time in here, I would have brought in my beaver to play with. Yeah, that's, that's it. Right. I even wrote in my beaver. notes. I'm like, yeah, she just had her beaver stuffed. That's, yeah, that's always uh, the joke. It's, <laughs> it's always these jokes. And they're just, to me, they're getting very old. And not even just the joke, but the books themselves. Like when they had the Power Girl uh, mini after she was so good with, with uh, Power Girl. In the um, in the regular run, and then they had that many, but it, there was nothing to it. It's like they get these books, they they set it up like, yeah, we have this really good idea, we can branch out, do this Harley. But then when they get to it, they don't have anything new to say, and so they either give you the same old I mean, thing. Or... You got to think, you got to think, uh, Jimmy Palmiotti. This isn't an excuse, but this guy's writing fucking how many books? Yeah, you know, he's got his and finger he's got in his every own Harley thing going. Pie, he's got all he's got these other things. Yeah, he's got his beaver shit, stuffed. You know? His beaver stuff yeah. fucking full. Uh, uh, yeah. And so I, I mean that, that that Power Girl mini, which is where all, all my whole journey with Harley really started for the site, yeah. was definitely phoned in to the point where it, it was like the last issue wiped away the whole rest of it, and that, no. that is probably what's going to happen here also. Now, I actually but, think that by the end they're going to be like, oh, you know what, Harley? We now realize that we want to be our own people, and they'll just walk away. There'll be a scene where they all walk in different directions. Done. I, it, to me, this is a way that they're going to force the gang of Harleys out of the book for a rebirth, or because it is going to overlap, though. But I, I just don't understand that. I really don't. What, what did you give it, Reggie? I gave it an eight out of ten, but a lot of that goes to the art. Yeah, I, I, the hey, art I'm not good. yelling you at you about anything about liking it. You're a moron. No, that's already. fine. So much I, you know how I feel about you, Reggie. But yeah, I'd give it. A, I'd give it a six point <laughs> five. I'm yelling about it, but I'd still give it about a six six five because the art is really good. And I, I'll tell you, this would be one that if I reviewed it at the end, I'd say, "Hey, listen, you like Harley up until now? You're gonna love it because it's yeah. the same. <laughs> yeah, you like it, you're in. I don't think it's a jumping on point for new readers. I would, no. I would tell them more to just go solo book. Or actually, I think that little black book might be maybe the best to jump on because there's other familiar heroes. I don't know. They even call it out in this. They they mention that and the Power Girl thing. Yeah. I mean, the weird thing is though, you know, if you're gonna jump onto Harley, you're gonna end up face to face with Egg Fu. Yeah, yeah. And no matter and no matter what. That's just a weird fucking character. Yeah, you just it is. like to say, oh, there's a 
living egg with a, a, with a cyborg egg, yep. body hanging out? Yep, and just hanging out. I like, at one point, they were really uh, make, place, giving man. them different bodies and stuff, and I really like that. And they kind of yeah. seem to going against that. And he, he still is training them, right? He's the trainer. Correct? He is, yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because I, I, I have think not... he also I think he's also the chef, the cook, okay, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and that's funny. An egg cooking. Ooh, there's a joke for you. All right, yeah, we're gonna move on to the next book, uh, which is Catwoman. Yeah, get that Reggie out here. Let's get, get her out. Of, get out of here, Reggie Reginald, if that's <laughs> what your real name is. Who knows, Craig? That guy, Craig, Frank, Carl, Carl Hiller. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we're gonna move on to the last book. But I would just want to give a shout-out Timothy Watts. While we were going, Timothy Watts was on Twitter and said that we are awesome, Eric. We're hilarious. Awesome. Hilarious. And Robert Lewis, I, I'm telling you, he scared the crap out of me last week. He <laughs> said, he's, hey, 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 thanks a lot for calling me the N-word. I'm like, oh, my God, Whoa. what happened? I thought, what happened? What went wrong last <laughs> week? Was I drunk? Uh, not that I say that when I'm drunk. I don't want to get that. But, yeah, he meant because I think I made the joke when we were saying some awful shit. At the NOA, nobody. You're a listening. terrible drunk, he, Jim. He listens to the whole thing. I'm actually a very happy drunk. I'm very social drunk. I get drunk. It's been a long time, but yeah, I can't shut the fuck up. It's like the podcast. I was going to say, you drunk right now? Flying. I might be. Maybe I'm drunk on uh, conversation. Drunk on friendship. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I don't know. But I just like to get on and yell about shit. That's all <laughs> I like to do. But we're going to end it with Catwoman number 51. Um well, I'll just get right into it. I was going to yeah. give you a little little philosophy of Catwoman. I like the suit, Eric. I like the suit. I usually look pretty good in it. Catwoman number 51, written by Frank Thierry, art by Anaki Miranda. We have a weird relationship. Yes, we do. Anaki <laughs> Miranda, Eric, what do you say? Man or female? Uh, female. Nope, man. I knew Fuck. you were going to say it. I actually made the mistake, too. But, yeah, Anaki is a man. What's the worst part? Inaki just kind of sounds feminine to me. And then Miranda. Miranda throws you off. That's what happens. Alaya Bonetti. Man or man. woman? I don't know. I really don't. Eva de la Cruz, Eric. I would say Eva de la Cruz is a uh, woman. Female. And Travis Lanham. Travis That's a man. Lanham. He's a man. He's a man. I'm a man, Travis. What's I that? Eva what? Ava de la Cruz. What are you looking up? Ava de la Cruz. I think you should be looking up Alaya Bonetti, who you said was a fem. No, you said man, right? I don't know anymore. Alaya, I'm going to look. I'm going to look that up because I don't know. And this is possibly the worst podcast ever. Eric. No, no, it's the best. Shit. Is it the best? The Ooh, best ever. Oh, my goodness gracious. You what? have to look. Oh, my God. You should see this guy. Alaya Bonetti. If that's not a hipster, he's just joking around. He has the most hipster-looking fucking mustache. Monocle? Oh, my God. He could. You've you <laughs> got to look this guy up. Everybody, look him up. He's got a neck beard. He's got a twisty mustache. Hey, he's Ava looking De La at Cruz? Me. Uh, yeah. Female. Yeah, I, I figured that was. Ava De La Cruz. That sounds uh, fucking – look Man, up. While I'm going, things. look up Alaya Benetti, and when you do, you're going to laugh. Not that he looks funny. He's got a crazy-ass mustache. I like it. I, I like it. You look it up while I start. Okay. Catwoman number 51, written by Frank. I already said that. I wish I could <laughs> say that we are saving the best for last. But after supporting Frank Thierry's Catwoman run every step of the way, I have to take a little breather with this issue. Why? Because it's more of a false face society issue than a Catwoman one. And seeing the beginnings of an inner circle power struggle is not that interesting to me. 
we do get to see some flashbacks at a younger Selena and a very alive Louis the Mustache, but this is not the story I want to see to end Selena's solo run. Did you find him yet? I did, but I see this one where he's signing stuff at a comic book convention. Um, yeah. He looks a lot like my brother Scott. Does he? Did you see the one where he's oh, just there with that? The mustache? Like the first one. Boy, he looks, he's very fetching right there. But yeah, does he look like you're, I see him there. I see him signing it. With his head down, he looks like my yeah, brother Scott. Yeah, he has Scott. the head down. He, he, I think this guy really wants to enter one of those beard or mustache contests. He is. I, I found the one with the big ass beard and the, cur- the mustache. see that where he's just standing there? Yeah. Holy my! He even looks like he's drawn himself with a beard and mustache. I, I'm is, looking at that one right now. He looks like oh my god! Good look enough. down. Then he even has one where he looks like he doesn't have the beard. He just has the mustache. Oh no! I've seen <laughs> I, that. One. I like this guy. I really do. <laughs> uh, he, boy, he does look a little. He could. You just play, got done talking shit on hipsters. Nah, he can play Scooby or not Scooby. He could play Shaggy <laughs> in that Scooby. Apocalypse. He looks like a dog. He, I, I'm. Oh my goodness! Look at that guy. I love twirly mustaches. I have to admit, I know it's kind of a hit. Do you remember when thing. I had mine? Yeah. Do you remember that time when we were watching the Eagles game and the trainer came out and he had that really big <laughs> twirly mustache? And I, I tweeted out, like, I don't care about the game. Boy, that mustache is kick ass. And I got a lot of play on that. People love that mustache. What are we talking about? Mustaches? We have Louis the mustache, right? Louis the mustache. it works. He doesn't have a cool mustache like that, though. But, yeah, I did not like this issue. I thought that it was a bunch of bull crap because we had a really great uh, Catwoman 50. That's probably one of the best 50s. Yes, and there was some issues with it, but it was fun. It was just fun. This is not fun. I'm not a big False Face Society fan. We haven't gotten much of False Face Society at all in a while. Um, you have had a lot of Black Mask. Genevieve Valentine's whole run dealt a lot with Black Mask, but it did it in a way that I really liked, and he was more like you didn't have to get involved in this fucking false face society. Yeah, it was a gangster shit going on. Yeah, it was gangster. It made sense. And even that you really liked because at one point in the New 52, Black Mask had fucking mind powers. Mind control powers. Yeah, and this kind of got What the fuck did you do to my Black Mask? Yeah, this starts out where there's a a news report that Richard Sionis who is Black Mask's dad, is, is dying. He's going to die. And it's funny, too. That it happens, they, Roman. Everybody's daddy dies. Yeah, it basically seems like they would have this, and it's Gotham News. And it, basically, they're announcing that this piece of shit is dying. Because even then, if he does not die, I don't know. They almost get to the point where I think he could sue. Because they really <laughs> can't. Like, it's like, yeah, you know what? He's without controversy. But yeah, it seems very odd. Then they show Black Mask, who I love the file photo. Of him, <laughs> he's there in his striped suit with gun. Like, where is this? Where, who's getting this photo? Did he send it in? His I press would. agent? It's so weird. But yeah, they're like, oh, the secret society, all the mess. Selena sees this on her easy, like her neat gadget, her TV on her you wrist. You know what? I really like her gadget. Is she just, Dick I was Tracy. just pacing through now, but um, the coolest thing I think I've ever seen. The fact that she has lights on her fingers on her yeah, gloves. Yeah, she does have that. I really that is like really that. cool. I yeah, didn't I like actually that. look at that earlier until no, right I like now. That. And I, that that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. But in this where Make she for me, sees Jim. this. So I will. She sees this. She's there. I'm looking at my wrist now. I actually, to do this, I pulled up my sleeve. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm going to do it again. She pull, she's like, huh, Richard Sionis, he's going to die. Holy shit. You know what? I had this to-do list for a while, and one of those was to steal the faceless mask. Now that I know he's dying, is this like... Her thinking, okay, his house is empty. That's why I'll go. She doesn't really spell it out. She just says, yeah. we have some unfinished business here. If he's going to die, 
I've got to steal this mask before he dies? I don't understand why it, this... It's very odd. Why this cues her into wanting to steal this mask now. And I honestly, I don't think that we have enough information from what we see in the back, uh, the flashbacks here. In this because, well, and it goes right in. Before even the flashback, she goes into this house, and she's like, I'm going to steal this. And yeah, we got some unfinished business, buddy. She knows all the things. She's hitting panels. It's over yeah. the stairways. It's like how we said, if we won the lottery, we're going to make all these secret things. God, that'd be amazing. But yeah, I do like that. I do like the look of the... Uh, the lights on the fingers. That is pretty cool. It's I can really imagine badass. her jerking me off right now. It's fucking light show, baby. Laser show. But yeah, and then it goes back in... Uh, so you got Pink Floyd playing background? Yeah, oh, yeah. Comfortably um, numb? Comfortably numb, indeed. But uh, <laughs> they go back in the flashback. That's and- just me giving myself a stranger with a fucking light glove. <laughs> yeah, really. That's all it is. Comfortably uh, numb. Yes. And one. it's weird, too, because for some reason you only see one hand because I got the other hand up my ass. And then when I smile, light comes out somehow. <laughs> Uh, got the, that way up there, boy. Yes. The weird thing, though, she's in this. She's in the in the house. She's going around. The guy likes to have paintings of himself on the wall. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Um, so she's going there now. This is where I'm. This whole issue, I'm confused uh, <laughs> just of what's going on. Only because they're there, and she's like, "Yeah." And you know what? We have something to do. And where does what she's talking about? lead into anything in the flashback this the whole thing she's going is for the faceless mask we never get anything in the flashback of any sort of thing like that the only thing we get is that she's a piece of shit well we get the first interaction between her and richard how does that lead you i think we're stealing the faceless mask the thing is i think this will all work better as a trade honestly but just the way it's going to work back because i think each issue we're going to have a flashback that's going to lead us closer to the like why she's doing what she's doing now yeah but they didn't have flashbacks before they had that little backstories in the uh in the in the the uh, fifty, but that doesn't even mesh up with this. And before that, we didn't get any of this. No, no, I'm not. I'm talking about this right now. This storyline yeah, right the, here. I think there's only this and like one or two issues. I don't. It's got to work fast. I guess, but really, yeah, that maybe that is the case. But yeah, in this beginning where I'm reviewing just one issue, agreed. And you get that. She stole a credit card with this David. I'm jumping to conclusions right now. Just yeah, trying well, to make there's this work David, somehow. her boyfriend at this point, which you don't, you know, I can't say that they're lovers, they're boyfriend, they could well, be that's a, brother that's and weird. sister. At we this start point. this out and, like, it's all David heavy now. We see what uh, Selena and David are, you know, they're up to no good. They're stealing they credit they, cards. They are, and they're stealing credit cards. But at they're this not point, good people. all we have knowing of David is that he was in a backup to Catwoman number 50 where we saw that they were walking through a museum at one point. Yeah, but it was Yeah, but you didn't... Yeah, and that was just... The, yeah, they weren't doing anything. No. It's not like you're like, oh, this guy, now they're just bad. And you could have said... Like Louis. Louis the mustache is here. You don't learn anything about him. You don't learn anything at all about David I don't learn anything either. about Louis the mustache. Well, there's He's David dead. where he goes in. He has this Richard Sionis. Now, this guy's a rich fella. Right? He's yeah. A, why would this guy – and I know they laugh and they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe – but this guy at this jewelry store basically sells them what appears to be, I'm saying, 20000 We have least. no idea what jewelry costs. We I, don't give a fuck Look at that anything. thing. Look at that. That thing is – I'm telling you, that could be a million dollars for all yeah, I know. Yeah, it might be. It's like, hey, really? Okay. Card swiped. Here you go. 
saying your wife, my girlfriend, they're not getting fucking jewelry. No, but I'm saying in general that it's so weird that it's very odd. The guy's an idiot. He's losing his job. And yeah, you also have a guy who I'm saying this Richard Sionis is a very smart fella. He's gotten to where he is. I mean, there's we're seeing at the beginning. He, he's collected a lot of shit, right? Yes. This credit card does not show up. He is canceling that thing. He's not <laughs> going to like, oh, okay, I'll just wait another fucking week. He's there. I, I wish they showed him like waiting. They keep showing him going to the mailbox. Nope, not today. Guess I don't get my credit card. Yeah, this thing, it's so ridiculous. But yeah, all it is is oh, the it's weird. That's what I don't it know is. It, I don't know if he's actually having, like playing some kind of game with this because they seem know. to be on Casillian yeah, and David immediately. On him, but even then, like, that's a weird con. Like, yeah, because, yeah, hey, that's his fucking fault for putting it through the mail. It makes none of this makes <laughs> sense to what's going on. And then it. here I am thinking this entire issue, how else are you supposed to get it? Is yeah. there a thing that rich people do that they yeah, don't really. have to go I, through the mail? That's what I thought. What, do they fucking walk there? What's going on? But, yeah, and then you go back and Selena is going to I'm missing out the, on a lot of life not grab, having yeah, any money. Really, really. She, she's going to grab the faceless mask. And I'd like to where – why is she getting it? No idea. Is she just getting it to have one up on this – and Richard? Is she go, Because she's like, oh, it's priceless and cursed. Like yeah. it doesn't end. This Cursed. horrible thing caused me pain. Is she going to destroy it? You never get an I, idea saying, why I she think is after it. By the end of this, it'll all come together. Oh, she doesn't have it. Does she? Does no, I'm saying though. I, by the end of this story arc, I think I it'll know. all come together with the motivation. Yeah, I, I really don't. I hope. Know. I really don't know. I like because, Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. This is just a weird story because she's going to grab it. She jumps up in the fucking rafters because the False Face Society has shown up with their new leader, the White Mask. And they they apparently the saw thing. the news item, too, where he's in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, because Stephen <laughs> says. But it, in this, it gets me uh, that we don't know. We don't have any background with this white mask at this point. Nope. We find out later who it is. But still, it's it's not shy. You know what I mean? Well, All of a sudden, is, it's there. And she throws a little tracker on him. <sighs> what? You were saying? Uh, what? No, I'm Please saying, tell I'll, me something that I'll No, like. I, I can't. I'm saying at the I'm just going to go and fucking ruin the end immediately. But... It turns out that this white uh, white mask, white mask. It's who David. Is, is now leading the False Face Society is David, but it has no shock value no. because we just met the character. And we just met him, and the we last don't have we saw, any the real only relationship thing you would with think him. Think is like, oh my god, he got the shit kicked out from the False Face Society and Richard before Sionis. by Richard, and then that scene, that's he's there with a mask on, and Selena slaps him. The mask comes; he knows who they are. He uh, is, but yet he has gone then, from a fucking petty thief. To now leading a gigantic yeah, secret a society. Giant I want to know society. like how he went through the like goddamn... To, and even that, to me, this seems like it would be one of those where if they wanted to go and even throw Gotham into it a little, you go back and Selena and David are childhood friends right. who are eight, and they're up to no good. And you get that from this where, you know, you have a, a villain who there and he's like, huh, this kid's got spunk. And I'm going to, you know, so Johnny dangerously, something like that. But even that it's a little kid. This guy is he, they're killing him. <laughs> he has stolen a crap. There's no. And if you tell me, like, it's a long con and uh, Richard just wants to see who is smart enough to grab out of the mail. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't make sense to me in a big 
family like this, all it is setting, all it's setting up is for Black Mask to be pissed off that somehow his. I knew that my dad favored you, you gutter trash. That's all it's going to be. And Black yep. Mask, he's my dad. He was never your dad. Yeah, well, you know that we grew up together. Remember that? And then they'll have a flashback, and then there'll be Selena there. I don't know. I well, don't the thing know. too is that you're already upset about a lot of things in this book. The thing that actually upset me the most reading it yeah. is that Selena throws a, tr- a tracker on yeah. White Mask, so they could follow her. She could follow them back. Yeah. And she follows them back to just a tent set up in a cornfield. Yeah, I didn't even know. And then, you know what's funny is I didn't even get it. I get it. I know it's a tent, but the way it was drawn to me, it looked like a pyramid of some sort. <laughs> and it was very weird. They're having a fucking revival out there in the cornfield. And, the and they is, throw in the fucking, fucking field of dreams. It's so weird to me because they, she, Selena even says, well, they didn't expect anyone to find them out here. So they only have armed guards in the front. It's a goddamn it's tent. A tent. Just, there is no front. There's a, she just went she's around the other in. way. Yeah, she yeah. just looks in. Whoop, beep a doop. She likes camping, and there it is. She's like, hey, look at me. I'm White Mask, and I'm going to be your new leader. And look at me. I'm David. I, it makes no sense to me why they even take off. Why would he take off the mask? They're all masks. Ceremonial. Now. I have no and idea. And if he's putting on the faceless mask, that yeah, and he is. I see now. I'm yeah. wrong. He's putting in the faceless mask. And I'm like, wait, that's impossible. David's dead. And then you go, and the issue goes for me. From uh, bad to worse, where you go, and there's Richard. He is in the hospital. He is dying. Really, to me, um, Black Mask comes and kills him. I'll just tell you. Why? You didn't really have to. He was going to die anyway. He just wants it to happen quick. But why is he dressed up like Heath Ledger uh, uh, in a nurse's costume? Why? Is he just – he gets his kicks doing this? No, honestly, I think Frank Thierry, for the end of this run, he's on Catwoman. He knows it's being canceled. He is just throwing in as many Batman he movies. It's like I'm telling you, we had uh, Selena Kyle yeah, say, Selena oh, Kyle. I look like Michelle Pfeiffer now. Yep. And he just keeps throwing in these other you know, Batman that, well, movies. Well, he also Batman threw in a lot of Pulp Fiction, yeah. too. So I think he's just throwing any movie in, and now it's going to be that every line in the last one is just going to be a line from a movie. Like, hey, when, when do you do bad? From dusk till dawn. Oh, they're <laughs> going to do shit like that. Roman you know Sinanus. what it's Chinatown, baby. <laughs> He's just going to keep quoting everything. But no, even Roman Sion is showing up at the end in this nurse's costume has no purpose because we see after he kills his father, he's already killed everybody yeah, else in this I hospital. He, he he's not to, in disguise. No, he's got his kids. Get he off just wants my to be in a nurse's costume. They're like, oh my God, Roman, what are you doing? No ticket. What else? I'm too old for this shit. It just keeps saying nonsense. I'll be back. I'm your father. No. No, that's impossible. Don't tell me the odds. Why is it always the same movies we always go with? Hey, I'm not as crazy as they think. Yeah, I know, Riggs. Uh, He's coming crazy. Joe, now they're coming Batman. (laughs) Every fucking movie they're going. Goonies told what is and I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, black y'all. y'all. And I'm bliggly, bliggly, and black, oh, y'all. Now you're getting CB4? Now you're getting bad at the end. I love CB4. I so really did don't. you watch that this week? I tried to find it. I could not find it. Oh, I, I do not own CB4. And I do. I love it. I was sending you a lot of animated chips oh, yeah. from CB4. I even had it on the podcast. Straight out of low cash, baby. Nice. Straight out of low cash. But yeah, <laughs> this whole thing, it, it's, there's nothing. And this is going to be the last story for Catwoman. Catwoman yep. does not come out back at Rebirth. 
And I really like Genevieve Valentine's run, and I really have enjoyed Frank Thierry's. This seems like a story that should not be going on to end it. It's not a, it's not a Catwoman story yet. You're telling me. You're trying to convince me that it will be. I and think we'll it will see be. it turn in. But in the end, what, what can make it into a Catwoman story? Because really it's setting up white mask versus black it's, mask. It's, it's a David story. And she is just going to end up at one point killing somebody or making oh. – you know, she's going to be involved. But to me, I said to you off, off the deal – She's more of a narrator. She is the oh, yeah. linchpin to keep the story going, but it's not about her. It At never all. was. When she went to get the, the faceless mask, even then that was the big part. She had to jump in the rafters because White Mask showed up and grabbed it. And now she is the woo-woo-woo. She's chasing him around like <laughs> fucking Benny Hill. <laughs> fucking in a tent. Like you said, what is it? Gorilla like, comes out of nowhere. They're in and out. Is that the monkeys with the gorilla? Other. Yeah, they're bumping into each other. <laughs> ah. But yeah, then you get a guy who is legitimately going to die in, in a day, and uh, now he's going to die now. Whoopsie! And Whoopsie! Yeah, now we're going to—I'm going to take back the false face society. That's mine, and it might get messy. But in the meantime, does he know that the society has this tent revival going no, he's on? Too, Why he's isn't he there? Dressing up as a yeah, nurse. He's dressing up. He's just there uh, for no reason. I don't know. I actually, what did I give this on the site? No, I, I think I was nice. I gave it a six five. I'll tell you, I hate the flashback art. The art by Alia Bonetti uh, with his goddamn mustache. I was not a big fan of that art. I didn't like it at all. Selena as a younger girl, and really to me, that seems like it's Selena from like three years ago. It does not seem that. It long says ago. several years. So yeah, who knows? it doesn't seem like that. And it what's didn't, several to you? Is it seven? Several's, I'm telling you, several to me is like four. It okay. didn't seem like that was several years ago. They should have made him eight years old. <laughs> Childhood friends. Childhood All of a sudden, it's Stand By Me with Catwoman? No, it's fucking like God. You want to see a dead body? She's a young girl. She's out on her own. They have a little of that. There's Kiefer Sutherland the kids, sitting there. Yeah, the kids run into some back. trouble. And uh, Richard then befriends him. Next thing you know, uh, David dies. And Black Mask goes and, in honor of his sensei, goes and fights in an underground fighting <laughs> tournament known as the Kumite. No. And bottom he knows, brick. Bottom brick. Oh, yeah. You got to let him in now. There you go. Hey, that's, go why we, that's why we call it the blood sport, kid. There you go. There you go. That's If you want to put some quotes, fucking Thierry, put in that. Put in some blood sport. There Whatever so you many. need me. Wherever okay, you need me. Okay, USA. Okay. I, and really, if you're going to do any, make the quotes the young Jean-Claude because, boy, I want it inside the actor's studio with that guy. Like, <laughs> what were you thinking when you had a New York Giants shirt and a hat from the San Francisco Giants? I was not thinking anything. That kid is the worst. Kid is dead. So bad. If I was there, remember last week we were talking a lot of, um, what's his name from Better Off Dead? Uh, John Cusack. Where he went and he's like, God damn it, you made me look like a fucking idiot. What, what was the director's <laughs> name again? You are uh, uh, Savage, Savage Steve Holland, right? Yes. It's like, hey, Savage Steve. And he's like, listen, John, I go by Savage Steve Holland. What do you expect from me? I'm a fucking I'm, – I'm I do claymation. I do claymation. You know what? I did the best I could. And later, this is going to be an iconic movie that pisses you off. But he came out of that movie like, you made me look like an asshole. If I am Jean-Claude Van Damme. I'm in this movie, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that kid doesn't really look like me. He's a little <laughs> ugly. Well, I don't know where they're getting at. And then they have Here's that acting. an awkward acting. kid. <laughs> they have that acting, and I'd be like, you fucking asshole. That's what you think I'm like? I would do a split? I'd dim mock his fucking balls? 
and no bottom balls. I know. I grab his ball, shove it up his ass, fucking go. That's why they call it blood sport, kid. I, I would be pissed at that. if I was John Clark. You, that's you mean what they get. you mean Pierre Rafi, uh, Rafini? Is that who directed? Yeah, I'd say no, this. no. Pierre Rafini is the young oh, John Clark. Yeah, he did. I I get that they you know the muscles from Brussels. Oh, you know what? He, uh, Blood Sports, he the only movie he did. Yeah, no, and the oh, the message board on IMDb yeah. is he retard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the weird thing is, I wrote that, Eric. I want to know. No, Your Dennis Dash Three. Uh, they get yes. They they're like we got to get the Brussels from uh, the muscles from Brussels. He's not a great actor, but he's not that bad. <laughs> I'm telling you, when he's looking out. Uh, contemplatively over the landscape and in, in one of his many fucking montages, I believe that he was thinking back at that dinner where he was blindfolded. Yes. And Mrs. Tanaka looked like she had the look of love going on. And she's just like, when my husband dies, I'm going to fuck you, muscles from Brussels. Unfortunately, the son dies. That fucking dad keeps going. But he is, he is sick at the end. He's sick at the end. They're about to get it. But now Mrs. Tanaka, she's not uh, sexy anymore. She's older. She Ooh. is old. Now there is a fan Facebook page. For that kid? Yeah. Oh, my God. He is the worst. Did they uh, mention I'm, about the, the different jersey and hat? No, there's nothing going on with that. But I'm saying the, the freaking uh, subject matter is, is he retard? And then the guy says, do he have the Down syndrome? <laughs> And, and it's weird because that was from uh, freaking Jean-Claude. Jean-Claude. What, is, what is wrong with him? Does he have the Down syndrome? <laughs> Fucking Jean-Claude. I'm telling you, he would go out of this and I would be so angry. And then Donald Gibbs like, hey, buddy, they think you're a retailer. You know what? I want a young Donald Gibb now. <laughs> who would they get to play him? <laughs> oh, I think the kid so who played good. Angus. Angus, yeah, he might be. Or no, I, think, the, I don't know if it's the same kid, actually. the guy that about. my wife knows his mom? The guy that was oh, in yeah, The uh, kid fan from Fanboys. Yeah. I don't know, the fat when kid he, that. When he was a kid, he could be that. He could be Donald Gibb, right? But no, fucking, um, I'm thinking about it now. The, I don't know if it's the same kid from Angus, but the one who says, you're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> is that the same guy? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. <laughs> now i got to look at Angus. Uh, you just need a hairy guy. You need somebody with a very a mane of hair there. And yell, hey. And then at some point, because remember, his whole thing is he doesn't care if he gets any more scars, Eric, because, you know, he's no, going to no. be tough. In Completely the different like, kid from Angus. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm telling you, that kid who played Jean-Claude is the worst. <laughs> Pierre, he's the worst. Pierre Raffini. What do you think Pierre Raffini's up to now? Do you think I don't know. You think he's yelling about a fucking leprechaun? Maybe. <laughs> fucking all these people. See full bio. He's fucking... I think it is a Nothing. leprechaun. You see leprechaun. Oh, hey. that'd be amazing to get that. See. Oh, he's French. We. Oui. Yeah. yeah, he's looking at the camera. Everybody say we. Oui. Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody say we. Oui. I too am going to fight in the Kumite against leprechaun. I'm telling you, the little kid, the Asian kid, he's like, you know what? I'm gonna make my dad proud. I'm gonna fight in that Kumite one day. Me too, ace fighting the Kumite. <laughs> like, no, what you're going to fight is language lessons, motherfucker, because they're taking you down right now. God damn you. Oh, that kid is the best. What are we talking about? Yeah, this Catwoman. Back to Catwoman. Uh, I, I think I'd give that a um, a 5.5. Maybe, 5. no, no, I'd give it a 6. I'd give it a 6.5. The problem, I just, I get upset because it's just, this is not the story that I want to end Catwoman with. It just seems odd. 
But yeah, I do like that kid in Bloodsport, though. Holy shit. I uh, love that movie so much. I know. My wife got mad at me the other day I was talking about it. We were driving to Wawa to get a coffee. And I'm just, I, I don't know if something came up on Facebook, not Facebook, Twitter or something. And I said to her, like, you know what movie I could watch at any point? And she said, that fucking Bloodsport. <laughs> I'm like, you're right. It is Bloodsport. I love it. She goes, I hate that movie, and I don't want you ever to watch it again. Oh my God! He he was born to he was born to an underprivileged family of gypsies. Who that kid? Pierre Rafiti. I think he was born in France in 1972. Really? So his father Jean Paul, a naturally gifted sprinter, was accused of treason by the local gypsy government. He was banished from the community. This kid has been like he is now the Forrest Gump of France. He's everywhere. Oh, yes. What else has he done? Anything else? No, no, nothing. This left Pierre the sole provider for his nine sisters and his Mongolian mother, Inca. fucking made up. I hope, I really hope it's not. What's his name, Pierre what? Rafini. Rafini? Oh, God. Pierre Rafini. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. There he is. This guy is, oh, my, there he, oh, there's him. No, there he is later in life. He looks like an okay dude. You don't know that's him. Yeah, it looks just like him. You know what the best? You know what the best look of him is? Is when they slice the hat. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's, his cross-eyed no, no. look that's, that's up at the, the hat. Fan club like, yeah, profile. That page. is the best. That is so good. And you know what? That leads me to the last scene when Jean Claude can't see. That's what happens there. That's what happens. Okay, this can't be real because right now I'm going no, further. I'm telling you. That's I, but good. that's a great backstory. But Pierre lived and worked in Richmond, Virginia during the winter of 1986. He earned good money by acting as the mongoloid in comedic roles, <laughs> performing in small theaters yeah, and city streets. That is awful. That yeah. is not good. That is not good. I'm looking at him. There's Kenneth Sue, who was the Asian Jimmy Hart. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Bo- Bolo Young, who the biggest fucking motherfucker i've ever seen at that point he looks very old somebody sent us a picture oh, of Jean claude yeah. and him and boy it's sad now but yeah i love that movie i really do uh but yeah that's the podcast Eric. no more blood sport I, anytime I'll, I'll get on a tangent with blood sport and the thing goes off the rails <laughs> he's uh, believed to be currently dating hollywood <laughs> actress lucy Lowe. oh really lucy Lowe. <laughs> what is your pick of the week my pick of the week is obviously Batman no, Superman. that's mine. Batman Superman is my pick of the week. And here's what we get next week, Eric. And next week on the podcast, probably some more Bloodsport talk. But before that, we will be talking Action Comics number 51, which continues Super League. You have Aquaman 51. Aquaman 51. We're going to see that he was taken over by that crazy water, the dark oh, water. Oh, yeah. I forgot what's going dark on with that. Dark water. I'm not even paying attention to you anymore. I'm Dr. Fate saying. number 11. Doctor, I don't even remember the last Dr. Fate. I don't Neither know do what I. Um, He was uh, doing he was stupid in, shit. Isn't he going to be fighting Great Caesar's ghost? Coming oh, up? that is it. Yeah. Harley's Little Black Book. No idea. Legends of Tomorrow number two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have that. I God damn like it. I it as much as you did. We have Martian Man. This is going to be a pain 11. in the ass to review, honestly. Martian I like the Man book. Martian Manhunter number 11. We got that. We were, we were excited last issue. We have Poison Ivy, The Cycle of Life and Death, number four. That and book is nonsense. I would like to say that we have gone through our three issues that we always say we give everything three issues and we don't want to talk about it. I, I, I sense to myself now, you just sent me a photo. <laughs> yes, some blood sports shirt. Uh, no, I sent you the wrong one. <laughs> uh, the uh, the best two, is that. I oh, there he is. blood sport photo yes, in my goddamn library. Where am I? We have, uh, yeah, Poison Ivy, Cycle of Life and Death. I think we probably will talk about because I still, unless it's really good, I want to be at least one person who says that book sucks because I have not enjoyed it. I don't think it's giving us. I like the first issue. That's it. Uh, Robin, Son of Batman, number 11. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you keep it on. Keep it on, keep it on. Superman, American Alien number six, which All I right. got an advanced copy of and read nice. already. A little spoiler. I didn't like it as much as the others. Uh, there is a, That's how I felt last issue. There's a surprise thing. guest in this that I will tell you off the air. Right. You'll say, huh, great. Uh, Superman, Lois, and Clark number seven. That ended the last issue. Ended with uh, John showing that he did in fact have powers, and if the powers extend past to not being able to feel heat, we'll see her because that's all he did. He opened up that that uh, fiery fucking door. Good times. And they set that fucking shack on fire. We have what I forgot: Flash fifty. We have uh, oh, number God. fifty. So we have Flash fifty. You have Titans Hunt number that is seven. So far behind. Titans Hunt number seven seems like so. Uh, Titans Hunt seems so long ago. But yeah, Flash was. They were really pumping it out, and then boy, they fell behind. And Wonder Once Woman. Once Brad Booth got off art, man, yeah. she went downhill. Wonder Woman number fifty-one. Number fifty-one, Eric. Are you excited about Wonder Woman fifty-one? No, I am not, Jim. I am not either. Uh, we'll see how that ends. See you in Rebirth. <laughs> yes, and that is one where I think you could just say. Fuck this. I'm going to Rebirth guy with Greg Rucka because that's even seems, you know, you have that flashback story and all that uh, alternating where I don't think any of this is leading to that. Hey, so what are we doing in the draft? Uh, I don't know. We do kind of know what books are out. So, yeah, we have to pick our Rebirth books. I don't know. You were sending me some crazy covers the other day. Was I? Which were the covers? Dial H. Oh, King yeah. Shark. Yeah, somebody came up with a fake cover, so I was sending you, and I was pretending that they were real. I'm like, here we go, Dial then H. You, then, you, then you threw a Batman. I'm like, you can't put a real one in to make the scene <laughs> more real. I, the one was Dial H. The, the other was uh, King Shark. Yeah. There was a couple of those, and then I'm like, you're like, these can't be real. And then I throw Batman Rebirth number one. <laughs> like, yeah, look. You're like, that doesn't make it real. Uh, but that's it, Eric. That is the podcast. And, uh, you know, we already had our nonsense talk about uh, Bloodsport. So we talked um, about something earlier too. I don't even remember. Yeah, we were talking big wheels, fucking green oh, yeah. machine. We had everything. Green machine. We. I don't know. I don't have much else to say except I love baby metal. I think I'm gonna go watch baby metal. Actually, I think I'm gonna try. No, it's later than I thought. It's, it's really late. Yeah, it's twenty of four. I thought it was early or yeah, early enough for me to go and grab a hamburger, Eric. And it's not. No, it is not. That I might go to Wawa, though. I might drive to Wawa and get a sandwich because I am so goddamn hungry. Wasn't right Burger now. King up open all night? I don't know if it's open all night. Do you think? It used to be. I, I'm telling you, I used to get drunk and go you know, there. No, they have the uh, late night uh, window at Wendy's, but I that think that closes at 3. So yeah. we screwed ourselves going over like that. But maybe it's open 24 hours. I might find out. Uh, I might just go to Wawa, get me a sandwich and a coffee. Nothing like a good old coffee at 10 or 4. 4 o'clock in the morning. Yes. I, di- I told you uh, when we started, I did not go to bed last night. I, I haven't gone to bed. And, and I went to bed at 8 o'clock yeah, in the morning. both of us are. That's really a great way to that's set weird. up for a podcast that you stay up. Yeah, and we weren't really talking. We either. didn't talk all night. No, because I ended up, we did a Just for the Hell of It podcast. That's, that's another thing that should come out this week. Yes. And when we got done, I ended up getting a free month trial of Hulu. <laughs> and then uh, this is what gets me. It's even when I used to uh, illegally copy movies, Eric, and I do not condone that or anything no. or whatever. But I, used, I never watched them. And I used to think to myself, that would be if I got arrested and they took – that would be my defense. Listen, I, I just have something where I have to collect things. I never watch them. And I'm doing – You have OCD? I'm going th- well, I do. But I'm going through Hulu – and I'm putting things in my favorites, 
knowing full well that I'm not watching. I don't shit. even know why you put shit in your queue. No, no, I never do that. I, I never go that, back to it. But that's all I did. I did it all night. I ended up watching like a, a Dennis the Menace episode. I think I started watching uh, a Happy Days episode and one of the Goldbergs, which I, I rewatched I wanted to Twin like, Peaks, but I didn't. Yeah, I did. I ended up just putting shit in my favorites. That's all I did. Did that, and then got sucked into that goddamn Marvel uh, fucking app again. And I'm on that. Even then, I just got, I open up a thing. Huh? Oh, that's neat. And I, I yeah. just look at shit. I just want to. I'm saying, I freaking ha- put Twin Peaks on. Was fucking marathon on that, and got very angry. I'm telling you, the goddamn series finale of that. Got me so angry again really? that I'm like, I just got to go to bed. I got to turn this shit off. But I was working on Ginger Dead like Man. Lost? No, you like the end of Lost. The thing is, I actually you. really enjoyed it. This is 10 times. I forgot all about it, honestly, how angry I was yeah, as a I, child. I kind of remember Even watching as kid, it as a child. I have, I have a memory of when, I, when that was on that people were disappointed. Like it didn't pay off at the end. I've never uh, seen it. it never I actually it. just never watched Twin Peaks, which I thought was crazy because I thought we watched it before. I just put that on, the final episode, just because it is the craziest goddamn episode of any TV ever. Yeah, yeah, I, um, I remember it was a big deal, but then again, so was Luke and Laura on General Hospital. I yeah. didn't watch that shit. Or... Well, then you, I'm telling you, a year later, you had the freaking TV movie uh, Fire Walk With Me, Yeah. and uh, it's a prequel, yeah. so you have no payoff. And even then, I didn't watch that. I watched Roots back in the day, and I watched, you know what? We all I, watched Roots back in the I day. I watched Masada. And Did you? Was, oh, yeah. There was a uh, big thing. Like, that was huge. The, the days of well, Roots the, was huge. The days of those miniseries things are definitely oh, gone. Oh, like the Stephen King, whenever like, he would have one coming that. out? Even then, in the 70s, you had, like, Rich Man, Poor Man. Yeah. Crazy Shogun. <laughs> Shogun. Fucking all those things. They were big. But, yeah, I, I don't know why. And you know what else was big, though? Love Boat, Eric. Love Boat. You get Love all Boat. those stars. Fucking, also, the uh, Battle of the Network stars I loved. I like to see fucking Chachi out there fucking doing <laughs> the javelin. <laughs> he always kicked ass. Fucking Scott Bale. That's why he's in charge best. of me. I'm telling you. He, and that's on Hulu. That is in my favorites. Is Charles it? in charge, yeah. I was going to look that up last yep. night. And I Charles didn't. Charles in charge Excellent. is in there. I went to the category of classic TV. And that's almost all mine. I, have, I love that category. I have Brady Bunch. I have Happy Days. I said, oh, Laverne and Shirley. Nope, that did not make it. <laughs> I went on. I have uh, Green Acres. Petty, uh, no, Petty what Coach else? Uh, I didn't put it in. I'm not uh, a big fan. Um, I. I just Hogan's like the Heroes, Mikhail's Navy, Mr. Ed. All of them. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Showing the, your age, the Jim. fun I will never have because I will not watch <laughs> any of them. And then my kids got up. Uh, when they woke up, they came down. And I'm like, hey, we got Hulu. And uh, my my youngest son, uh, what's his name? Logan. Logan. That's my kid's name, youngest son. He is a big Jimmy Neutron fan. But the problem is Good all show. we have is the movie. So yeah. he's seen the movie a bunch of times. So he wanted to watch the TV show. But he went in the favorites. I put that in the favorites. I have that with my 800 things. But he goes in, and he's like, what is this? Mr. Ed. <laughs> oh, what? Dennis the Menace. I mean, you shut your mouth. You better watch it, Dennis the Menace. But, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of shows in there that I really like. But, yeah, I just, I just collect them. I'll never watch them. Maybe I'll go down. I'll get a sandwich, and I'll watch some Brady Bunch. I'm going to watch family sat down. George. You know what they don't have? Gilligan's Island. That's weird. And I, I really would like that. They, you sure uh, they don't have lo- that? Nope, they don't. Uh, Does Lost Netflix in Space? Have that? No. I think that there's some sort of licensing issue they must huh. have with that. Uh, they have Lost somewhere. in Space. Uh, a lot of shit. Yeah, I don't want to go back and watch Lost in Space. I don't so. either. Uh, it's like Laverne and Shirley. I don't need to see the big ragu. No. The big ragu. 
What happened? They always had these tough guys, and they always end up dancing. Letting like squiggy. Slater. It's like Slater and fucking Saved by the Bell. Next now I want to watch Saved by the Bell. He rips his fucking pants off. He's got a leotard on. Now all the ladies in the crowd go nuts. And that's when you get, oh, you know, cool guys dance? No, they don't. No. <laughs> the only do reason that. Slater's not getting beat up is because he's a big uh, guy. Fucking the big red goo. He's dancing around. Fucking big red goo. <laughs> fucking even Fonzie at points dancing around <laughs> in the fucking dance contest. Remember, the, he did the Russian fucking move. In that's that freaking with the kicking the leg out. And you know what I loved about that? Yeah, he kicked the leg out because he's in the contest. He was about How's to fall called? asleep. And he was such an asshole, Fonzie, that when he came to, he was not just going to dance. He's doing the crazy dance. And he did that. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And then they won. They won. And I don't know what they won. I don't have any idea. I, I still got to give you those happy day trading cards. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. I, and I have to give you uh, Devil Dad has that signed uh, Batman 44. Yeah. I'd love to give it to you. I keep forgetting it at home, Eric. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, what a, what other fucking classic TV shows can we talk about? Fucking Mrs. Peel. No, Mrs. No, Peel. I'm not talking Peel, about the Avengers. Peel my pants right off. I know. We're going to end it. Uh, that is it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm going to just end it with you. What I told you last week. Oh, yeah, C3. I wanted you to yell when I was listening to that. I yelled at you that I don't want C1-7. I want you to yell C3 at the Did end. we talk about Godzilla? No, we didn't. We, uh, that was going to come up, remember, when we were talking about the, um, uh, the killing joke with people yelling and screaming about the killing joke, and then you got mad, and it didn't lead into that. That's where it was supposed to lead in because <laughs> you were on Facebook getting – was it Facebook you were fighting with people? Oh, about yeah. Godzilla, that nobody seems to know that you talked to on Facebook that Godzilla ever existed. No, no, it was not people I talked. This was on like a movie pilot, yeah, or something. Yeah, but right? it's like still this it's comment idiots. section. It's idiots who have no idea that oh, before two so years ago there was a Godzilla, and that a actual Japanese Godzilla movie is bullshit. Because well, God, that's not say the Godzilla true. Resurgence trailer just dropped, and this is another like the new era of Japanese Godzilla movies, and I love them. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, and people were yelling like, "That's not Godzilla." That's bullshit. And Why can't the Japanese make good-looking I movies? Lo- I love it, too, because it's one of those things where you are a nerd, Eric. Yes, you're a Godzilla nerd, so you're the guy who, if somebody says Zilla... Zilla is the 1998 Matthew Broderick monster. It's not Godzilla. The Japanese have decided that that is a kaiju, but his name is Zilla. It would be like if I I like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I call them the Teenage Turtles. You know what? I've liked the Teenage Turtles since 86. Like, it it just doesn't play, right? When you, you hear Zilla, that guy's an asshole. I hate you him think so much. Of Matthew Broderick, right? Exactly. It's all I think of. I even know that because you yelled about I it yell years at people. ago. You yelled years ago because I said, what's this about Zilla? You, you fucking Zilla. I'm like, God damn it. This guy's an asshole. Why do I have to work with him? <laughs> I'm like, well, can I get a transfer, please? Can I get a Section 8 out of here? Hey, look, like if, you were better, if you were better at your job, they would have fired me. That's right. That is true. <laughs> yes. yeah, they, they just like you. you yeah. You, they just feel bad for you, I guess. But I don't know what's going on. But, yeah, that, that's going to be it. We got Zilla. We got fucking Bloodsport, as always. We yes. talked a little. All, all these movies fucking talked a little Django earlier. Did we? No. I was going <laughs> to say, wanted Jesus to, I wanted to see if you were listening. Like, yeah, you know what? I love Django. Uh, Manship, love Django. Manship sent me a thing. He watched The Hateful Ladies. like, I love it. And I hate to admit it, but I love uh, Quentin Tarantino movies, and I wrote back. Why? When the fuck did it, did it become a thing that you hate to admit? I yeah. love fucking Tarantino. Puts out good fix. 
And yes, Django's Except for Jackie probably, Brown. And Django's probably my favorite. But I still, Pulp Fiction's still one of my favorite movies. I, I'm a huge Reservoir Dog fan. Yeah, I don't know. That just seems like a not completed movie to me. It just seems like a, a student movie. <laughs> Take that. Take that, Quentin. <laughs> Take it. Cut you down a size. Yeah, that'll get you going. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a huge, um, what's it called, fan? Uh, fucking, what's the war one? The war one? Yeah, with the Nazis. I always... I oh, fucking... Um, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, Inglorious Bastards. It's okay. It's I okay. Like it. Yeah, exactly. The only it's... thing I really like about it is he was talking to Howard Stern about it on uh, the show, right. and he said, "Like, hey, uh, you know what? I needed a movie to be made, so I figured what I'll do is get a film where Jews kill Hitler." And he's like, "There is no way this is not going to get greenlit." And it was so funny. I was laughing, but I like it. It's just to me, it's honestly, I was kind of thrown off the first time I saw it because. I wanted to see the movie when I, I think I went opening night. Yeah. And I didn't realize that uh, it had subtitles oh, and yeah, I don't yeah. see very well. Yeah. And then I'm thinking I got on pace with how they're like how fast they were going through. Yeah. I'm like, OK, I'm all right. And then they started going by a lot faster. Oh, fuck. I got to oh, What's going on? You were having problems. huh? Did you watch it then later? Like, yeah, I owned the movie. Own, yeah, and you liked it a little more? Yeah. It's okay. It's a it's a good movie. I just that's not one of my favorites of his. No, I'm saying you got Pulp Fiction talking and, Pulp and Fiction. Death Proof. I've still never watched Death Proof. <laughs> I was at Walmart I. today it and I saw there? a double yeah, I saw a double pack of that and Planet Terror. And Planet I have Terror, Planet yeah. Terror, so I don't want to buy a double pack. Really? I've never seen that movie by itself. I just don't like the way Kurt Russell looks. I think he looks great. I don't. I think he looks he just looks old and just used. She like, look old and use like you, motherfucker. How dare over, you? He was bent over that car. And, and Zed just, was there? And he took it. <laughs> and the like gimp? A, like a man. And then, yeah, and he's doing that on the fucking gimp's fucking head. Killing me. I hate that sound. It really gets me. And that's, we talked about it a little in that just for the hell of it about porn a little. Yeah. And I like, like, the ladies in leather. I don't like a gimp suit like that. That <laughs> freaks me out. And sometimes you look up shit and you end up at the wrong spot. And I don't like that. Like either. me at the library in 1997 looking up X-Men. I did not get the characters I yeah, thought I was going to no, get. Yeah, you do not want to look that up. <laughs> Were they some good X-Men for you? Oh, my God. I'm saying there was no real search engines yet. So you just look up X-Men and you click on something. And then there's dudes fucking each other. Yeah, at the library. At the library. At I'm saying I didn't library. have the internet yet. Oh yeah, so you just went to the library. A yeah. lot of people. I went to the library the other day. I actually got. Um, they have the uh, graphic novel of the Star Wars trilogy. Right. It's all in there. It's like a manga looking thing. I don't think you'd like it. I like it. I was going to get it for uh, just for the hell of it Monday, but I also got uh, Superman Earth One. Volume one there, but I go in there and there are people lined up to use those computers. And there's, a, you know, there's enough of them, but there was actually people waiting. I'm like, what are these? That's guys? weird. And there I am. I'm, I'm like, am I just a Rockefeller? I got my fucking phone going. <laughs> I'm looking up shit on the internet. And, you know, it just seemed weird. But yeah, they were lined up to do this. I don't think they were lined up to go to the Weird Science uh, website, Eric. They no, absolutely not. Though I used to, when I'd go into Burger King when we first started, I would pull that up and leave. And like somebody, <laughs> look at, I'm getting a fan one burger fan at a time. Yeah, I don't think it worked. No. Uh, yes, but yeah, that that's it. I when I go to Burger King. Do not see many people on those computers anymore. I'm, I have not been inside you don't go Burger inside, King. Yeah. For like probably 15 really? years. Yeah, I go in all the time. Well, not all the time. We haven't gone in a while, but we used to go on Whopper Wednesday. and Which was almost the name of the site. That almost was the name of the site. And when I go in there, not many people are on those computers there. Though I, I 
tend to see more people with laptops using the free Wi-Fi at a table. Huh. But yeah, that's there was Seems one. It's like a weird that, place to go and do stuff. Well, there was one guy that we'd see every Wednesday. He would be there, a younger guy. Uh, he'd always be playing. I thought it looked like World of Warcraft there in the Burger King playing. I, it might have been a different game. I'm Who knows? Old. Old. Yeah. I used to play World of Warcraft. I've never even anymore. played World of Warcraft. My freaking son Zach is still playing. He's still going at it and was arguing with me the other day because at the library we also get games. I got Halo 5 for the Xbox One thought maybe you know we could play uh, everybody yeah. would get involved. And he's like, I don't want to do that. I don't like Halo. I prefer my, my uh, freaking, what's it called, World of Warcraft. I'm like, really? I'm like, God damn it, did, that did game, he was one year old when that game came out, and he's <laughs> still playing. I, it's my fault. I used to play, and I, he'd sit on my lap and watch, and now he's playing. I sit on his lap and watch. It's, it's a weird <laughs> is, back and forth. He is man. bigger than you now. He is. He's tall. He's like 6'1". All my sons are bigger than me. It's fucking nonsense. But you know what? I could still kick their ass. I'm not one of those asshole dads. You, I still kick your ass because I know I can. I don't have to yell that. So my stepdad says. They all, all, parents get very upset about stuff, especially dads. Like, oh, you're not taking over. Fuck, take over. Please (laughs) do some work around here. Let me lay around you. Change my diaper, Eric. Change my diaper. Only the one time. Never again. I told you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm still waiting for that one time. You haven't come over and changed my goddamn diaper. And I have cloth diapers. That wasn't diapers. you? I have, no. I have cloth diapers. You're going to have to clean those then afterwards. I have none of these disposable diapers. I go old school. Old school. <laughs> I'm good to the environment. I don't want to sit in my own shit. Huh. It's over, Eric. It's over. It's over. What do we say? Everybody have a great week. Keep it weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Two, three.